we are starting. Good day to you, sir. Oh, really? How are you? Is that is that it? Yeah. All right. What's going on? Yeah, have a, have a happy day. Have a happy afternoon. You in the you right know, state of mind for this uh, for this show? No, never. I'm never really, but we make do. This is 1993, huh? That's right, 1993, the year in hip-hop. We're back for another Old Futz Review. Wonderful. Why don't you introduce yourself to the crowd there, buddy? Do I have to? (laughs) All right. Well, I I go by uh, the DJ name of Zach Morris, but... uh, I, I don't know if I announced this to you. Uh, you know, we do these, we do the spin-off show. You know, at the end of each month, presumably. But uh, I, I'm down. Uh, my name is now Aaron Sakai. You're going by your government. I'm, I'm name. going by my government name. Nice. So it's only fitting. We talk about hip hop. We're using the government name to go against the man, I guess. But yeah, so that's long-winded intro. Yeah. So uh, who, who are you? This, <laughs> this is Sky Cameron, the sommelier to the stars, uh, wine salesman by day. 90s hip hop. Yeah, what do you by night? Nerd by night. There you go. I guess that that would be that would be it. There but, you go. Uh, there you have it. We're back for another one, man. This is our fourth fourth show. We did uh, yes. 90, 91, 92, oh. and we're on 93. We went through some agonizing years there, but people dig the show. Yeah. People dig it. I'm telling you. I got a, I actually got hit up on Facebook and uh, DMs on IG. People listening to the show, really enjoying it. Um, People have their own opinions right. about well, that's our the... picks, but right. you know, I think the the show. This is really what we wanted. We wanted to, you know, start and end the conversation, especially for us, you know, because you got tired of talking about all this stuff. So I said, that's hey, right. we do a podcast, get it all out in the open, and then you never have to talk about it ever again. Yes. With me, anyway. <laughs> well, it'll come up again. It, it always seems to come up. All these things seem to come up every single time, and it's only fitting that these shows get longer and longer. Because more stuff comes out, and what's the time frame we're looking at for this show? Just for the for the for the listener. If I had to guess, I'm thinking we're gonna definitely go over four hours on this one. I, I just you got that everyone. That we're looking at almost a hundred albums that, for this show. Hundred albums. I did research on. You see what he's doing, this guy? Hundred albums. Hundred albums. Right. So basically, you know, I'm working during the day. I'm working events. You know, I, I do a lot of wine tasting, wine education. I come home, eat dinner, hang out with the girlfriend. She goes to sleep, and then I just do research on hip-hop so, you know, albums until like 2 in the morning. Let's make a point here, okay? So let's, let's make a point that this hasn't months been... Of, months of research. Months of research from a guy who has a girlfriend, all right? Just want to put that out there. Now, you guys are out there thinking, you know, who are these people? What are these guys doing, you know, with their lives? He, despite it, all these kind of things he's doing, research and whatnot, he's not in the we basement. We both have careers, and yes. we both... You have a wife. I have a girlfriend. We both have lives. We're not in the basement. We got. We're not picking our nose, hanging out at a bus stop. Well, thank goodness for that, at least. But just letting for the clarification, just for the record, that's all I'm gonna say. All right. Well, let me break down 1993. You were a freshman in high school. 93 was freshman year. Yeah. You were freshman year in high school. I was a I was a junior in high school. Okay. Uh, And uh, do you remember a lot about what was going on, like? Socially, politically, in in '93. Right. Well, because there's a lot of stuff that happened politically in '92. There's tons that, of things that happened in '92. Right. right so that opened me up to this. Yeah, '93 kind of calmed down a little bit. Probably the biggest news was uh, Bill Clinton was sworn into office as our 42nd president. New president, right? Democrat. Yep. We yeah. got a Democrat in office. In a while. Know, first one in a while. First one in a while. Yeah. Reagan in the Bush era. You know what I mean? Right. So, coming uh, off Desert Storm. You're yep. coming off of that. That's right. Uh, the riots of '92. 
93, I don't remember anything majorly. He predated he predated Obama as far as having to clean up after a Bush's mess. That is correct. <laughs> wow. Right? There you go. And it was the thing with him that he was the first president that was, was kind of like talking to the people. Everybody seemed to really, he was talking about change, but everybody was talking, was really gravitating toward him. He played the sax. Right. On Arsenio Hall. On Arsenio Hall. First president to kind of be relatable. And he was uh, beloved by uh, minorities. Right. Definitely a champion of, of minorities. He was Slick Willie. Right. Black people loved him. Yeah, well, you know, they loved him for a lot of things. They and, loved you know, he, he, he loved the women. Uh, you know? But uh, also in 1993, that was the first time uh, terrorists tried to attack the World Trade Center. I don't know if you remember that. Yeah, that was the Trade Center they, bombing. They, that was the crazy. basement. Right? I remember the news on that. They drove a truck full of explosive, uh, explosives into the North Tower. Yeah. These were Islamic fundamentalists. That was crazy. Right. You know? Uh, also, 93 was the year of the uh, Branch Davidians, David Koresh. That's that? right. That was crazy. That's right. That was all over the news. David Koresh, this that's was right. a siege on that Waco, Waco Texas. Yes. Waco, Texas. So that's they had right. yeah, ATF, they had FBI, sheriffs, oh. everybody going crazy. They Drawing the guns. Movies about it. Like, yeah. That happened in Yeah, the tank, the one that tank went through the building. That's right. Take them all out. That happened in 93. Wow. Uh, another right. thing that happened in 93 was Super Bowl 27. Do you remember who played the Super Bowl 93, that was Dallas. It was... Yep, Dallas Cowboys and the Bills. Yes, right. And it was a blowout, right? Cowboys right. beat them fifty-two to seventeen, and what some argue um, was, you know, not a great game. You know, some would say not. No, Bills Super Bowl was a great game. Well, except the first time. Bills were in the Super Bowl four straight years. That's right. That's right. So the first time they were it was a great game, and after that it was Dallas taking them out, and yeah, so but much the, for that. The thing that most people talked about Super Bowl twenty-seven, Michael Jackson's halftime performance. Yeah, which people still talk about as one of the greatest. Halftime performances. I remember that. He just stood there for like a, a minute, right? right. just and didn't move. losing their mind. Right? Yeah. That's all he's got to do. Right. Go figure. Uh, but oddly enough, 1993 is also the year when the first allegra- allegations of child sexual abuse about Michael Jackson surfaced. Oh, really? That was 93? Yeah. That was 93. First, oh, okay. That was, it was the first year, and the police and uh, FBI started to investigate him. Wade Robson. No. There you go. Yeah. It probably was Wade. Wade was around that time, probably. And then the other kid from the Pepsi commercial... Um, oh yeah, that other one. Yeah, that other kid. Yeah, we'll um, save that for another show. Sweet no, Chuck or whatever. Talk to those guys. Yeah, exactly. I don't know. Pretty Pete. Um, in sports news, uh, after Michael Jordan left, uh, <clears throat> led the Bulls to their third consecutive championship win, he announces he's retiring for the first time yeah. from basketball to pursue a baseball career. Yeah, that threw us all off. Did that blow your blow your mind? Well, I, I was old. Coming, I like, was old enough to be shocked about it. But I was reading between the lines of because his father recently passed away before this happened. Uh, and his father allegedly was in some shady stuff involving gambling. Right. And he was found dead in a in a car in a in a pool in a was that in pond? Possibly. It but was before his retirement. It was before his retirement. So a lot of the speculation was he wanted to get out of the NBA to get a new start because of all of the I guess the gambling stuff going on in his life i don't know if that was it but it was strange that the father passed away he decided to move away and, and move how many on years did, did he play baseball it was like three years he played two years two years no one and a half years because oh, he came back he missed one year right and then he came back at came the back ending of the second right? year came yes back for 95, right? he came back as number 45 he was not number 23 he was That's a jersey right. 45 yeah all right so speaking of basketball the university of michigan's uh power forward or center chris weber he played both 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 positions. There's right? a Fab Five. All right. Uh, and part of the Fab Five and aspiring rapper. Yes, right. 
is the number one pick in the 1993 NBA draft, right? Right. He goes to the Golden State Warriors, right? But originally got picked up by the Magic, and they traded him, right? Well, let's Kenny, not forget the infamous... Kenny Hardaway. Right, he made the infamous timeout call. That's right, that's right. No one we'll ever let him live it down, right? We're not letting it live him down today. <laughs> but Fab Five was a good team that never won anything. And um, Chris Webber, those, they were all hip-hop guys. Right. If you talk to them today, they're very much into hip-hop. Jawan Howard, you have Jalen Rose, who is a big-time hip-hop guy to this day. He that's has a right. show. That's right. His catchphrase is not going to be able to do it. That's now, right. how obscure is that? In our 92 show. He says that all the time. They quote hip-hop all the time. So they're majorly into it. Chris Webber, strange thing about him, he mentioned our senior Hall. Senior Hall mentioned to him, who is your favorite rap group? Oh, here we you go. would never guess the group, he said. I got to know. Showbiz and AG. That's awesome. <laughs> I'm sitting there like, there is no one that's going to get you, Chris Weber. That is awesome. And he said that, so. Uh, also, go. related to the NBA, you know what became the highest earning coin-up arcade game of all time? Oh, in NBA Jam. NBA Jam. That's fa- amazing game. Fantastic amazing game. Amazing game. Very yeah. fun. Excellent. I agree. I agree. We're at the height of the console wars in 93 with Nintendo releasing Super NES in 92. That was 92, Genesis, yeah. Genesis was like 91. Yeah. They're still pushing Genesis games. But TurboGrafx in the mix? Yeah, TurboGrafx is in the mix, right? Uh, Mortal Kombat is released on NES and Genesis right. at the same time. Sells over 3 million copies. It's the biggest selling, uh, one of the biggest selling games of the year. But the number one game of 1993, can you name the biggest home console game of 1993 selling over 10 million copies? Home console game? Yes. It's not Tetris, is it? Super Mario All-Stars. Oh. Super Mario All-Stars? Yes. Wow. million copies. What was that one? I don't remember that at it all. It was a combination of, I think, Super Mario 1, 2, 3, and like a oh. bonus game. Oh, or really? Or something like that, yeah. For so, Super Nintendo? Yeah. So I, I was like okay. crazy. I looked that up. Because I remember uh, 2 and 3. And 1993, okay. you know what became a national success? Freaking Beanie Babies. That's right. Remember that crap? That's right. Beanie Babies was powerful in 93. 93 was the start, was the launch. Oh. I think it reached its peak in the years, couple years after, but it, it was launched in 93. Right. And it became a national success right. by the end of 93. I remember late 90s, into, you yeah. could make some money off of the Beanie so Babies. It was building, building, but Got it. It, it, it started. Uh, biggest single of the year, biggest music single of the year, number one single, I Would Do Anything for Love by Meatloaf. The That's comeback right. single. By That's right. Yes, that was everywhere. And the ten-minute video, right, where he's like a phantom of the opera. I, I don't know what it was. to vampire. watch that video. He's like a fat vampire. He's a fat vampire <laughs> of the opera. No, I refuse to watch that Drinking video. Drinking marinara sauce. Well, you play know. that, and you play November Rain video. Then that's a TV show right there. <laughs> November Rain came out in '93, right? right? That's Forget right. it. The soundtrack to the film Bodyguard, which was released in 1992, oh. eventually becomes the highest-selling album of 93. Yeah, that was a major. That was and it's major. the best-selling movie soundtrack of all time. Yeah. yeah. Uh, going on to eventually selling 17 million records by 1999. Unbelievable. That was peak Whitney Houston right there. That's peak Whitney Houston. Right? Prime Whitney Houston. That was her, every song was like weeks and weeks number one. Yeah, man. 93 also had the release of Janet Jackson's fifth album and arguably her best album, Janet. Oh, there you go. Uh, yeah. It goes on to be the best-selling album of her career and still is her best-selling album of her career. Oh. goes six times platinum in 93, yeah. but eventually goes on to sell 14 million records worldwide. Okay. Unbelievable, wow. right? I did not know that. We're at the apex of the grunge phenomenon. Right. So in by 94, grunge starts dying out because people are getting burnt out by it. Right. 93, we're, we're at kind of the apex. Nirvana releases In Utero. Yeah. 
Pearl Jam releases Versus, yeah. but we still have albums from 92 from Stone Temple Pilots, right. uh, Core, and Alice in Chains that are still topping the mainstream rock charts. Heavy right. rotation on MTV. Right. Well, right. grunge killed grunge, right? Like the grunge, grunge guys didn't want to be done. They want to be done with it. Right. Also, also all the wannabe posers <clears throat> and all the guys walking around wearing flannel. Right. They're right. over. It. Right. Those guys are over. It. Right. And they're pissed off at the guys that they see the new people coming in. It's like it's like hip hop. When you see a thing grow, you want to be anti it because it grew too big. Same situation. It was Hawaii. It was like that too. Yeah. A lot of Hawaii yeah, guys. All the posers, man. It the guys that change their fashion style to whatever the music trend is, right? So right. One year they're showing up in the grunge, the next year they're showing up in Carl Kanai. Right. Like, come on, man. Right. And that was, that was why Radio Free helped balance us out. That's why, you know what lo local kids stuck to? We were Quicksilver, Billabong, TNC. In 93, well. You know. Well, I, Stussy. I was. Stussy was big in 93. Stussy was big. I, I, I was a victim of Kanai. Okay. How's that? Victim oh, of Kanai. Nice. I wore a cock Kanai. Okay. I wore cross colors. Well, well, let's not jump ahead. We're uh, going to talk about that. Right. But also in 93, we had uh, one of the first legitimate hip-hop rock alternative bands uh, really explode on the scene. Rage Against the Machine. Oh, right. That was 93. Right? Okay. It was, well, the album was released at the end of 90, uh, November 92. Yeah. But it didn't really start gaining that success until 93. Got it. And really started building the an MTV champion them, as you remember. Yes. Right? That's right. Yeah. That's right. So the top grossing film of 1993 is Jurassic Park. All right. From Steven yeah. Spielberg. Yeah, that makes sense. Uh, followed by Mrs. Doubtfire. That was big. And The Fugitive with Harrison oh, Ford. Oh, yeah, that was number three. Right. That was number three hmm. of the three highest grossing films of 93. Got it. All right. Top rated shows in the country are Home Improvement. Yes. In its third season. 93. And Seinfeld in its fifth season. Seinfeld, Seinfeld took a while to catch on. It's yeah. now like right under Home Improvement, like right underneath it. Oh, uh, interesting. Monday Night Raw premieres for the first time in 93. That is correct. January 93, yes. That's right. January 11th, 1993. That's right. Do you remember the first, when was the first match? Monday Night Raw? Oh, you tell me. You like, you like this one, nerds? Here we go. First match was Coco Beware versus Yokozuna. Oh. The very first match. Good pull, man. That's awesome. Monday Night Raw. Beavis and Butthead premiere in 1993 on MTV. After That's showing small little yeah. uh, vignettes, but then the series, Beavis and Butthead series premieres on MTV. Beavis and Butthead was those little vignettes, was was that on Liquid Television? Right, exactly. Okay. Right. Liquid right. Television, another right. good pull, right. my friend. Jesus. We got uh, the last final season finale of Saved by the Bell. That ends. Yeah, that's right. I only mentioned that because your DJ name. DJ yeah, Jack what Moore, the hell, huh? mention it, right? Only then, to be rebooted three months later in 93 with the college years. College years, right. Which lasts only one season. I was scared of that one because they went. Uh, they were in prime time, and I didn't think they were going to make it, and they did it. They were up against heavy hitters. They were on a Tuesday night. That's right. I think. And they were up against like Murphy Brown. And That's right. Forget it. You can't it, go up against Murphy buried. Brown. It just got buried. Why would they do that? Right. I don't know. But uh, David Letterman leaves NBC for CBS. I was kind of upset about that. Yeah. That was, that was, but that was crazy at the time. It was, but I, he should have gotten The Tonight Show. He should have I just fucked it. I agree. But you know what? It was, they wanted to keep The Tonight Show safe and they didn't feel like David Letterman would right. keep it safe. So, hey, right. props to David Letterman. He knew what was best for him. And he took the money. He did the job. He did what he had to do. But he, but CBS didn't dull him down. He still kept his edge on CBS. Yeah, he lost a little bit of it. He lost a little bit. But but it was it was still better than Leno. Of course. Way better than Leno. Right? Of course. Chimpanzee is better than Leno. But I'm just the the David Letterman NBC. If they ever made a DVD of that, which I think would be impossible, the David Letterman NBC years is is that shaped my life. His that comedy. Yeah. Awesome. 
right. 93. Beverly Hills, 90210 is one of the biggest cultural phenomenons with oh, youth. Oh, that's right. Right. Um, and then groundbreaking sitcoms with all black casts are becoming hits like Martin. Yeah. Martin's in its second season in 93. Yeah. And Living Single premieres in 1993. And I was a fan of Living Single. Becomes a hit on, on Fox. That's right, yeah. Right? A Different World has its series finale yeah. in 93. Yeah. Right? Dwayne. They marry. Uh, right. But he also moves to Tokyo, right? Doesn't Dwayne... Um, he was going to take a job in Tokyo. He was going to take a job in Tokyo, but then he... Her and Whitley? And then, and then he, he doesn't take the job and then gets married to Whitley? Is that what the deal I, is? They get married at the end. I know that one. But there was some kind of thing where he had to leave, and he did not. And the turmoil, and off he went. And yeah. then a significant show that you talked about that you loved, uh, uh, Rosie Perez's Society's Ride premieres on HBO in 1993. Ah, there you go. And airs only three episodes. Yeah. Three Very episodes. strange. Uh, HBO just tried it out. And they never renewed it, never yeah. brought it back. But groundbreaking show, we talked about it. I don't know who was watching it, but it was on at night. It was like on a Saturday night, late night. I don't know who the hell would be watching that. But I was I was watching. Yeah, other crazy things that happened in 93, both Brandon Lee and River Phoenix die tragically yes. in their 20s. Right? <clears throat> and let's not forget our, our, our guest that just was on, uh, Kilowatts. He saw River Phoenix die. That's right. He was he there. Was at the club. He was there. He saw him OD. That's crazy. So there you go. Things come full circle. In that sense. Also, Andre the Giant passes away. Yes, uh, he does. At 46 years of age yeah. from a heart attack in 93. That is correct, yep. Um, in hip-hop news, uh, at the height of popularity you know, of Death Row, Sean Puffy Combs starts Bad Boy Records. Yes. Right? He signs his first rappers, Craig Mack. Yep. And then rapper Biggie Smalls, who would change his name to Notorious B.I.G. Yep. Right? Quincy Jones publishes the first issue of Vibe Magazine. Yes. In 1993. Yes. I bought it. That was a big one. Was I a bought big, it too. It was a big magazine it's too. a big magazine. Strange. I think they wanted it to be the size of Rolling Stone. That's what they, they definitely wanted it to be. Wanted it to be definitely. Right? And it definitely stood out on the shelf. Yeah. I gotta see. Modern R&B music is adapting more and more hip-hop uh, breakbeats and sounds yeah. into its singles with artists like SWV, right. Mary J. Blige, Jodeci. So it's... New Jack you know, Swing is New Jack Swing dying. is kind of dying out right now. Right. Uh, and major hip-hop studio films and soundtracks... Uh, for CB4 uh, right. and Who's the Man yeah. are released. Both of those films are released nationwide in theaters. Yeah, Who's and the Man? The Yom TV Raps movie. The Yom TV Raps movie. Go Direct figure. Yeah, we'll talk about that one later, but directed by Ted Demi, the co-creator of the show and brother of Jonathan, Jonathan Demi. Jonathan Demi, the Sons of the Lambs. Sons of the Lambs, yeah. that's right. And uh, other uh, movies were released nationwide depicting different aspects of black culture like Menace to Society, Poetic Justice, Yeah. And oddly enough, Mario Van Peebles' weird black western posse. Yeah, that's right. It's the posse. Shoot him up. Yes. <laughs> Tragedy. Right? Uh, cult rap documentary parody Fear of a Black Hat is released yeah. in 93. Yeah. Uh, and then hip-hop clothing lines such as Carl Kanai, Cross Colors, and Russell Simmons' Fat Farm start yeah. to become big Fat Farm. fashion brands. That was a big one. Yeah. Totally forgot about that. Fat Farm. Yeah, I had a lot of that. Yeah. yeah. Now... Another thing that becomes synonymous with hip-hop clothing reaches record-breaking sales uh, of $300 million in 1993. Can you guess what it is? Not, it was never intended to be hip-hop, but it became hip-hop. Tim oh. Timbaland boots. 
Oh, right. Timberland Boots right, was a, a right. company That's from right. the East Coast. Yes. It was an outdoor sport, sporting wear company. Yes. But then was starting to be embraced by the rappers, yeah. embraced by hip-hop culture. I had And then unbeknownst yes. to this family-owned business, it becomes a $300 million yep. worth company still, by still told. And then goes even further later. I had them. You got to tuck your jeans in the boots. Tuck your jeans in the People boots. People looking at me like, you're out your damn mind. But yep, tuck the jeans in the boots. So just to sum things up, lastly in 93, hip-hop is at its peak of popularity. We obviously, we talked about 92 being a, you know almost a perfect year. We, I think we both gave it four and a half mics. Yes. You know, and you know we'll be discussing you know multiple albums in 93 that debut on the Billboard pop charts. Yeah. Right? that are breaking down even more walls, separating hip-hop from the mainstream. It got, you know? It's getting bigger. And in 93, I think this is the beginning where we can really say hip-hop is no longer a subculture or a passing fad, as predicted by critics, you know, and it is really becoming now a permanent staple of American pop culture it's, and music. It's getting there. It's getting there. It's getting there. Right. It, I, I'm not, I'm not going to say not entirely as of yet. But we're getting there. It's getting there. And Dr. Dre has something to do with that. Snoop has something to do with that. Definitely. The LA riots had something to do with that, for too. For sure. Because if it wasn't for those riots, it, 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 innovate. Uh, the impact. The impact of, of the that. The emotional impact that it had on hip-hop yeah. music. And, you want to get Menace to Society. black culture. You want to get sure. Boys in the Hood. For sure. So that so, built that up. So uh, let's take a quick break. And then yes. we'll be coming back with our top 10 albums of 93 with our... We have a special guest in the house. Oh, okay. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> Don't sound too excited. Let's just let's just keep it. Let's have everybody talk on this thing because we're gonna go on for four hours, everyone. All right, guys, we'll be right back. All right. All right. Yeah. We're all here. Yeah. So you say. We're back. We're back with our top ten. We got a special guest in the house. That's right. He is. Get ready for this, Kenrick. <laughs> Lab Cabin Kenrick. Yeah. Oh, I was going to screw that one up. Once again, so again, to clarify, Lab Cabin Kenrick. Cabin is here. Lab Cabin Kenrick. Talking over and then we get confused of where we're at. Right, let's establish so, these rules. So you're gonna start it off. Right, so since okay. I did all the research, so. I'm gonna I'm gonna talk about uh, my top ten, go over a little bit of information on those albums, and then pass it off to Aaron Sakai, DJ Zach Morris, and then Kenrick, uh, our special guest third. So I'm starting off my 1993 top ten albums with Return of the Boom Bath from KRS One, the got first it. solo album. From former Boogie Down Productions frontman, you know, at this Got point, it. we talked about sex and violence on our last uh, '92 show. At that point, it was pretty much just Kara's one and Kenny Parker at that point. So yeah. he said, "Screw it, I might as well just do my own thing." Uh, and he stepped back on production. You know, KRS and his own production team were handling a lot of the stuff for Boogie Down Productions, but he enlisted the IT producers, IT East Coast producers of that time, DJ Premier, yep. Showbiz, smart. to handle the majority of the beats, even Kid Capri handled a, a couple yeah. of tracks, right. uh, and the album was dope, man. It, it was a new it. sound, it reinvented KRS for the for a new audience, as well as uh, hip-hop heads that you know felt like he was becoming irrelevant. Yeah, um, well, it's, a, it's a great pick, this is, this is his best album. 
This is his best solo album. This is his best album, yeah. But I'm I'm gonna say that. And he released uh three singles, including this one that we're playing, produced by DJ Premier out of here. Yeah. He produced Return of the Boom Bap with yeah. that music video. And then probably one of the biggest songs, uh also using a lot of movies and soundtracks, Sound of the Police. Now we gotta talk, talk about this because this was a hit. This was a this radio was a hit. Big hit. Yeah. Strangely, this was a radio hit. This I was mean, the biggest hit on the album. Right. That and this was the weakest song on the album. This is produced by Showbiz. That's right. Black Cop. That's right. Great. Yeah. Black Cop was also released as a single. He is still free remix, which was a premiere. He is still free. That was released off the Menace to Society soundtrack. Right. Higher level. That's right. Higher level. Higher one of my all-time favorite. It's an excellent but song. We're gonna be talking about this album with maybe with one of your top ten. So let's save higher level. Yep. With Save another KRS one, but Return of the Boom Bap. I, I think it was a four and a half mic album when it would drop. I think it's like a four out, four mic, four and a half mic album now. Very little depreciation on it. Uh, this was the really the apex of KRS one lyrically, creatively. He did a couple other good albums after this, but this was really the one. This is the one for me. All right, moving on to my number nine album. It's brand new beam. In God We Trust, Got the sophomore album from uh, Lord Jamar, Sadat X, and the newly brought in DJ Sincere. Yeah. Because DJ Alamo left with Grand Booba for his solo album, Real to Real, that we talked about in 1992. This was an album they had a lot to prove. They had so much to prove with the departure of Grand Booba. And man, they, they, they wanted a newer, angrier, militant harder edge sound and they were like yo we're talking about you know being five percent we're talking about being a part of muslim muslim community uh we're talking about you know five percent nation and it was they would talk about it in their first album but it was definitely more dancey and more it wasn't more like up, this uppy. and this was the hard edged sound that Brand Nubian needed and this is the best Brand Nubian album of their career. Oh yes. And an album that I, I just gotta mention did not get a lot of respect. Um, it, it didn't make a lot of critics top 10 hip hop albums of that year. It didn't even make critics top 25 albums of that year. And I think um, it, it, it was beloved by hardcore hip hop heads but it wasn't really embraced by you know the, the general public. Well, you got two reasons for that. The militant. Right. 5%, which we didn't know what that was. This is a pro-black album as you can get. Right, I mean, a lot of pro-black stuff is going on, but we didn't know about the 5% nation. We didn't know the, the, this was kind of the birth of like, we're talking about Muslims now. Right. We we never had that. So we're kind of, They're part, you know, so they they really go hard on Nation of Islam. They're using a lot of sound bites from Mr. Farrakhan on this one, you know. So that threw people off. And then this song, which is basically addressing violence with violence. Oh yeah. This punch up get butt beat down is you address violence with violence. Yeah. Not really the best PC thing to say. And they're throwing the, they're throwing a lot of gay slurs all over this album. It's, it's crazy because so, in, in the Muslim community that's looked look down. He only right. has sexuality looked down upon. So that's why people are kind of like, oh, okay, we'll just be quiet on this one. But this video it was that was the first time I, I I heard you know the new track from Brand Nubian. It completely reinvented their sound. I'm like, oh my god, this is a Diamond D produced track. Right. The beat, the rhyming, like everything just. It was a new Sadat X. He wasn't that goofy Derek X. He reinvented himself. Lord Jamar, who is handling majority of the production on this. Lord Jamar, props to Lord Jamar on the production. Very underrated. Not on this song, but other songs on the album. Love Me or Leave Me Alone, Allah Akbar. Um, 
Fantastic Gats. I mean, you got so many dope songs. Travel Jam uh, on this album. So that's my number nine in God We Trust. Yeah, love it. Yep. Very little depreciation on, on this album. Right. Well, no, nobody really knew what this was going to sound like right. when we heard that we it was going to come out. We don't know what a brand new being without Grand Puba sounds like. Right. right. And they came out and they wrecked it. They, they did. definitely ripped it. You take a look at the All for One album, uh, All for One video. Right. Yeah. And, you know, the everybody loves the sunshine and all that. You go to this. Right. You know, little, little drastic, to say the least. All right. So that album was uh, released in February of uh, 93. Now, my number eight album was released a little bit towards the end of the year. It was unfortunately released on the same day Snoop Doggy Dog released Doggy Style. Right. Yes. And uh, this is an album from Del the Funky Homo Sapien. It's yep. his sophomore album called No Need for Alarm. I remember buying this the same day I bought Doggy Style. Yes. Everybody grabbing Doggy Style like yes. it's the hottest thing in the all the Dell copies of No Need for Long just sitting oh, there on the shelf. Bought the one. Right. You remember Tower Records, right? You know what they would do? They would get if it's a hot album coming out, they got like twenty copies. Right. And then the one like this Dell would one. So we're 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 rattling for that one copy. It's only you and me, <laughs> right. a couple other guys buying the one. Right. They don't right. order a lot of these copies of these albums. Right. You know, and and once again, we talked about Brand Nubian reinventing their sound. This was Dell reinventing his sound. Yeah. Um, the first album, uh, which my brother George was here, was produced mainly by uh, Ice Cube's in-house producers. You know, a lot of tracks produced by Sir Jinx and DJ Pooh. Uh, and this is where Dell tapped into his hieroglyphics uh, crew, and specifically producers like Snoop, Domino, J Biz. Even Casual was producing tracks. And these guys had a different ear than the East Coast producers. So their samples were different. Their loops were different. I mean, um, I think it it, it completely reinvented the alternative hip-hop sound on the West Coast. You know? Yes, Um, it did. Very much so. You know, uh, he also had tracks from uh, Stimulated Dummies, uh, right? Dante Ross's production that team on this, on this album. You know, so um, the album, it sold decently. It's a cult album, obviously, with the hip-hop heads. But, you know, completely overshadowed in 93 into 94 uh, by two things. Doggy Style and the Hieroglyphics Souls of Mischief album. That album, you know... It, it, it overshadowed Dell, which I think you know was 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 sad. You know, it was a little sad. Victim of timing. It was a victim of timing. You know, um, but the singles and music videos released for this album were the song that we're hearing, "Catch a Bad One," which is great, and a music video for "Wrong Place." You yeah. that one. Yeah. It's a great video. Very underrated video, and which we got to address is I don't know if we're gonna address B sides or whatnot. I guess we are, but since you brought that song up, the B side to "Wrong Place" was "Undisputed Champs." That's right. With Q-Tip and Pep right. Love. That's right. One of the best B sides. Fantastic. We can play it later. So when you guys I mention, play that later. For we'll mention that because I know this album will probably come up in our yep. uh, uh, in other people's top ten. It's in mine. All right. My no reveals here. Ken. Oh, Lab Cabin Kenneth. <laughs> that's right. <laughs> Now that's uh, number eight. I also think very little depreciation on this album. Solid, you know, four and a half mic album then, maybe four and a half mic album, four mic album now. Solid, very little depreciation. Now the album I'm going to talk about next is a groundbreaking uh, album. It's from Freestyle Fellowship. The album is Inner City Riots. 
Got it, got it. Yep, another one. Even this intro, when he first opened the album with Blood, mm-hmm. the, uh, the acapella uh, track Blood leading into Bullies of the Block, yep. you knew that this was something completely changing. You know, I, I didn't know a lot of people that owned to whom it may concern in 1992. Obviously, we talked about getting that album later. This was the album that broke this group. Um, this was the uh, quartet of Micah 9, AC Alone, Peace, and Self Jupiter. Obviously, there are other members, but those are the main four that are really taking the forefront of the group. And uh, they were formed at the Good Life Cafe in LA. Yeah. Right? It's that health food store that would do open mic nights. Yeah. Uh, and uh, artists like Ice Cube, Easy E, and a future rapper named Will I Am were regular fans of the open mic nights and the rap battles that would happen in and outside of well, the Good Life Cafe. That also leads to controversy with Easy E right. as how he picked up on oh, some stuff. Barring, barring some to, styles, yes. And he kind of took styles. it to some guys. But we're going to talk about it later in the show because we're okay. going to mention it with another album. Well, right. This song was played on Radio Free a lot. And Great video. Which makes the, you know, the aura of Radio Free because this, this was a hit on Radio Free, right. which you would not. You're not going to hear this on 994. Oh, no, no, no. no, you know. But I'll argue this is one of the most experimental, esoteric, and daring hip hop albums of the 90s, merging old school, cold, cold crust style, in sync rhyming styles with funk, jazz. And then a completely new sing, singing style that we never quite heard. Well, you, you gotta play right. one song. If you're gonna play another song, well, we're, gonna, we're gonna play more tracks. We're, we're, play, we're playing, playing one song, yeah, because there's, there's so another we'll one. We'll play one. You guys can you pick play whatever one, one you want. Trying to uh, follow along the rules. Right. So. <laughs> but, um, At least rules, yeah. But, you know, after this album, you know, the group, the group was forced to go on a five year hiatus uh, because Self Jupiter uh, was incarcerated, yeah. went to jail. So, you know, we had AC Alone solo career after this. But, this album is so groundbreaking, so different, and so unique, and every sound, every song is its own unique entity um, that you can't deny the creativity of this album yeah. and also how groundbreaking it is as far as, it might, not, it might not be for the mainstream, but for artists. This was an artist album, like other artists listened to this album right. and got inspiration from it, and that's why it's on my top 10. Yeah. I would put it higher, but I also feel like um, the album is almost so esoteric that I don't go back to it enough, but I do listen to it quite often, but I don't go back to it enough. Shall we say, say dare, dare say, this is kind of a political album? We can say that. I mean, we think about it. Like, right, because if you think about it, like, do we, is it a kind of sort of you gotta mention it? Especially in Hawaii, with you know, this style really grew in Hawaii. And right. Can we clearly say that we listen to every single no, song in this we album? Have, we all, and, each of us as freestyle fellowship fans, we all have our favorite tracks right. off this album or favorite tracks off this album. But people don't remember, this is a hour plus long album. We're not listening to probably the entire right. album, like all the way through. Because this is very abstract stuff. It's super abstract. And. From a guy that's like doggy style to go to this, it's a stretch. And I would argue, and you I know? would argue that you know when we were in '93, I was a junior in high school. You were a freshman. Kendrick was in eighth grade. You know, we're not grasping all of the concepts on this album. Correct. No way. You know, at that at that point, I was listening to the singles. I was listening to Bullies of the Block right. and Hot Potato. Right. You know. That's why anybody. And everything's me. everything. Exactly. But I'm not listening to Shammy that at that age. I but I grow exactly. to appreciate it or now. Cornbread or what whatever. Cornbread. I mean, 
Anyone that says right now, for the record, anybody that's going to say Freestyle Fellowship is the top three of 93 as their album, they weren't around and listening to hip hop in 93, making political statements, and they're late to the party. There's no way you can put this album, as great as this is, as a top three or even top no. five in 93. No. It's in my bottom five, um, but I felt that listening to it now and seeing how much artists it influenced, I, I gotta put it in. I gotta put it. No, up. Of course. I put it up in. For the appreciation, it's high. The appreciation right. business ahead of its time. I would say that there is depreciation the for sure. You know, but it's not Daddy as bad. Daddy The one thing that always hurt Freestyle Fellowship was production. Production wise, right. they suffered from not the greatest beats, and their albums weren't always mixed and mastered in the best way. You know, even that that posse track, Heavyweights, it's mixed and mastered pretty pretty jumbled up. If you, if yeah, you right. remember it, like it sounds a little. Like almost too raw. Like yeah. you can hear like RZA's production. RZA's production is raw, but it's like purposeful. Where uh, heavyweight songs just a little bit more like amateurish in the mixing and the right. mastering of it of the track. Right, the mastering wasn't as good. Right, right. It kind of clashes because like there's the way they rap is a more complex style of rapping, and then if you have a more complex type of beat, on exactly, it, it kind of jumbles it up a little bit too much. Right. It would match gotta, better with simpler. Right, if it was a more simpler drum beat and just let them rip it. Then I think it would have been more <clears throat> appreciated at that yeah, time. I agree. Yeah, I yeah. agree. All right. So going from my number seven, that's Inner City Griots yeah, from Freestyle okay. Fellowship. That was released in April of '93. We go to the biggest rap album of 1993 for my number six. It's Doggy Style okay. uh, from Snoop Dogg. So yes, you, you mentioned we're going from Freestyle Fellowship to Doggy Snoop Doggy Dog. That's literally what I just did. Right. I went from the most esoteric rap album of '93 to the biggest blockbuster album it was the most anticipated debut in hip-hop history it sold over 800,000 copies in its first week it went four times platinum uh, by mid 94 but it would eventually go on to 11 million copies worldwide well you know their best marketing strategy ever it was genius you look in the liner notes of the chronic and what does it say in the liner notes of the chronic all the albums that were coming out get ready everyone get ready. so how genius was that? genius right and here we are we wait we waited a year here it comes. It comes and, in November. And a lot of people don't realize this this was a rushed album. They wanted they rushed yeah. it. This was Death Row being smart. The, the album started recording. They started recording it in early '93. And they released it in November of '93. Right. Crazy. They you know, I think Suge Knight knew that we need to capitalize on well, this rappers right. pool right now. They're the victim of their own marketing genius. Because they're like, oh, we put this out and nobody's gonna really get that excited. But they didn't realize. Chronic was going to be so big. Okay, we got to hurry up now. That's right. So, you know, there remains a slight controversy again on this album with Dr. Dre taking full credit. You look at the back back book, it's Dr. Dre, produced, mixed by Dr. Dre, right? But, you know, it's arguments that Daz Dillinger and Warren G have a lot of uh, uncredited musical contributions to this album. Uh, Dr. Dre denies that to this day, says no, they do not. Um, but we're also going to say that this album, from a sound sonic point of view, took a huge jump from the chronic. Yeah. This is a much slicker sound, yes. uh, much more polished. Dre's going bigger on this one. Um, and, uh, you know, Dre had beefed up this album with more synthesizers, right? A bigger, bigger bass line, more live instrumentation. More dramatic sounds. It was a grander scale album, right? And uh, the, the, the story, the, the urban legend is that Dre did not sleep for 48 hours to mix and master this album. He did it in two days. Wow. He did not sleep for two days. That's believable. And uh, 
I, I have to say, I was very disappointed at the lead single, What's My Name, Who Am I? Uh, it was it was a kind of a corny track. I mean, uh, it was, yes. you know, but we still, we didn't care. We still wanted the album. Yeah. We knew it was going to be big. Uh, so we, we, we forgave the, the corniness of that one. Yeah. And uh, it was this song, Gin and Juice, to me, that really brought the album to the, really to the platinum. Uh, this was the first platinum single, right? Right, right. This was. Right. What's my name did have success, but this was the the biggest selling single off the album. Yeah. So this is a definitive <clears throat> West Coast hip hop album. It's a no doubt a classic. It's it's very arguable, debatable whether the lyrical content still holds up today. Um, right. Uh, the videos were released for Who Am I, Gin and Juice, and Doggy Dog World, but. It's an album here. It's contra- I'm putting this on politically. I don't listen to it as much as I used to. I think I've I kind of outgrown some of the material on this album, but I gotta give it up. This is a classic. It's a West Coast classic. I love this. I'd say that there is a little bit more depreciation than other albums, but uh, you know, this is this that's is number six. That's my number six, Doggy Style, right? Now for my number five album, we're gonna talk about a super influential group, Black Moon. Number right? five. That's my number five. Yeah. Released in October of 93. Uh, this was a, a group formed at Bushwick High School in Brooklyn. This was uh, Buckshot, the Five, five Foot assassin. Accelerator, yeah. Five Foot Accelerator, Five Foot Assassin, uh, and DJ Evil D. Right? All managed by Big Drew Ha. Right? Everyone's favorite Drew Ha. And let's yeah. not forget the unofficial member, Mr. Walt. Yeah, okay, so what's, in, your, in your studying of this, right. what, what, talk, talk to me about Mr. Walt. Now, what, was he an official of Black Moon? No, because he's he, not was, anything he was in, just under the Beat Miners production camp, Beat Miners camp. But he was a duck-down in-house producer. Wait. Did he do stuff on Enter the Stage, though? Uh, I believe this was all evil. Because when they pushed these guys in the beginning, Society's Riot, for example, they would always say, and Mr. Walt. But then you never mentioned Mr. Mr. Walt. You know, Mr. Walt, from what I read, it was always a DJ production partner with Evil right. D. Okay. Right? And the original name, I'm so glad they changed it, was Unique Image. Really? <laughs> yes. The original name of Black Moon was Unique Image. Wow, it's like a bad Photoshop yeah, team or something. Like a, yeah, it's like like a, a bad, bad photography photo studio. Or... <laughs> Unique Image, yeah. You like to take high school photos. <laughs> Unique Image. Yeah. Call us up. Uh, they changed their name to Black Moon after after Buckshot was brought into the group. So it was originally just Five Foot Accelerator and Evil D. Uh, and then they brought in Buckshot, oh who's not that. from Brooklyn. He was from Brownsville. Right. 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 And, uh, and then Mr. Walt is actually Evil D's older brother. Got it. So that, that's kind of the connection there. Got it. Um, Got it. So they were brought to Nervous Records by Drew, Drew Ha Friedman. They're, right? That was well, a down know. white boy. I didn't know Friedman was his yeah, last name. Friedman. I like it. I like it. to Judah Friedman. And Probably not. He started Duck Down Records and Duck Down Management. So yes. Drew Ha is a big picture in the New York underground scene. Yeah. He looks like one of the extras from Kids. And Duck Down was one of the first big New York independent labels. Independent labels, like, right? Yeah. Mm -hmm. They got signed the priority eventually for making a lot of noise, right? Right. They got that distribution deal later on in the years. Right. So uh, the the, uh, album was made on a super shoestring budget at D&D Studios, uh, but the combination of Bookshot's unique lyrical style, he was very different. He was unique in his style. I really liked his voice. And the beat miners, you know, grimy, dark production, 
Evil D really, you know, yeah. bringing East Carter, grimier East yeah. Coast hip hop, right. right? This was the lead single and video for Who Got the Props. You got, you know, him jumping around. He's got the backpack on with the white hoodie, you know. Uh, it's it perfect stuff. And this album was a flop, guys. Let's, yeah. We got to call We gotta call it what it was at that time. The album sold poorly compared bootlegging. to major level releases. This is a bootlegger's dream. Bootleg, like crazy in, in the East Coast, right? But would eventually find a cult following, cult following, following the remixes of I Got You Open and, and Buck Em Down, right. which were released in 94. Right, so we'll talk about those later, but that's my number five groundbreaking album for East Coast hip hop. It's Into the Stage, Black Moon at number five. Uh, number four, my number four. Can't have 93 without 93 till infinity. The debut album from East Oakland, California's A Plus, Opio, Tajay, and Festo, the Souls of Mischief crew, uh, brought in. Uh, Originally featured on Della Funky Homo Sapiens' B-side track, Burnt. Right. Do you remember that song? It was Our the... lyrics had the best B-side tracks. We got to address it. Yeah. They always would have original material. That's right. Every single they had. It was amazing. Burnt, Burnt was, was the B-side for uh, Dell's uh, Mr. Gobelina single. Yeah. And I remember hearing uh, the hieroglyphics on that Burnt single and going, wow, these guys were great. No one sounded like them too. No one had these high-pitched voices rapping and these like rapid like rapid delivery but still clever and metaphor metaphorical and nobody in the west coast sounded like that let alone well, anybody else the far side did a little bit i would say because right. woody brown's yeah. voice is really high it does, the far yeah, side had right. that you're yeah. right but all of these guys have these right. kind of higher pitch this is a cleaner cleaned up version of the far side and it's now, a straight up version right now this album would would go on to be the highest selling album of any hieroglyphics release but this album was not like really beloved when it was released. It only got three and a half mics in the source, right? They, they called the, the album a little redundant, right? Uh, he said the, the beats were, were okay, but I, I, I love the production on this album. It was handled again by Domino, Del Funky Homo Sapien, A+, J-Biz, Casual, all contributing. Great production, right? And the singles, 92 to Infinity, uh, That's When You Lost, Never No More, which had the B-side Good Feeling, which is a classic classic song but uh, there's no denying that the influence of this album the the influence it's had on west coast bringing also bringing in the skating community more into hip-hop right how good stickers was everywhere probably yeah. one of the best brandings of hip-hop yeah. logo of all time yep. right hieroglyphic stickers and t-shirts are still selling to this day yep. on online yep. around the world yep. right so um very little depreciation for me on this album, you know, uh, four and a half mics then, probably four and a half mics now, maybe even five mics, um, but 92 to infinity, the debut album for Souls of Ship, my number four, alright, my number three, we're getting into the wire here, Balloon Mind State from De La Soul, it's the third album, and arguably the best album from the group we all love we all love them you know well now i love them i wasn't a fan of them was this a, did that album make you a fan at yeah. the time this is where they got it this is it this was the, was the perfect album right. for, for them and they, they figured it. it it's the culmination of figuring it out pasta news dave you know maceo i mean they got it man you know the name of the album was genius too right it was it was the entire vibe for the whole album right it might blow up but it won't go pop that's the balloon mind state, right? So, and I feel like this is also Prince Paul at its, at its most 
creative up until this point. This is Prince Paul in his creative prime. He got so creative with the samples. Tommy Boy won't pay for them uh, right now. And this album is out of print. You can't get it. Uh, You only can listen to it maybe on YouTube. Um, But this is, uh, he dug so deep into pulling eclectic jazz samples. Parker, Fred Wesley, Pee Wee Ellis, you know, on tracks like I I Am I Be, which is one of their best songs of all time. Patty Duke, (laughs) right? on the same day, September 9th. Yeah. It was a day it hurt all our wallets because we had to buy Midnight Marauders and enter the 36 Chambers. So now you're, ready, know, yet, so now you're ready to know what made my number one. Yeah. But we'll talk about Midnight Marauders really quick. This is the platinum-selling third album from Q-Tip, Five Dogs, and Ali Shaheed Muhammad. Q-Tip, again, handling the production, all of the production on the album with a little help from Large Professor and Steph Amsliff. Anselm, excuse me, yeah. Skep Anselm. He gets props too. <laughs> he gets props too, yeah, that's right. Hey, Wait, good move, I'm, I'm trying and here. Here's a quiz for you guys. Do you remember what, where the title Midnight Marauders comes from? You guys remember? Oh, he said it too. They asked him on the... It means salute. <laughs> so, they asked him on the... Right, uh, right. Fab Five asked him. Absolutely right. So, uh, on the track Vibes and Stuff on Low End Theory, he has a verse called, I'm Q, the name is Q-Tip, the Midnight Marauder, giving enough oh, yeah. respects to Africa Bambata. That's right. And so uh, they took that name and ran with it. And the group interpreted that that term as if they were sound thieves and they were stealing your ears. They were grabbing your ears. Right. Right. So um, an actual, actual secretary who was working at Jive Records, Laurel Dan, they tapped her to play the role as the album's tour guide. Right. So she played that, that computerized voice. Great interludes. Taking you through all of the yes. interludes throughout the album. So it was a seamless album. Yeah. It was it blended so perfectly together and yeah. Q-Tip just pushed his production to the next level. Yeah. And the beats on this album are even more complex, layered, and even sleeker than uh, Low End Theory. Right? right. Uh, the argument has always been with Tribe fans, what's a better album? Midnight Marauders, Low End Theory. I'm gonna leave that to y'all. I'm not gonna I'm not gonna say it right now. Um, but 
the album, this album's a classic. Five mics then, five mics now. Um, videos were released for award tour, electric, electric relaxation, and oh my god. It's a classic. Remixes galore. Remixes galore. We can we can do a whole oh my God, segment remix. on remixes on that, you know? Yeah. yeah, the Oh My God, No Name remix, right? You had the original, uh, if you remember, the award tour single. Right, yeah, the, the award side. The B-side was Clap Your Hands. Right. Where it had Consequence. That's right. It wasn't anyone on there. Just That's Consequence. Right. Right. I mean, like, who is this guy? Right. Why is, where is everybody else? And that was the B-side, which they turned it into a song with all of them right. on there. But. Now my, obviously my number one album, this is going to come down to these two. It's the Wu-Tang Clan. I remember going to Choice Cuts, buying the cassette single for Protect Your Neck. Their only copy. Of course, yeah. uh, and this was at the end of this was uh, around the beginning of '93. I shared it with uh, uh, Wando. Shout out to Wando. Hey, DJ Liger. Yeah, DJ Liger Woods. So Wando and I actually, if Wando remembers this, I played this song over the phone. I played it. I put the phone next to the speaker yes, and played the single because this was hype. This was talked about in the source. Yeah. They were unsigned hype. Yeah. And they were saying that this was a game changer single. And there was nothing like it. And then when you looked at the picture, you see nine guys. You see Ghostface Killer in his what white mask. face mask. What are these guys doing with masks on? It's like, what the hell is this? So uh, this is the classic platinum debut album from the Wu-Tang Clan. It reinvented and recreated the blueprint for the East Coast grimy sound well, going on. When you first saw these guys, yeah. did you think it was like kind of like an Onyx ripoff? Because when I saw them, you know, and you didn't hear, right? And you see these guys, and it, Onyx was still a thing. And there are these ruffian guys, right? right? Like, yeah, it's gonna gimmicky. be it looked a gimmicky. gimmick of some sort, right? right. We, I question. Hundred percent. I'm hundred percent with you. So the origins of the Wu Tang Clan. There's a, a new documentary that we'll be debuting on Showtime soon. So I'm sure everybody will be talking about that later. But it started with the failed careers of Prince Rakim, aka the RZA, the Genius, aka the Jizza, and then Asan Unique, who we now know as Old Dirty Bastard. And they were in a group called Force of the Imperial Master. What a terrible name, right? And it was, and they released a song called All In Together Now. Right? Yeah, and right. and uh, Prince Rakim had a, a record deal uh, called, and he had released a single called Ooh, I Love You, Rakim. I Love You, Rakim. Terrible Rakim. song. Terrible video. And then The too. Genius. And The song. Genius released the Words of the Genius album, which the we talked crap. about. Yes. Words of the Genius, uh, an infamously bad album as well. Okay, so. I do like Pass the Bone, though. That's a good song. Dad, you won't listen to it. <laughs> I like Bustable, like Bubba Drugs. Okay, so I didn't know about the about the genius until after this. Right, right. right me okay, which a lot of us, right, right. right. So, tell me who was out there that, that went and they saw the genius on City Guitar Records on the shelf. I'm like, whoa, right. what is this? Right, and, and you remember it on the cover, it was like golden in the background. Right. He had the book open, he had a feather pen. Yes, yes. it was awful. <laughs> but you buy it thinking, Maybe it'll sound similar to this. Right. Oh, no. But it was, it was what Aaron said. He was like, you fall into the prey of the cold chilling curse. Yes. Yeah. Cold right. chilling Everything is on cold chilling. That album actually had two album covers because I have a CD where it's like half of Jizz's face and it's red. Oh, yeah. That, I think that, that, been, that had to be a reprint. That was a reprint, I think. That got to be a yeah. reprint. But it just says in big letters, Words from the Genius. I think there's some other, yeah, because that other one was the one. But obviously, uh, Prince Rakim and the Genius were dropped by their, their labels. Right. And RZA and Old Dirty linked up with 
uh, Dennis Coles, aka Ghostface Killer, yeah. and they all came up with the Kung Fu concept together. So those three members came up with the Kung Fu concept after watching the classic Shaw Brothers movie Shaolin vs. Wu-Tang, right? So the RZA then be, uh, uh, began to assemble a bunch of rappers from Staten Island because there was no music executives going to Staten Island looking for any rappers at that point, right? So he brought in Raekwon the Chef, brought in You God, Master Killer, and the kind of lost member at this point, Capadonna, yeah. who was in the crew but not on this album, right? And Master Killer is only on like. Well, there's like at least several other guys we can say questionably. And Master Killer is only on one track. In the group, right. Right. You go kill a freeze, where else? He was probably hanging out. Right, kill a freeze. Like sleeping on the bench somewhere. Right, right, right. And you know, all these guys are. No, but. Running errands. The the rumor was that Master Killer's verse got on 36 Chambers because Killer Priest didn't turn in his verse. That is the urban legend. That is the urban legend. But the, uh, it's, not, it's you know, you hear the album, it's grimy, and, you know, but it was produced obviously on a shoestring budget, but it was the ingenuity of the RZA that utilized the cheap equipment to his advantage, and he created the, the gritty, raw sound because it was like, well, these cheap equipment is making all these, making all this reverb and giving all this feedback and this lo-fi sound, so he was like, it added more of a cinematic touch, and it also, for him, reminded him about... Uh, old kung fu movies it gave it that old appeal of the way the voices were right so um they packed all nine original members in the tight firehouse studios in new york right they're smoking weed they're watching kung fu movies right they're taking their favorite clips from the shaw brothers stuff and then rizza sampling classic like 70s and 60s uh albums soul albums and the result is a classic man they released the protect your next single it was featured on the unsigned hype in the source and the you know and here's another little tidbit that most people don't know did you know that tommy boy they went to tommy boy records first with wu-tang and they signed house of pain instead they chose to go with house of pain instead how crazy is that so i mean tommy boy really didn't lose too much they made a lot of money money. on house of pain so tommy boy was really well that's how genius started off with the tommy's and my my boy because of that cryptic right and an up-and-coming record label called loud records signed them which was you know, a big find, and Loud Records would soon become one of the staples of New York and right. hardcore hip hop fans. So the timing was perfect. Right, the that. timing was perfect, and the album received four and a half mics from the source. It's a and ten mic. It, it's a ten mic. Album. Yeah, phenomenal album. There's little to no, there's no depreciation on it, and actually, an album that is still, I'm still discovering verses to this day that you know I might have not noticed back then, but you're packed with so much MCs, you just keep getting something new every time. Listen to it. Right, so right. Uh, that's my number one. Any last thoughts? I know you guys are gonna talk about it. No, this, this is a perfect list. I, I have no uh, disagreement at all. Right. I don't. I, I don't think there's really a bad list, like you said in 1992. Yeah, no one's list will be. My the best list, or no one will be the worst list. Right, right. exactly. Because it's all to our personal, it's, it's personal preference. Personal it's preference. Personal, where were you in '93 too? You have to yeah, look at where exactly. were you as, a, as that person in '93. Right. What was your mindset? What were you listening to? And you got to go off of that. That's why. You know, you can you can put the political album on there, if, if, but if you were truly listening to that, that's fine. Right. You know? Okay, I got a quick question though about okay. Thirty Six Chambers. You said Loud Records is a new up and coming record label. Yeah, they had uh-huh. Alcoholics on there. Right. You know, they just just signed Mob Deep in '93 because they were on Fourth and Broadway. Right. Prior for that other album. Okay. A lot of the genius behind the Wu-Tang deal was that they were allowed to make their own solo albums and sign with other record yeah. labels. 
is it because that Loud was young at that time and they were like, okay, we got to sign these guys, but we're going to give them whatever they want as long as I could I could only them. assume I could only assume that because I, I couldn't I didn't find that. That would probably be in the Wu-Tang documentary that's right. coming so out. That has to be addressed. But, you know, it, it was really smart because I think that this was genius. It was a, a bunch of guys that could not get record deals on their own. We'll form a crew, and then we'll all branch out, and then obviously they all had, for the most part, successful right. solo careers. Well, it's like you mentioned, with Loud being an up-and-coming label, that they really had no, they had no uh, leeway or uh, no, um, what, what's the word I'm thinking of here? Like they didn't have it. They were they're new, so they couldn't right. They were brand well. new, so yeah, yeah. There's no bargaining chips on the table right. here. We're like, you're new, we're new. Let's just do it. Right, and, and let it be. And you don't have to do your solo album on our label. Mm-hmm. You can go sign an individual solo exactly. album, which was genius for them. Yeah, it was, it, was, there the, it was super smart. Yeah, yeah. yeah. All right, so I'm trying, guys. You know, okay. Aaron, what do you got for your top ten? Oh, okay. Cue me up for some songs that you want to play. All right, so I'll just name the album, and then that'll give you the, I guess, the cue. All right. Uh, your number 10 so, is. Let's go with number 10. And gosh, this was hard to figure out. So I, I based off what was I listening to the most in 93. That's okay. the underlying theme of this thing. Right. What was I truly like enjoying the most? Number 10, I got to go with The Alcoholics. Hey. 21 and over. Awesome. And Do you have a particular track? That was a favorite I mean, of yours. Let's let's go with let's go with uh should we go with would, the, the you lead make room, the good liquid. Liquid was always something. Yep. Uh for a West Coast album, and this this there's gonna be a theme to my top ten regarding the West Coast on this year. You do not have West Coast people sounding like this. No. We have gangsters running around. We have menace to society going on. We have the riots just happened. Right. And then here you got these guys, you know, they're called the alcoholics. I mean, that alone, and then you got King T manning the ship, which one of the most underrated producers right. of all time. Rappers, gets, producers, rapper, producers, just hip hop no, on the West Coast. No one talks about this guy. He's right. Rodney Dangerfield. He was even right. in our Rodney. He's Dangerfield in the Rodney Dangerfield rap. Rushmore. We right. put him in there, right? But from the get-go, fun, New York sounding, does not sound like a doggy style. Does not sound like the Chronic at all. But it, it catches everybody from the Good Life people. It catches everybody from the Hieroglyphics people. It catches everybody from the New York people. Yeah. And it's. Every song is a banger. Yeah. Every song is a banger. It's just a fun song. Every song is a banger. And right. I, this is really one of the quintessential hip-hop party albums on the West Coast. Right. This is, And you always talk about, what's the fun factor? Am I listening? Why am I listening to this? Is this, right. is this fun? This is a fun album. Yeah, this, this is Super it. Super fun. But lyrically dope as well. Right. Which is a hard line to cross. These guys can rhyme. Okay. Is it deep thought? Is, is Michael Franti going to show up on the song? No. <laughs> Thank God. But that's the fun of this, and it works. And depreciation is very minimal. I, I give this a four and a half mic album. Depreciation is very minimal because it's still fun to me. It's nothing of any type of complex, too over the head kind of stuff. So I give it four and a half or even depreciation. Right. Um, it, it, these guys have had a career that is not really talked about, too. These guys are like King T as well. Underrated. You know, very Super underrated. underrated. They People, were the West Coast beat nuts. Right. I mean, the second album they had is another phenomenal album, too. But I have to say for this one, that's for the fun factor. Uh, factor, that's it. Number 10, Alcoholics. Yeah, I'm going to talk about I'm gonna talk about the album and talk about uh, the history of the Alcoholics in a later, later segment. Great pick, man. Great pick, man. Well, real quick, they did do a song with Beat Nuts 
They call themselves Lick Nuts. That is correct. That's right. That is correct. All right. Well, we're moving on to your number nine. All right. Number nine was mentioned. And I think you might have put this at number nine, if I'm not mistaken. I got Karis one Return of the Boom Bap. It was my number ten. Number ten. Okay. So I got higher level then. Higher level. This is a song. I tell you, this is one that's gonna be one of the best beats ever. For Karis to have a song with this is pretty impressive. It's pretty impressive. That kind of beat. The production is outstanding. Yes, amazing. And his best album. Best marketing for an album, it, it, it's it, it, it's something you should have done. Well, I don't know if you could have pulled this off in like 91 or 92 because the beats weren't that great. It wouldn't match this. But, um. We had dog barking earlier, so yeah. We got construction <laughs> going on behind us. That's what, you know what that means? It's because we're breaking the walls down, son. Woo! Grounded, it. gritty. So this, this is, is your number nine. This is number nine. So what, what, oh, we, we talked about this already. Yeah. But it's a great album. Fantastic DJ album. Premier, Karis with DJ Premier is a, is a match made in heaven. Yep. He knew this and he did it again in the future and again and again. Yeah. Right. So that's number nine. Okay, then we go number eight. Uh, mentioned uh, before as well. Del Fucky Homo Sapien, no need for alarm. We were one of the few people who bought that one copy. Right. Hungry Air, Tower Records. Jelly's Is there a two copies. track you want to hear from the album on this one? Uh, Miles to Go Worldwide. You know one that's real underrated that, that I always love? No What was the one that uh, they used the Ice Cube sample at the end of the song? Was that. Oh, I know exactly. It, it's the, is it the first song in the album? You're in shambles. You're in shambles. This this is my favorite song. We'll catch a bad one with the violin, but right. Yeah. Great this, song. Cause it's just like, cause you gotta remember when his first album came out. He's all happy, and we're breaking the walls down. But before we do that. He's happy in, in the first album. He's all very fast. And then he comes up with this. That sample, that beat is fantastic. Amazing. And it's just he totally reinvents. And he totally changes what he needed to do. Did it sell massively? Well, something else came out that day. But it's still a legendary album. Anybody that is a hip-hop guy, if they don't know this album, they can go get the hell out of it. They gotta, they gotta, they gotta not. They can take a couple shots the hell out. But this, I gotta go five, my album. This, I gotta go to appreciation, I gotta go five. This holds up. There's nothing here that I could listen to this. I talk a lot about there's not albums I can listen to in the car. This I can listen to in the car. And I'm fine. And I'm living my best life. And Dell made it fun for the DJs. Tons of B-sides, tons of remixes. Because they were were always good about remixes. Right. New material, new new recording, new stuff. Their branding was so great. Their their, their website, they were one of the first guys that had the Hieroglyphics website to order the shirt, order the CDs, new albums galore. Everybody, they they knew what was going on. They catered to the right demo. They catered to the right crowd. Classic skater album. Skater to Okay, so that's number eight. That's your number eight. Yeah. All right, number okay. seven. So then all, now things get all kind of... Ooh, I'm gonna go I like it. Make some swords. Um, number seven. is an album zero people talk about in my Oh, I'm excited. That doesn't get any anything. Oh, I like it. And he's a member of the Juice Crew. Oh, hell yeah. It is Master A Slaughterhouse. Wow. This is the... If you remember, this is the first... Of, oh, this is the first album where every song connected to the next song. 
the interlude led to the song to the next and it was a continuous story yeah it, you you follow the life of master ace trying to take it in the record industry if you remember the beginning he talks about the uh, gangster rap taking over the world what can i do i need to change and become mc uh, mc nail or mc he became well his alter, alter ego? his alter ego was uh, MC Negro yes. and Lord Digga was the ignorant MC. Yes. Because they were spooking gangster, right. gangster rap. And when they when they played that song, it sounded hot though. But the yeah. MC Negro song was hot. Right. It was this song. Because Master Ace can do it. So yeah, here we go, MC Negro. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Even when I first heard the song, I was like, are they making fun of this rap? Wait till the beat drops and then come on. Master Ace loves his kids. But this was a five-minute song. This was like right. bigger than the skit. He actually released it as a single. He released it as a single. Not a video. Yeah. They're in the slaughterhouse. Yeah. And they have the frozen with the freaking hairnet and the shower cap. Yes, it's so the, the genius of Master Ace that no one gives him any credit. He turned it into a parody song and he made it a hot song. If you gave this to somebody that was listening like a, a fly-by-night hip-hop guy, and you put this is a new MC Negro song, but you're not telling him it's a joke. It's a joke, man. I love it. And you yeah. don't think it's serious. You don't think this is just being serious. Yeah. And you're on a big stage somewhere. Oh, yeah, let's break down. I mean, I, the lyrics are, are totally ridiculous. This is an album I argue got better with time. Because it was super slept on. Yes. It got overshadowed by a lot of other releases. Yes. Um, I completely agree with you. No one talks about it. This is the lost masterpiece in Master Ace's discography. Yep. You know, everyone talks about sitting on Chrome because of the singles. But sitting on Chrome was based off of this. This is right? the album. Because you, you wouldn't have that without Jeep, Jeep Ass N. Right. 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 That became Born and Roll. And it was the remix. It was a West Coast remix right. to Jeep Ass. And then Born and Roll became a hit. That's right. And Warner Brothers came a hit, and then Master Ace is not stupid. He's like, okay, let's do a thing where what if Master Ace goes to the West Coast? You remember the interlude, the intro to sitting on Chrome. Master Ace takes a plane to the West Coast. That's right. And then they're like, let's go figure out this West Coast, and then it goes into the song. Right? Let's also mention Master Ace did not go by Master Ace on this album. He was Master Ace Incorporated. Because yeah. it was the whole group, Correct. right? It was the group. It Paul was, Perry. It was the INC. It right. was the INC group, which yeah, was Lord Paul Digga. Perry, Lord Digga, right. right? But it was just it was just so and, and they had a group. They had a group. Right. I see I see you rock. I see you rock was the three guys, unique, rock diesel, yeah. and no I see. No one talks about that. No, no one talks about those guys. But just They're the, the guys that... on Saturday Night Live. Right. Exactly. Right. But you see, though, you see this hour, like you, you go on a bus and you take the bus and you take the, if you got an hour, you know, you want to walk a lot. Everything, if you listen to it intently, everything goes in a series of it follows along where there's no album that you have a song, okay, silence, then another song regarding another theme, and then you song on silence. It, it connects this is, literally. Again, like Q-Tip did with uh, Midnight Marauders. He, he learned from this. Seamlessly, seamlessly yes. mixed all yes. in. But this came out before Midnight. This, this came, came out before Midnight Marauders. May 93. Right. This came out May 93. Because every song, if you were to just go smoothly, like, okay, Midnight Marauders would have the girl come up as a continuous thing. But this was more continuous. This was the story of a day in the life of him and what he was going through. And it's just, no one's ever done that or made that, uh, repeated that process. Right. Everything. So, so we'll I gotta give him his respect for that. We'll mention, we'll mention um, this He's still making records to this day. And we're doing this in 2019. Yeah. Alright. So, okay, so, so that is your number. What number was that? 
with this one. <laughs> Number six is we brand new. Alright. Thank God we trust. Okay, now for their style to come out and branch off the way they did. It was kind of a blessing in disguise for these guys. Okay, I was gonna tell you to play this song, so yeah, you read my mind. This is the best opening song of any album in 93. Because I'm it sets gonna, the tone. I'm not gonna I'm not gonna deny that. Because it, it you're, you're, you're listening to Brand Nubian before with mm-hmm. the flowers and all that. And also, Hanson. when this comes on, you're like, this sets the tone. You're like, you're like what the whoa. fuck is this? Yes. Yeah. And you're like, what is this shit? This chanting and what? Because we don't know what the Muslim fire present is for kids. Right. And then the beat comes in and we're like, holy shit. What are we into it? Because we know it somewhere else. Yeah, we know Punch Shove Up to get beat down. We knew that was. We knew that it came out already. And they took Punk Shove Up to get beat down. We're like, all right, you ready for something else, you fuckers? Oh, yeah. And then we got this. Yeah, this song just grabs you by the throat. I'm yeah. like, if you're not snapping your neck at this, right? And they performed this at a Society's Ride, which I was just hating at this clip of it. Yeah. Rosie Chris is there. She doesn't know what song they're going to play, so she's on the side. And then the beat comes on. She's like, that. And then they, they rush the stage, and then the crowd is fucking nuts. And they come out to this. It was like, amazing. The live version of this is always amazing, but... Excellent beat. Uh, Leslie and this guy's that they broke up because we wouldn't have the grand fool that we would have had. That yeah. personality. And we wouldn't have had this, yeah. right? So yeah, grand fool leaving at that time, everyone was like, well, what, what's going to happen to Brad Newman? It was the best thing. Sometimes the best thing is, is right. having that shock to the system to make right. you reinvent yourself and right. back out. I mean, it, 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 it's such a change of pace. And every song in there, I mean, there are... I guess you could say Travel Jam is kind of a happier song. Right. Kind of. But they're still kind of pissed off in that song, too. So you got that, uh, Love Me or Leave Me Alone. Yeah. They're not pissed off about it, but they kind of are because you gotta love me or leave me alone. Right, right, right. So it's just, they're angry. I think maybe that turned off a lot of people. Uh, violence with violence is, a, is a, not a, the greatest way to solve problems. But they... Arco this is... This is this is the culmination of Brand Newbie, and Brand Newbie will never be the same again after this. No. Nope. Uh, they take a kind of a dive, but yeah. from top to bottom, the appreciation factor, I still give it four and a half, five mics. I go five mics. I can listen to this in the car. I can listen to this song not in the car and, and be feeling good. I could probably listen to this drunk and I'll say the lyrics and, you know, I, I, don't, I, but I don't do that. So, I can, you know, I don't, I don't rap when I'm drunk. That's, I'm your number, that's your number six. That's number six. Right. Okay, so now we're at the number five. All right. Here we go, number five. A lot of pressure. <laughs> well, you know, I'm gonna say something right now that the uh, Midnight Marauders is number five. Woo! Wow! That's a story. Yeah. Just gonna, you know, people think they got the questions. I change the answers. I'm I like saying. it. I like it. The reason why is this? Okay. Low in theory will always be my number one yep. for '92. Drive Midnight Marauders in a roundabout way. Kind of felt like Cypress Hill, Black Sunday, where if it ain't broke, don't fix it. You have some, you have, of course you have the creativity. Of course you got great production. Fight improves even further. But is it really a truly groundbreaking situation going on? 
it's a great album. I give this a five on count. But is this something that is going to be... When we think of 93, is this the uniqueness that it's going to be like, like a chronic? Right. Like something along, like a low end theory. So no, this is this is not a sea change album. It's not changing the tide of this sound changing or anything like that. No, no, no. But but for hip hop fans, it's, it's one of the holy grails. It's the holy grail, right? It's it's a holy grail, political galore. Uh, I love it. I'm not gonna not say I don't love it. There's nothing about this, but in the scale of when you look at '93. Yeah, you're looking at overall things. influence. You're looking at these we're different looking at overall influence. We're looking at what takes hip hop further, okay. what takes it to the next level, what takes it to through the years that influences a generation. Low in theory influenced a generation. Because if we didn't have low in theory, we, we wouldn't have met Midnight Rocks. Right. So it's, it's a generational kind of a thing. This is just a great hip hop album. Right. Classic album. A generational, we, we remember it, we, we love it, but there's others. Over it that influenced the year and further more so. Gosh, I'm gonna get like ripped. All right, I like it. Look, I like no, it, man. Uh, you You did say that you were gonna shock us with your top ten, and I'm shocked. Well, I, I, I got more shockers coming, but I just say like, I love the album. Anybody that's gonna see my list, I'm gonna, I'm gonna post these top tens. I know what's gonna happen. I'm gonna post these lists on Instagram, and you're gonna have these people that are gonna come out who not listen to the show. And you're gonna be like, what? Why is it a this, 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 this? Shut up and just listen to the show. If you notice, Freestyle Fellowship ain't in there yet, is it? Could it be coming up? Could it be not on there? Doggy Style's not in there yet. I didn't mention Doggy Style yet. Okay. I like it. I, I'm, so, I'm digging this, man. I'm digging it. You're so, going right into your top four. We're in the top four. All right, number four. Uh, what do we got? Oh shit! All right. Where are we at? Number four. Number four. <laughs> All right. Hey. Black Moon. Yeah. Is number four. Into the stage. Okay, I'm gonna, I'm gonna put that in there. Number four. And okay, this song alone. So unique to the year. So unique to what was going on that year. Grimy as hell. Low budget as hell. Nobody sounded like Buckshot. No one sounded like this guy. Not even talking about the remixes yet. That's a whole other thing. This album alone, it, you're, you're transported into another kind of where the hell are we? We're, 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 we're on the streets of New York, I think, right now. Are we? You know? Like, I remember listening to this album going on the bus, Wahiwa, the Choice Cuts. And when you get to Wahiwa, right, you're in California, yeah. And you're kind of transported into another area, right? Military and you know just grimy, Wendy's, and then you're walking around and you feel like I'm not where I'm in, in Hawaii right now. No, this transports you, isn't it? Right? Powerful impact. Uh, into the stage. Uh, yeah, act like you want it. Buck them down. Buck them Blacksmith down. and Wesson. Act like you want it was a B side too. I mean, right? right and then uh, Sun Get Wrecked. Yeah. And, yeah. Blacksmith and Wesson. Uh, there was a, there's another one that's a very short song uh, that, that, that escapes me. It's a, it's a very short song. I'm in the middle to the end of the album. You know what I'm talking about? It's a very unique beat. Do you have the album on you right now? I do, but think of the ending. Okay, here we go. It's coming down. Uh, oh, I placed the wrong one. Slave. Slave. Play Slave. That, that's, that, if I could just hear Slave. That song yeah, kind of like sums up. Yeah, it's like two and a half minutes. Yeah. But look, look at the, the, the raw 
worse. Muffled the bass, right. you know, right. it's just. If you're a follower of this program, uh, we mentioned De La Soul two times. And I shed it on them every time. And I can't listen to Three Feet High and Rising. I can't listen to De La Soul is Dead. It's, it's just trash. I'm sorry. This is the culmination of that. They figured it out. This is the De La Soul that I know. This is the De La Soul that I love. It is this incarnation of De La Soul. It's, it's, the, it's the happiness little bit. But it's the street finally put together. They, they would go into too fast songs sometimes, it'd be too cheesy. But this is where they do like, okay, we did two of these, we gotta reinvent it again. Prince Paul, what do you got? This is it. He's got, I mean, he, he had the clip loaded. Prince Paul was I mean, so, you know, yeah, he, like I said, I, I already talked about it. Man, right. This is him at it. Break, break it on. Break, break it on video. Right. Yeah. Amazing video. Yeah. Right. And they played the hell out of that on your raps, thank goodness for that. But that was that was them coming from potholes in my lawn, roller skating jams, which is good. But I mean drastically different. And this this is it. I am might be I guess we can get into that for the people that don't if you don't know that song. Sure. They would play this on Radio Free all the time, which is amazing, right? Uh, probably one of their best songs they ever. This is my favorite Nela song. I'm gonna have to say it's my favorite Nela song. It just, it's just, a, it's very, it draws emotion. It's very dramatic, but not overly dramatic. It's still a street song. I am past the news. I am the generation of slaves. Right, and, and if there's anyone that doesn't know this song or whatnot, I, mean, I, I don't know anybody that doesn't like this song, so I. But it's the this favorite. Yeah, that's Yeah, and when they all talk at the end and say that who they are, like Busta Rhymes at the end. Two right. shorties, no masks on there. Right. So we're, that's the only album that we matched on our list was number three. Number three. Uh, Blue State. Okay. Uh, well, drastically different than the last time. Yeah, number two. Okay. <clears throat> number two. And then we got a number one, right? Yes. Love it. After much deliberation. We're gonna go with number two. Being Wu Tang Clan. 
the 36 chambers. Shaolin Shadow Boxing. Now, once again, is this a five mic album? Yes. The Appreciation is five mics. Could be dangerous. Influence? It's at number two here. I'm not shitting on it. It, it changed the generation. Right. Never before. Once again, we have a bunch of guys who decided, let's go make a thing off of a, of a which is not a gimmick, but let's break, make it off of kung fu movies. Let's give ourselves all these weird monikers that we at the time, and then make this entity, this, this, this conglomerate. That's never been done before. No. And who's them to think that? Let's make this together. It was after them getting fucked by these record labels. They're like, hey, you know what? Fuck it. Let's do it our own. Let's do it our own. Let's do, let's do Kung Fu movies. Fuck it. Let's call you the brick on the ship. Let's call you old dirty bastard. Fuck it. It's a bunch of fuck it. They're all sitting there, and they're all just saying, you know, fuck the music industry. Let's just do it and just do it, whatever. And it's 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 when you like how we talk about how best things happen for a reason. Best things happen based on accident. Best things happen. Best things happen when you just don't stop caring. Your your best work can be your most focus can be when you stop caring. Because when you overthink something, right. you end up making mistakes. Right. And it's them clearly just saying, "Fuck it." Right. You know, let's just have fun. With it. Let's they're relax. Not, they're not trying to please anybody. They're just gonna make their album. Exactly. And this is the combination of the genius. Here's another pun. Sorry, it's genius. But that's it. And it's a classic. Uh, I remember buying the CD version first, which I never do. I usually buy the tape, then I buy the record. I bought the CD first, and it was... Yeah, it was a, it was a great CD. I rarely bought CDs back then. This was one of the few I bought. And so to this day, I, I still have it. I still cherish it. Uh, Nothing really more else to say is a classic album. And it's not number one. Wow. So five mics, I love all these guys. Uh, song uh, play at the World Cafe 97. Sweat uh, so much I have to ring my shirt up. Okay. Alright, I I I am highly anticipating to hear this number one. Yeah. Alright. Here we go. Number one is Okay, so the number one of 93. It can really only sum up to be one thing. They have the year in the name of their album. Wow. It's Souls of Mischief 93 to infinity. And here, here's, the, here's the thing. Now, you got these guys from the West Coast. They all thought, what is this all about, right? It's like, does it sound like Farside? What are they trying to be? These guys are related to, you know, they're, they're down with the the Funky Homo Sapien. Uh, the most cherished, if you're a skater, hip hopper guy, this is your this album. Is album. Yeah. This is your number one album. This influences '93 till part of the fun. Because if it wasn't for this album, especially for Hawaii, we would not have an information. We would not have a kick. We would not have basically any incarnation of a funk pistol that you would have. Eight skate, go down the line. Every company that's based, that's a clothing design, artistic, uh, not even getting into DJs as of yet, they are influenced by this album, by the production, by the lyrics. All of them have great lyrics. All of them are lyrically great. They're all, they're all fun. Hip hop, very street sounding, very hard edge sounding. It sounds happy, but it's not. It's a weird where it's like. It, it, it's peppy, but it's not, you know. Shout out Pepper. But it's just, it's just a strange. 
mix that is a, is a perfectly works for some reason, where it shouldn't work. Yeah. And you have jazz samples, you have the harder edge samples, you have strange samples. Everything of 93 all put into one little concoction. The, the year of 93 all put together in one little bowl. You have gangsterism talking. Um, you have the storytelling of a master singer. You have the rawness of a Wu-Tang. You have the alcoholic influence in here. Uh, Premier somewhat is in here. De La Soul and uh, Prince Paul is in here. And it's an amalgamation of everything. Correct. Everything happening in hip hop. To sum up the year 1993 of influence and generational influence and leading us into the next. This, this drives the skate hip hop culture. Skate hip hop culture grows even further from this album, which would lead to we wouldn't have a kids movie. We wouldn't have any of these. We wouldn't have Jonah Hill making some shitty 90s movie or whatever. It's because of it's because of stuff like this. So there you have it. That's my number one. I like it. I like it. So what I got to Alcoholics number ten, nine, Karras, eight is Dell, seven is what did I say? Seven. Man? I put seven Master Ace. Master Ace. Number six was Tribe. Yes. Uh, what was five? Five was Brand Nubian. Four was Black Moon. Three De La, Two Tang. And the Souls of Mischievous Things. I love it. A lot of swerves. A lot of swerves in that list. I love oh, there it. There you have it. I love it. All right. Kenrick, are you ready? I know the construction guys are ready. They're ready, they're ready. It's only fitting that your lab cabinet, Kenrick. If, you guys, are, if you guys are listening to this, and this is giving you a headache. It's giving us a headache. <laughs> I think I can get rid of it in the noise reduction. I think I can, I can, All right. I think I can do something about it. Hopefully. Hopefully. All right. All right. So my list is a slightly different. Right. Kind of a mix of you guys' two lists. But uh, I made my list just like you did of what, what is I rolling with in 93. It's not necessarily the top 10 I look at now as the top 10 best albums of 93, but in 93, these are the 10 albums that I was rolling with. Okay, Okay. so number 10 for me is Illegal. What? <laughs> when I was a freshman I love in it. high school, I was playing JV basketball for Roosevelt. And, uh, pull up, bro. Pull up the song, bro. Let's shout go. out to Roosevelt. Shout out to my hey, boy Doug. And uh, he was like, "You gotta check out this album," because he knew I was into hip hop. And up until this point, I really had no friends that were into hip hop with me. And so he, he let me borrow the CDs, and I went out when I could save up the money to go get this album. I love this album. This is one of those albums that I would get dressed in the morning for school, play the CDs. Getting dressed, looking in the mirror, trying to get all hard. And uh, I love this album. It's a kid album, but to me, I love this album. Well, it's I'm going to be talking album. about this album. We're going to do oh, yeah, a whole segment about, about this later on for sure. This is a five mic song, right? Because it's a one and done album for them. Oh, yeah. Right? But we're, I want to go into the whole history of Illegal later in our later segment and stuff like that. But, but man, I'm, I'm not hating on it, man. Like, I love this, this album. Is, if this is time in, if this is true to you, Better God, bro. Better God. He gets busy. Better God. I'm glad Illegal's making somebody's top 10 in the world. I mean, that's nice. That's nice to hear, right? It is. All right. You ready for number nine? All right, let's get it. Get in where you fit in by two shorts. Whoa. Whoa. That's my number nine. Another unexpected. Wow. Another one completely unexpected. Is that with cocktails? 
No. Cocktails is, is his own this album. Is I'm a player. This is my favorite Too Short album. Yeah, by far it's my favorite. This is the best Too Short album. Yes. The song played just another day. That's my jam. This is the best. Yes. by QD3. Yeah. yeah. And, and Banks did some producing on this. Right, and Banks does the majority of production with Too Short. This is the one QD3 track. Yeah. This is my favorite song of the album. Yeah. Yeah. Seven and a half minute song. Yeah. Great song for driving. <laughs> when you're riding the car, this album. Yeah. Mother in the Ghetto was kind of the commercial track of this album. And then Mason later sampled that with Cool in the Gang, I think. And Blowjob Betty is kind of like the cult favorite of this album. Yeah, too. yeah. But I've been listening to this album a lot. This is a car, this is a car album. It's a car album. Funny, uh, I bought this album the same day I bought Midnight Marauders. Uh, this, is, this was already out, but I like Too Short because I like the Shorty the Pimp album. But when, Midnight, when I heard Midnight Marauders was coming out, I actually bought it at Borders in Waikele. Probably spent $35 on those two albums. Borders is so expensive. But uh, my parents were going to somewhere in White Valley, I guess, for shopping. And I was, I was like, I'm going to go to Borders and listen to some music. And I saw Midnight Marauders album, and I saw this album, and I bought those two albums. So on the second day, I bought these two albums. In what? Is that November came out, that album? This album. It just come out. November. Yeah, I want to say it was towards the end right. of the year. All right. Yeah. But, yeah, I love this album. So, I know it's different than you guys, but. Wow, dude. Oh, that's crazy. <laughs> I, love, I love it, man. Number eight, I'm going to have to roll with uh, Alcoholics 21 and over. Yeah, all right. That yeah. album is just jam-packed. No no filler, just no. front-to-back bangers, in my opinion. Yeah. Uh, yeah. What's up, man? Get up, man. Yeah, only when I'm drunk. Is, you know. Got the video for this. Yeah. It's only when I'm drunk. And it's funny because... At that time, 93, when you see a group's name, it's Alcoholics, but it's spelled the way it's spelled. Everybody was kind of like misspelling things on purpose, you know, like Rotten Rascals and you know, all these names of these groups on purpose. Grave Diggers, you know, a lot of you see, you see when, um, when, to me, when I saw somebody spell their name in a more hip-hop way, it's like, oh, okay, I'm going to at least give this album a listen. Because obviously they're probably like the same type of hip-hop that I like. So, alcoholics, uh, yeah. I still love the Coast to Coast album, but this album is yeah, that's another one. Total different album, but I love Stick it with the West Coast. 93 Till gets the number seven Ooh, spot. I love this album, too. And to me, this album... There's no depreciation on this album at all. It's, there you go. Opening song. It's, uh... When I saw Hieroglyphics in concert, like, I, I liked them, but I didn't love them. And I love them more and more. But I, lo- I remember listening to this album kind of a lot, actually. It's just like... They're like... They sounded like they're high school kids. You know what I mean? Right. And I was in high school. You know, so I was like... Like the way that they rap, like even the way they rap, 93 still, they kind of like take over each other's lines. Like they're layering the way they rap. They're almost like, they knew what each other was saying. Right, it's like it's like they wrote it all together almost, like the, the verses. And then kind of like in the old school days of like Run DMC and things, like they say one line, you say one line, go back, and like, all those guys. 
It was kind of like that, but a faster, yeah. faster, more boom bap style. And I just, you know, contented. My, my, my track that I used like, to play all the time for this, uh, for this
five. Number four. Is, okay, here we go. Number four is doggy style. Hey, doggy dog. There we go. Now, we all read the source. You know what I mean? Like the source. I, I think I still have the ad for this album. There was a picture of the Chronic album as an advertisement. And it said, 2 million souls, Snoop Dogg, Doggy Style, 4 million ships. Like, they were shipping out a ton of these albums. They were really expecting They would do that in the last. They would tell you how much they shipped. Right. Get you thinking, oh, I gotta get it then. And I used to cut out all those pages from the source because they them all over my wall. All album covers, on release dates. Yeah. Cut out pages from the source that This album, I mean, to me, it's got a little, a lot of kind of interludes and intros and stuff, but I can still listen to this album all the way through because they make me laugh. All the little talking in between. The, you know, the remake of Lottie Dottie was really dark. I mean, it's not sounding anything like the original Lottie Dottie, but then you got um, the shiz. Yeah, it's got it. I mean, this is a so 10 mic song right here. It's probably the best song on the album. Yeah. But even the intro to this, where the teacher is talking to the little boy, right? You know, I want to be a hustler. And then the alpha song starts. Uh, and then the ladies, they love. Hey and we can't forget your your favorite rappers is Pump Pump got Malik on it. Yeah, I know. I like this song though. I like Pump Pump. It's a good jam. I think the Shiznit is my favorite song on this album. But you can play this is a good song too. Like I miss. Like the, the generation nowadays, they all know who Snoop Dogg is, obviously from television, not as much from music. I would right. say he's like he's a personality. Because he's like a, they don't know the reggae. He's like guy. Now. Uh, uh, did a like a gospel album last year, I think. He did Snoop Lion. Snoop yeah. Lion. I mean, he's done everything. Yeah. He's done TV shows. He has a yeah. show on Netflix. He's, he's a businessman. We're, we're gonna say if we're gonna go to the most beloved rapper of all time. He's the most like beloved by the general public. My mom likes him. Right, right. She knows not to his music, but, but she likes him. But people think about what you just said. How crazy does that sound? That's crazy. For a guy who's, who's smoking weed, who's banging girls with a bunch of lineup of condoms walking into a room with Dre. I mean, who would have thought that? I, I, think, I think it's because, for the most part, we've always got a sense of who he genuinely was. Even though he flipped out and did some reggae and some other right. questionable choices. He still knew what he was doing. Um, but he, he knew what he was doing. He knew how to market something. And he seems like a guy you want to hang out with. Oh, yeah. I mean, well, no offense. I'm not going to hang out with MC Sugar Ray from Double X Fossil. Probably get punched in the face. Tempting, but, uh, but yeah, I see what you're saying. But, I mean, like, and he was hardcore. Like, he got off from jail by Johnny Cochran after the OJ trial. Right, right, right. Right, you know, that was a big deal. We're going to be talking about that in our upcoming episode. We're talking but, about his trial. Yeah, I mean, but... Snoop Dogg, Doggy Style, there was such a high level of expectation on this album because of the chronic being so successful. Right. And I, to me, I think it met the expectation. The first single wasn't what we thought. No, I mean, it was a letdown. It was a little corny. It's the it's morphing into a silver man. I don't think anyone enjoyed that song. I think it was a safe think... single for them to release. Yeah, because it was very safe. The general public would get it. It's got the, you know, Parliament Funkadelic right. I'm not, remake. I'm not, yeah. My top three, this guy is going to agree with oh. it. Oh, number three, up? number three, yeah, we're aligned, we're lined up. Balloon Mind State, number three. De La Soul. Agreed that this is my favorite De La Soul album. Uh, again, it's got that 
whole jazz sound to, to it. Um, the song I Be Blowing is just yeah. saxophone the entire track. Right. Yep. But it's the sample that they use in I Am I Be. Right. You know? Right. And like, I can just listen to that track, just the saxophone, because to yep. me, it's, it's fantastic. Uh, Ego Trippin is like, to me, Prince Paul, like, yeah. just full, in full, that's full effect. Yeah. Full effect, yeah. It's definitely at his production powers. Right, I mean, it's so scatterbrained, that whole, that whole right. track is just so many different directions it keeps heading. Right. Yeah. Um, this album, to me, I, I never get tired of this album. A lot of these albums, to me, like, a lot of my albums, seven through four, three, or could be interchangeable. Right. Right. But they're, you know, I have to put them in the order, and this is the order that I listen to. I like it, man. Number two, Midnight Marauders. Okay. So Midnight Marauders, like I said, I bought it the same time as her bought Get In Where You Fit In. Talk about two totally different hip-hop albums. That's great. Two though. totally different coasts. Right. So it should be. Sound, different sounds, but you enjoy them both. Exactly. Um, I agree with you that Low End Theory is my favorite Tribe Called Quest album because it had a huge impact on the type of hip-hop that I liked at the time. Right. You know, I was, in 91, I was sixth grade. So I was listening to more kid-friendly radio hip-hop. Right. And then you have this... Another back creation, Voice the Man. Yeah. Big, I mean, all the pop stuff. Um, Bobby Brown is big. I mean, I still listen to uh, hip-hop, but it's just like, when, when that album came out, it was so... It was so muffled and right. just... Then this album came out. Was this and the first tried album you listened to when you were young, or you you had Low End Theory? No, Low End Theory was the first album I listened to. My cousin from the Bay, shout out to Dean again. He used, he sent me a note. Uh, he wrote a thank you letter to my parents for his birthday or something. And at the bottom of the note said Ken by Low End Theory. He put a little PS in there for me and the thank you note to my parents. Wow. Like by Low End Theory. So I went out and I got Low End Theory. that note. That'd be great to sell that note. And then he, later in life, he's like, get ATLians, like, you know. So you periodically just send you stuff of like, like what they get, like the bottom of a message. You yeah, so he's a big influence on me. You know, again, like, uh, I had a lot of friends, but my friends were not into hip hop. Yeah. So I was kind of a lone guy trying to find all this on my own. And I kind of looked down upon as yeah. the type of music I like. Totally I mean, agree. Everybody yeah. likes Hawaiian music, yeah. Bob Marley, you know, uh, pop music. Yeah. And then you come in like, oh, you guys never heard of a tribe called Quest? And they're like, get the hell out of here. Yeah. You don't know what you're talking you're about. Yeah, like, we all were it's like, like, you're listening to devil music and stuff. And I was like, oh my gosh. Like, wow. it, it didn't change the way I listened to it. Yeah, but you, I totally understand. But I stuck to my guns and yeah. look, look at hip hop now. Everybody listens no, that, to that's what we. That's how I think we all were. I don't know anyone that... When you go back, they said that they had a bunch of friends. They listened to hip hop. I was the same way. I was thought of as an outcast. But like, and if you had a friend back in the days, your collection doubled because you couldn't afford to get every album. Right. And I was getting allowance. I had a, I didn't have a job yet, you know. So I have to save up for like two, three weeks right, just to right. get one album. Right. So you have to really pick the album. Right. Yeah. Exactly. And if you have a miss on it, then it's like sad. Yeah. <laughs> I was working. I was working at this point, so I was spending my entire paycheck. Yeah, '93. I was working. Yeah, already. I was working at Pro Ridge. I was at Pants. Yeah. I was just playing sports for Roosevelt. That's it. That's right. But um, 
Uh, yeah, so Midnight Marauders, much more polished album, right. you know, more fluid. Um, the production is really, like, the sound is much louder in it, too, yeah. when you compare it to Low End 3. Like, if you were to make a mixtape with those two albums, it's much dulled down for Low End Theory, and it's much louder for Midnight Marauders, yeah. you know? You know, that's a big point, too. But it's, a, it's like a party album, you know? Like, just dance to a lot of these songs, so, yeah. But, uh, okay, and number one, number one, number one of course, <laughs> 36 Chambers. I mean, do you think anyone, I mean, do you think anyone in the, in the galaxy is going to say Wu-Tang is not in their top three, or even top two? No, I don't think so. In it's, anyone? It's, it's more of the impact, because it's not a long album. No, it's not. But it's the impact of the... So there's just all killing, no filler. Yeah. Right. Right. No, no, even like there's a little bit of skits, you know, with like the Method Man, there's the Method Man skit. Right? I mean, there's, there's some talking going on but in the, some but, songs, but. But other than that, it's, it's pretty much no filler. It's yeah. all bangers. Right, right. I mean, uh, I, I, I think I still have the issue of the source of Dossip Rex on the cover. And it's got the whole story of the Wu Tang But it only had the eight of them in there. It didn't have Master Killer on their features. And it has, and it was like, Inspector Deck, Rebel INS, it has the listing of all their aliases. And it was the first time I remember seeing a group with that many different nicknames right. per artist. Exactly. And I I was drawn to that too. I was like, that's exactly. so cool. And they liked, like, Iron Man. You know what I mean? Like, comic book stuff. Yeah. And like, later they would, like, change their names to like Golly Fingers and yeah. they all had like four fist, or five yeah. they all had four or five different aliases which will will probably cover all of their alias on the episodes where we discuss right. their solo albums but that's right. why we all like them because yeah. they were all speaking to us yeah and they're all different you know what I mean all, all unique styles all individuals yeah so like uh, I think if you watch I know you haven't seen it but uh, Hip Hop Evolution you ever oh, watched yeah, that documentary on Netflix? Yeah, they, were, they did a they did a little we're bit. Recording our own hip hop evolution. They did a they did a little segment on Wu Tang. I want to say and like they said one of the drum beats that you hear is the RZA with a spoon and he like whacks a microphone and that's the sound you hear of the snare on that song. So it's a lot of creative oh. things, yeah. not just. I mean, like I said, he was doing what he could do. Do you remember that. what song that was? Yeah. No, I, forget, I gotta go back and watch. It. I just remember seeing that and thinking, what? That's so. Right. You know, that's just kind of like I want to see how far I can push yeah, this with the creative. Right, that's a whole other morph things into sound right. if you want right. to make sound. You're the most entertaining group of all time. Yeah. And the, all w, the characters. The W yeah. has gotta be the most known hip hop logo. Right. Yeah. Yeah. I wrote I mean Hyrule is, Hyrule is, is up there as Hyrule, Hyrule, Wu 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 was huge. That yeah. came later on. Right. Yeah. Wu Wear was huge. Everywhere. Anyway, that's, that's, my that's my top 10. All right, man. Yeah. Illegal. Illegal, the untold truth. Yeah. Get in where you fit in. Too short. Yes. Alcoholics, 21 and over. At 8. 93 till infinity. At Souls seven. of Mischief, number 7. Uh, number 6, Delta Funky Homo Sapien. No need for alarm. Number 5, Black Moon, Enter the Stage. Number 4, Snoop Doggy Dog. Doggy Style, number 3. De La Soul, Balloon Mind State, number two, A Tribe Called Quest, Midnight Marauders, and number one, The Wu-Tang Clan. There all right, man. Oof, I man. like it. But I like the fact that we all had uniquely lists that were our own. You know what I mean? That, yeah. were, that were 
you know, that's how we didn't, have, be, we didn't have too much. You know? We didn't have we had overlap because we're not gonna we're not gonna pass by these classic albums. But right. I like that we all had our own flavor in there. Right. You yeah. know, so our own our own taste. So, uh, so that's it for our top tens. Hope you guys enjoyed that construction drilling in the background. I did. I was freaking we'll, out. We'll, we'll see how we can. <laughs> now they stop drilling. But, we'll figure uh, out. But we're gonna take a quick break and come back with our top five. Just missed the list segment. All right, right. Let's hope the drilling let's doesn't continue. Yeah, let's do it. <laughs> Hashtag noise reduction. So we have the just missed the list segment of the show, oh. and we're gonna have Kenrick go first. Yes, lab cabinet, lab cabinet, Kenrick. Lab cabinet. We're not screwing that. It's getting easier. It's getting easier. I gotta say. Yes. And so at his number fifteen, counting up, right, counting up to right, the five that missed it. It's Onyx. Onyx, back the fuck up. I love this album. What in '93? When I was in that, I mean, this is one of those albums like there's maybe a handful of songs I didn't like, but I li- I like all of them. You were listening the to this album, yeah, beginning to end. Uh, for the most part, I would say I skip over you a few listening tracks. listening to Black Vagina Final. No, yeah, one of the songs that I didn't like. You know when that when that you see that song on there. Did you think it was like MC Ram, like the Final Frontier, the EP was like the behind the scenes? Right. I was like, is there going to be like girls boning in this one? <laughs> but no, it was like, this is like 10 mic song right here. Right. This is the lead off single. Great song. Yeah. Guns. This came out before Slam. Video band. Uh, so I'm going to obviously be talking about the history of this album, this group later, but but good thing, back to fuck up. Obviously, huge uh, cultural impact for 93 in hip hop at the time. Oh, yeah. right? Huge, oh, yeah. huge impact. And even the fashion, the fashion, yeah. the all black, the yeah, ball hair. heads. Military attire. And, and the Doc Martens, the yeah. Doc Martens Doc Martens, camouflage, became yeah. a bigger thing. And they were hyped up, you know what I mean? Like, yeah. every song was like this. voices. Attack on the ball heads was like, yeah. um, All right, so that's your number five. What's your number four? Number album? four for me is Cypress Hill Black Sunday. All right, here we go. Black Sunday. Give us your thoughts on that album. Now, obviously the first album was amazing, right? And it was like something we've never heard before. And the second one is a little bit slower, I would say. It's smoothed out, but it's the same sound. Right. You know, Rope Don't Fix It. It's the same sound. It's kind of like, I think we talked about when we were talking about 91, uh, metal bands like Metallica and things like that they have one song and, they, and that's what their fans want and they just keep giving it to yeah. them they don't deviate too far from yeah. that because their idea is just to sell albums and Insane in the Brain was you know obviously a huge hit but it's not my by far not my favorite song no I think everybody got burnt out from it we're going to be talking about this album later in our crossover uh, segment because this was one of the biggest selling rap albums of the year yeah, huge right. crossover success and then uh, people were arguing that Severus Hill was an alternative group at that time you know? yeah oh yeah so, well, I think they were doing like warp tour and things like that at that time. They were getting the Hollies. They were trying to go after the Hollies. They were performing to a Coors Light crowd. Yeah, <laughs> for sure. Well, um, yeah. So at this time, like, and they were rapping about a lot of weed. You know what I mean? So it was just took a little bit different too. Like it's from the bomb with the with the Mary Jane, Mary Jane sample right. and stuff like that. Yeah. To me, that was that was it. So number I was a little bit into fourteen that, so. is Black Sunday. Cypress Hill. From Cypress Hill, alright. Number 13, count it down. It's 
Spice One, one eight seven. Love wrote. this album. There you go. Let's go Love down. this album. One of the all time best uh, gangster rap albums of all time. Underrated yes. guy. You know, super underrated. And there's a lot of West Coast hip hop if you think about this year in our list. You know what I mean? And then Oakland and LA, totally different sounds. But I mean, this is Oakland and. Right. Well, he's, yeah, he's East Bay. So he's technically at Oakland, San Fran. Right. He's just called himself the East Bay Gangsta. Yeah, yeah. He's never really clean. Well, you see, the sound's getting more defined here. Like with West Coast, you're saying, becoming more prominent in 93. The Bay Area becomes more prominent in 93. Oh, yeah, we're going to have a whole right? segment about the Bay. So, it turns out we're right. the Bay. So now it's not it's not just about the clinic, is what the, the theme of this is. It's right. not just about Dr. Dre. There's a lot of other stuff going on. Right. Because, um, like, because like I said, like Too Short was in my top ten, right? You know, and this is also from the Bay, but totally different, you know. Um, and then Bill Fisher, right? Obviously, also from the Bay, but also All Star. This is an All Star album, man. You got everyone, South Central Cartel on this album, right. Boss on this album, yeah. and he did the stuttering rap, right? He, he, was, he, he did that with his first album, his first one of his first singles, 187. He wrote. Uh, which the album is written off of, right? So, 187 proof, excuse me, 187 proof, right? So, yeah, good pick, man. This is on mine. This is on mine. Okay, on no, my list. number 12, you guys had, uh, I think, Scott, you had this in your top 10, was Return of the Boom Bap by Karis. That's one. right. Right. It's, this one, oh, I mean, honestly, there's so many good albums. You could easily uh, substitute album for album, and I really wouldn't have any kind of argument. Um, but... The marriage of Premier and KRS on this yep. album is like undeniable. Yep. It's kind of like Premier is the sound that I love to hear. Of, yep. Perfect combination of hip hop. Yep. Any anytime Premier is on the beat, I'm gonna search out that song. Yep. You know, out of here. You already played that, but out of here, I'll, I'll always listen to that song. I'll always listen yeah. to that song. Love it. Okay. Good pick, man. Last yeah. one, number eleven. Here come the lords. Wow, dude, yeah, we're gonna we're gonna talk about wow. this later. Yeah, I mean, wow. there was a few singles that caught everybody's attention, but I can still listen to this album to this day. And I remember a lot of people who were my friends, uh, still my friends, but who didn't listen to hip hop, listened to this album at that time too. So it was a bridge of of an album that I could actually listen to with my friends. Mm-hmm. You know. They would listen to, you know, Hawaii Kane, but then they have Lords of the Underground. What do you think that's the case? Why would it be this? Chief Rocka... Is it the voices? Some, some, for some reason, bridged into people's eardrums. I don't know where they... Oh, love Lords of the Underground. Just make sure. One of my good friends, Alden, said his wife had Case uh, Logic when he met her and... She was, she was flipping through her uh, cassette singles, and she had all kind of, you know, normal pop singles and porn music and whatnot. But Chief Rocco was in there. That's so bizarre. And he said he knew from that moment, like, she's the one. Wow. Still married to this day. They're awesome. They're my concert buddies. Uh, shout out to all of them. So this is the, was this the album that just barely got knocked off by Illegal at your number 10? Yeah. Wow. Holy moly. Illegal gave him the head of gun. Tell Lord's on the other gun. Well played, my friend. Wow. 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 So, wait, your friend Alden, is that... Uh, 
Does he go by AU? AU. That yeah. guy, he's a concert uh, yeah, master. He's, he goes to every concert. He can give you guys some competition on the hip hop knowledge. He's, he's always then, out. I just wonder how does he travel so much? What, what, what uh, is he doing? A lawyer? What's, what's he doing? <laughs> he's, he has the chance to travel That's with his good. wife. And his kids are a little bit older now, so they, can, oh, they, right. can, they don't need a babysitter. Well, shout out AU. He's yeah. Alden and my good friend Matt. I mean, those two guys have really, and my friend Tyler, they really kind of filled the gaps in my hip hop knowledge. You know, when right. you have a bunch of friends and they're always like, oh, have you heard this? And if I have heard, yeah, great, we can discuss it. If I haven't, then awesome. I always have recommendations. Oh, right. I always shout them out every time I get the chance to, yeah. uh, right. to hear something new. Shout out to Tyler's at it, Tylenol. Tylenol, yeah. Tylenol, okay, the first yeah. time I met you, oh, the first time I met you was with Tyler. That is correct. That bar leather, uh, yeah, leather apron. We were talking about wrestling, though. Yes, yeah. for some reason, <laughs> maybe it was you, but so- somehow we started talking about wrestling, that and then you been... started chiming in because you were right there at the edge of the bar. Yes, yeah, so I, 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 I was. I stayed myself. there on, for about an hour. Good thing you talking about hip hop. You're gonna get all pissed off. Yeah, maybe you heard us talking about hip hop. I don't know because because Justin and I always talk about shout out Justin. Yeah, we're talking about wrestling. Oh, okay, okay. Oh, he, yeah, Justin was talking with us about it, too. Yeah, so I think that's how it was. In the, yes, I remember, so you were there. See, I didn't know you were there, because I just yeah. remember talking to Tyler. Yeah, and, and then Tyler, Tyler was like, oh, you don't remember Eric? He was there that night where another Abram. I was like, wait, that's the same guy? And he's like, yeah, that's him. Right, see, it's an island, bro. And we're all going to have a Lord's Living Underground party, and I bring it all to you. <laughs> all right. Nice. <laughs> all right, man. Good picks, man. Wow. All right? Uh, didn't see some of those coming, but I like it. Yeah. You know why? Because it's, it's truly individual. No, it's because it, it has to be individual. It's personalized to him. Yeah. Okay. No, that's awesome, man. That's why anybody that gets, when you when you bring up a top ten, no one should be getting upset about this. Right. Because everybody's going to be different. Right. There is no exact top ten anyway. Right. right. So you can debate over albums being better than the others. You can debate about stuff like that. But when it comes to a top ten, you can't. Right. You, you, you just got to be wow. You know, and right. Right. Like, how come? And then that's it. For people that have listened to hip hop as long as us, I mean, you have your list and you you have your list. You know what I mean? We're not trying to impress somebody already. Right. We don't need to. Right. If somebody's trying to, they're obviously fake. like hip hop. <laughs> now, I'm definitely, I am definitely not on the and level of you two. You guys' knowledge well, is ridiculous. I don't to me. even know if that's a compliment or what, but. <laughs> we always say, we always say it. it's we always say it. we didn't have friends back then. I, 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 I didn't know a lot of guys that knew hip hop, so I had to read up and do the research myself. Right, and I also had to buy and sell back a lot of a lot of hip hop tapes and CDs back to Jellies because I bought a lot of bunk stuff. I bought right, a lot right. of crap. Right. I bought a lot of shit. And that's all. So, that, that, everybody's you know, like, you, you know. had to take that chance. You had to look at that cover and you had to really know how to assess a cover of a hip hop album. Exactly. The liner notes, read the back, who's producing it, what label are they on because it all based the judgment of how you were purchasing that. There's right. a lot of fails. Right. A lot of a lot fails, fails, but that's just, it, it builds it builds character, it builds uh, experience right. points. I want to say 93, they already had the listening stations in Tar Records by mm, then. I, I argue they might have came in 94 yeah. after, but, but yeah, I, maybe. I, I'm not, I don't maybe know. It was, maybe it was like Sam Goody, but I think it might have only been the top 10. You might be right. Not necessarily. It was all you know that had stations with like six or eight It was all albums. random. Tower Records would have the top 100 singles wall. Yeah. And then you have 98, you grab the single, 99 didn't. They right, had that right, big right. wall. Yeah, that, that, I remember that, and then across from it were the tape section. The but then you had the CDs, the Towers on the Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah uh, that's right. So I don't recall if there was listening I don't know, but, station, but yeah. 
But I uh, remember when there was the listening station. There was it that was changed more the game. By, yeah. Closer by the magazine. But, yeah. but they rarely put hardcore hip hop on that. No, no, no. Rarely. No, no, no. If you got a rap album, you got like Me Fi Me or some crap like that. It was remember one that? album out of the garbage. Twenty five. Anyways, uh, we're, we're gonna move on to our next segment, which is honorable <laughs> honorable mentions. I rarely get. Uh, DJ Zach Morris laughing. Me, uh, find me. I don't laugh very often. I live a sad world, yeah. cold world. Shout out, genius. But I'm just saying, me, find me. Wow. Yeah, can we talk cool. about them? Yeah, we can talk Is about that 93? No, we, we oh, passed it on 92. Why did we talk about me, find me in 92? Is that a rap album, really? <laughs> it's a it's a, it's a crap album. If we're going to talk about Michael Franti, we're talking okay, about me, find right. me. Well, we can, can do a special. We can do a Easter special. Egg? Me, find me special. Where Easter are they? Egg? We can do a, a Holy shit. Where me are they now? All right. I remember putting that headphones on, playing me, find me on the Tower Records. And oh, literally bro. throwing the headphones <laughs> at the listening station. Don't get arrested. Bro. Anyways, anyways, so we got other. We got. What are we doing now? We're, we're gonna come. Your... We're gonna come back after the break. Your quick break, as you always like. Right. Wait, are we doing our bottom uh, five? We're gonna. We we're gonna do our bottom five. Oh, we're gonna talk about our our top our top. Yeah, five. yeah. yeah Just missed the list. Shut the fuck up. This was a big album in '93. This was. Yeah. You know, I was I was really honestly debating uh, putting uh, lethal injections on Ice Cube on our crossovers because it was I think maybe like the third or fourth highest selling rap album of 1993 behind Cypress Hill's Black Sunday and Doggy Style. And this didn't even have It's a Good Day. No, this didn't. Uh, but this was this was a big one. I, I um, instead I, I put it on my Just Miss the List because. For me, uh, I know this is not a lot of people's favorite Ice Cube album, but this is my... I dug it. I really like... I still like it's this album. Fine. It's my second favorite Ice Cube album, after Death Certificate. Yeah. Uh, you know what? I'll agree with you on that. I will. Because it had more fun stuff on it. Right. I and like this song. This is a good song. Yeah, this is, I think this was one of his uh, best singles right. uh, You know, of the 90s. But this is uh, the fourth album from O'Shea Jackson, a.k.a. Ice Cube. Uh... This came out in December of 93. Do you remember that? It came December out like, of right part of the end of the year. I know Yule TV Raps played the hell out of this, this song. This video is always played. Many, many times. This was following his biggest commercial success at that point, which was The Predator. Yeah. And um, the single, It Was a Good Day, it kind of eclipsed everything else on The Predator. And, he, right. and basically, Cube came out with this song, uh, Really Doe, as the lead-off single because he wanted to... to Kind of show guys, hey, I can, I can come back with something from the back street. street. Well, that was the trend for these guys. Once they get the success, they needed to come back to get their street cred. That's that not existent now. Right. But he did have a song that was essentially, it was a good day 2.0, which is this song. Well, right? You know how we do it. Right. And this was Quincy Jones' son this doing the street. again. Like we talked about, yes. we're going to be talking about QD3 a lot right. in this podcast because right. he was one of the hot in demand producers. Right. Uh, at this point, you know, QD3 was all over the place producing for East Coast, West Coast. This song is way better than It Was a Good Day. Oh, I could listen to this in a second. 20 times better than It Was a Good Day. I, I really can't stand It Was a Good Day. Yeah. I think the only song on this album that I, I really can pass every time is Pop Gun. I, I, I think I can. Pop Gun can get, can get out of here. Yeah. Because it's, it's those long songs. It was, was like, it 12 minutes it was, long? It was like 12 minutes long. And you know, unless you really love George, well, George Clinton in '93 was getting a renaissance anyway, because they people started liking the funk beats. Right? Didn't George Clinton even bring out a revival album? Yeah. He had Peters of the New School on it. Yeah, he did. So that was. It was Paint the White House Black. Was right. it called that? They're correct. And Radio Free would play this all the time. 
they would oh they'll play Bop Gun. I'm saying not this song. All right. Strangely, they would play Bop Gun over this because Howie's like that kind of funk, you know, dirty. Howie's and dirty. Yeah, go. But this is the perfect blending of Ice Cube doing commercial commercial songs like this, but still keeping it on my street. But then right. also like doing like a song like Down for Whatever, right? Which is uh, remember this one? Yeah. This could be intertwined with an MC Ren Shock of the Hour track. Right, this sounds like a beat that MC Ren would rap over he, on he Shock might have of the passed Hour, on the which we're going to talk about this. I think this was actually produced by Madness For Real, who produced some of the tracks had on, to have been. on uh, MC Ren. It's the same situation. And then you had Ghetto, was Ghetto Bird on here? Ghetto Bird was on here, that's another great QD3 beat, right? This, they used this beat in Menace to Society in right. the opening, right? But uh, what's your overall thoughts on this album? Uh, I like it. Uh, this it, was not on your Just Missed the List. It made my top 20. Oh, it made your top 20. This is on your this bottom five. This is my five. number five. This okay. is my number five. So basically my 15. This You're is coming 15. in at number 15. Um, my number four album was an album uh, that Kenrick had spoken about earlier. It's uh, Spice One. It's okay. 187 he wrote. Right. It's the sophomore album from so that's number four. East Bay San Francisco rap. It's basically my number 14. Number 14. Right. For okay. the, our top five just missed the list. Okay. But this was big because this was one of the first Bay Area rappers besides Too Short who would de debut number one on the Billboard rap charts. Right. And the album was, went gold. Right. This was a big album at the time for well, Bay Area hip hop. Very big. He's great personality. Great. You can, his persona comes off the uh, every track. He's got good voice. Production is great. Is there's nothing wrong about these albums. Right. This is this is solid. This is in my top twenty. Yeah. This I is think, solid. I think you know, and, and they, he had a bigger he had a bigger production lineup because of the success of his first album. You have tracks from Ant Banks, EA Ski. Right. South Central Cartel, Johnny Z of N2D, Mentally Blunted. I mean, you got guest verses from MC8 on this song, The Murder Show, which is one of my favorites. Right. One track. This is a five mic song. Right, right. Um, and uh, you got the guest appearances from Boss, you know, South Central Cartel. That's right, Boss was on this. Yeah, Boss was on that yeah. one. Right. It was the right. Don't Ring the Alarm, the heist song. I forgot that about that. That's right. Yeah. Like a, this kind of creeping. But I think what set Spice One apart, we talked about it on our previous show, is that he just had a versatile flow. Yeah. Take it slow, fast, right. do the sing song stuff. It's like, more entertaining than Too Short. Oh, yeah. Oh, I mean, oh, most definitely. But he doesn't get any respect as Too Short does. I mean, I don't know if it's because Too Short's a pimp. Right. And you, you need to be a pimp to get respect. I don't know. But he should get his just due. It's very sad. He's in the Mount Rushmore of the Danger Phase. Yep. He's definitely gonna, he'll definitely be in our conversation. If we ever do a spin-off podcast and we talk about our our rappers and producers that are the Rodney Danger Phil, no respect right. artists, right. Spice One's definitely on that. that one. He's gotta be. Definitely on that one. My number 13, yeah. just missing the list, Jazzmatazz, Volume 1, right? That's another one. This is... This this was like tough for me because I would say that my 
three, two, one, leading up to my ten, you know, the just missed the list. They're all like very evenly. They they barely made my number ten. They were well, edged out by KRS One on my top ten. I I like this album. There's a lot wrong with this album too. Leblin, Lamol, Leblin, Leblin. Oh yes. Mercy Buku Peewee. Right. That Solar. It's whatever. Um, but it does have a song. If one of the best Guru songs that no one talks about is on this album. And it, this is a great song, but it's not this. Right. No time to play. Guru with I think it's in Dead Davenport. Is it Dead Davenport? This is top ten all-time favorite Guru songs. But you know, we gotta give it up to Guru on this one. Like. That, there's always been the argument of like, what ja- is, did Jazzmatazz get better or worse as it went along? What did you What did you think? You know, because it it's a really hit, it's always been hit and miss. Well, okay, the essence of what he was doing is on this first album. Right. Truly doing stuff over jazz songs, jazz influenced beats. When you go to the one where you had Bilal with Certified and Khalees, right? It and got too R and B. Yeah, Premier on got, the beats. It got too R and B though. But it and got then harder it, and beats. And when you had when you had Premier on the beats and then you're adding sampling, this is. Jasmine has that it's purest. Yeah, right? exactly. It's pure instrumentation. Yeah. All 100%. Even the second one. Live instrumentation. Yeah, in the second volume. Respect the Architect well. is on there. Not, but after, it's, I have to say it got worse. It got it, it lost the formula of what he was trying to do here. Right. The essence is here. The, like, the, this is great. And it's not even a, it's a happy song. I agree. This, was one, of the, this was one of the singles. It was this, Loungin', which the video was great. And we Trust saw me. Black and white. Trust me. And Laben, 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 Laben. Like, and the Dan parts is, is, is heavy in this album. And he used the right gal. Because, uh, brand new heavies. Right. And she perfectly complements his voice. I agree, man. And it's great. But, you know, uh, he had uh, iconic and contemporary jazz artists. Lonnie Liston-Smith, Bransford Marsalis, right. Lonnie Jordan, Donald Byrd. Right. Uh, Roy Ayers, I mean, kind of a who's who. Go play, uh, play Transit Ride. Because I know uh, Living Color, they did a dance routine to this. Strange right. Do you remember the, the in Living Color girls did? Yeah. And I was like, wait a minute, is this? This is when Rosie Perez was getting the yeah. most like, experimental. When right. she was like. So you have Jennifer Lopez dancing to this. Yeah. I was like, wow. And I had to play the CD again. But like, oh, that's that song. Do you remember Guru even was on the Ronnie Jordan jazz album yeah. season season for change? Yeah. 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 The yeah on that single he right. released a single with Ronnie Jordan too. So yes. He was just big Correct. on the rapping over live. Live beats. He had the voice for it. So he, he was great for rapping over jazz. Right. Uh, he, he could have done like if, if Brand New Heavies did Heavy Rhyme Experience Volume 2, which I don't know if it exists. Right. You guarantee he's going to be on there. And then I know you talked about it, you hate it, but... No, I, I, I hate it, but I, I, I still find it but entertaining. Did you not buy? did you not buy the MC Solar album? I did not buy oh, the MC okay. Solar album. Are you kidding? I knew a lot of guys that had the vinyl. No, you know why? Because a lot of DJs had it. Because they would always show MC Solar on, on Young TV Raps when, when Fab Five would go to Europe. I, I hated this. This is the thing. Did you remember this? Like, you'd have a two-hour Young TV Rap show, so you're waiting all week long for two hours of rap videos right. where you're not seeing any rap videos all week. You get the top ten. Fab, uh, you get the Dre and Ed Lover top ten. And then when you when they immediately cut the Fab Five, you on Fab Five Fred, we live from Europe. I'm like, oh, <laughs> yeah, you were always bummed out. Because you know what he's gonna do? He's gonna play this shit. <laughs> and then whenever Fab Five was from Jamaica, I am Fab Five. We're coming from Kingston. I'm like, oh no, we hear Terra Fabulous. Oh no, we're gonna hear Mad Cobra. Every time he went to another country, I, I'd honestly it sucked. rather hear MC Solar than some of the British okay. rappers. Well, Roots Maneuver can get out of here too, but I just. I the Dizzy Rascal? I, I'm not. Forget it. it. No. Sorry. Sorry for all the Dizzy Rascal fans. I'm not a Dizzy Rascal. No, no, fan. no. Sorry. Forget it. 
I mean, he did. Whenever Fat Five went to a different country, it was it was bad. And whenever I remember that, I think of this guy, Solar, MC Solar. Not to get confused with his producer, Guru had later, which was Solar. Right. So I didn't know which Solar we were talking about, but then it's MC Solar so, and Solar. So you Ridiculous. know, this is on my on my uh, just missed the list for two reasons. I mean, obviously, like you said, there are some classic songs in here. There is some filler on here that you can skip, but for political reasons too this is a historic album yeah. just like uh, uh, brand new heavies and this got actually a little bit more um, press and a little bit more marketing than brand new heavies did yeah. so for yeah. a lot of people this was their first introduction into live right. interpretation hip-hop. right the, the brand new heavies album wasn't pumped right well their the, album and their final just doesn't have the budget right. to market right so both of their albums did not get pumped but right. um Good, good pick. I mean, this is my top 20. Yeah, so this was released uh, May of 93. All right. Now my uh, number 12 was an album that you already talked about. It made your top 10. It's Slaughterhouse from Master Ace Incorporated. Yes. This was tough for me because I, I love this album. You know, it just got edged out by two other, uh, two other albums. You know, um, as you guys know, the Terrace One just made my 10. Right. But Slaughterhouse is an album that is rare in hip hop because I would say that when I first bought it i dug it but this is an album that i enjoyed more and more as time went on and i appreciate right. it more and more as time went right. on it grew with you that's because it was ahead of its time it's a critical acclaim way you look at an album is when you first listen you don't quite usually get it second third fourth fifth time you're gonna get it and it's gonna hit you and like this song i just remember catching the bus at night whenever i'll go to i would finish school early at Kalani, right. rest in peace. Uh, no. And I would leave early on Thursdays. Thursdays, I would then catch the bus from Kalani and go to the, I had the trek, Alamoana, to go to Tower Records. Yeah. Look at Tower Records stuff, walk down, go to Hungry Ear. After Hungry Ear, go to Funk Pistol. Jellies was there, and then catch the bus to go. I was living at Kaimaki at the time. Right. And at that point, it would be like 6 30 at night, 7 o'clock at night, dark. And I always would play as my going home. Saturday Night Live. This was, because this was like, yeah, this, this painted that picture. This it's was a night dirty, album. grimy night. Yeah. Night posse cut. It's a right? night. And they're great video. Takes place at night. Right. It's Saturday Night Live. And uh, I, I don't know. I, 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 I love this album. It's I love just, it. And, and we don't talk, you know who doesn't get uh, uh, props for this album is Lord Digga and Witchstock, who are the Blues Brothers. Right. Who are definitely one of the most slept on guys that right. no one talks about. And we'll they, just like any of these guys. And they took Master Ace, who, you know, at that time, you know, was kind of a corny rapper with Cold Chillin' a little bit. You right, know, he did the Me and the Biz. And right, right, Me and the Biz, you know. And I still, you know, respect to Master Ace with his early stuff, but he knew he had to break his entire image down and reinvent himself with Master Ace Incorporated. And he, did it, he did it perfectly. And he did it brilliantly. And there's, a seg- there's an interlude in this, because every... Between every song is an interlude right. that connects the next song. Right. Which, I mean, I, if, if anyone hasn't listened to this album, listen to it from the beginning to end. I know that's a, that's a new concept to a lot of people, but if you were to listen to this from the beginning to end, it all makes sense like a movie. Right. And there, there's so many good ones on here. There's Rolling With Them Dada. There's uh, The Mad Ones. Yep. That's with Lord Digger. That's a, that's a hot, yeah. hot, hot one. one. Yep. There's the interlude where he's in, like, it seems like he's in the Lyricist Lounge. Right. He's freestyling, and right. it's really grainy, and right. it's really staticky. That was amazing. Yeah. That was, I, mean, I think that was the intro to, like, one of the, the last songs on the album, yeah. right? That interlude was great. But uh, is this Rolling With Him, Dada? Yeah. Yeah. This thing was just awesome, man. I mean, this is, the Mad Ones is on here. Uh, who, who You Jackin'? Style, Who You Jackin'? I mean, this is, Style Wars. I mean, this, I mean, this okay. album, 
and it, it really is one of those albums that once you start listening to it, you, you just want to listen to it all the way through. Exactly. So, there's no. It doesn't make you want to. Okay, I'll uh, stop. This yeah. One. You want to find out what's going on because there's a story going on. Right. So. All right. Uh, now the other album that just missed the list that just barely made it at my number eleven. Yeah. Alcoholics. Yeah, there you go. Number ten. Yes. We all talked about this. We all held it. This is, as I said, one of the quintessential West Coast party hip hop albums of yeah. the '90s. Yeah. Um, I think it's the Alcoholics' probably best album overall. But we can talk about their, uh, you know, it's debatable coast to coast, with a lot of coast to coast pretty close right. too. Right. You know, um, another group no one talks about. But yeah, J. Roll, Eastwith, and Tash. He was formerly Catastrophe, right? But uh, for those of you guys that don't know the history about alcoholics, um, Tash and E. Swift are from Ohio. Yeah. And they moved to L.A. and met J-Ro, who yeah. was in a, a, a crew called Total Control with King T. Yeah. And basically, uh, King T uh, put them on on their first single is on the I Got It Bad, y'all. Yes. That was their first appearance. Yes. Hot I remember song. that, yes. That's off the trifling album. We're going to talk about that later yeah. in, the, in the show. Yeah. And uh, they then they started opening um, for artists like Ice Cube, KRS One, and Too Short when they were doing concerts on the West Coast. Right. And then Loud Records signed them because these guys were getting, building the buzz. Right. Right. So this was the first single. This was uh, Make Room. Very fun. Very fun sounding stuff. Do you remember? Do you remember the, uh, the 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 medley they did for the the third single, which was Mary Jane? And then they started off with the Relieve Yourself. Yeah. And it rolls into the Mary yeah. Jane. You don't see a lot of guys doing that. No, man. So that was ahead of its time. In a way. That was very ahead of its time. It's just a fun album. Just fun stuff. Yeah. It's just fun all the way around. They had punchlines. Uh, yeah. They had a great sense of humor. Yeah. Yeah. Lyrical. And then they're combining like that West Coast party attitude, but with these East Coast beats. Yeah. So it was something that definitely the East Coast uh, guys could could vibe to as right. well. And I think that's what, that's what really made the alcoholic such a. You're exactly right. Right. They gave him so much appeal. Right. Right. All right. Great, man, so great that's pick. mine. All right. So uh, what's your number five? Okay. All right. This is tough. Uh, this is tough. All of that you had mentioned are in. If I don't put a top 20. And some of them were in my top 10. So right. you have that. We'll start with number 15. All right. And after much deliberation, and I might bite myself in the ass for putting this in there, but Ooh. I'm going to say fuck it. I'm going to put it in there. Lords of the Underground. Oh. Here come the Lords. And reasons why. Uh, this song, for one. Uh, this sample, hot horn. for one. One of the best horn samples of all time. Yep. I don't care what you say. French Montana figured it out. Yep. Uh, it's fun. It's Marley Mars' last shot. Yep. And he kind of delivered. And K-Def. We can't forget K-Def. Can't forget K-Def. shaped the sound for them. With right. The, with, with. K-Def still had a little bit of a life after this, uh, as we'll talk about. But it's just the voices. It's catchy. It was perfectly for the time. It was right. perfect for 1993. Any other year this came out, eh, I don't know. Not gonna work. Uh, it was it was it was a perfect 1993 album. It, it was. It was a vibe I, of 93. I so think of it. So I I get what you're saying. What I what I have a hard time doing is it does it does it stand the test of time after 93? And because this rhyming style right. is so 93 right. that it's sometimes hard to listen to. Now. That's why it's not in my no top doubt 10. these guys got classic 
classic songs, right? right? I mean, well, you can't go to any hip hop party without. That's what made this 15 is because you have the legend of this song, right? Which is derived from them. Does this depreciation hold up in 2019? Will I listen to Here Come the Lord the entire way in 2019? No, right? I will not. The fun of it though, it's a, it's an album that you can play, and I, and I go back to 93 where I'm in the bus and I'm listening to albums because I can't switch out. So I'm putting this album in. Is this an album that I can listen to straight through on the bus and be cool with it rather than have it eject and take out another tape or whatnot? Right. I could. I was fine with it. There's no doubt There's no doubt that they made their stamp on hip-hop. You know, these guys are from Newark, New Jersey, right? It's the trio. Right. It's Mr. Funky, Do right. It All Dupree, right. and DJ Lord Jazz. Do It All was uh, he ran for Congress, right? Or was yeah, he I think he was doing it in, in, in New Jersey, in, right. in Newark, I think. Right. And he won, I thought, or he ran. I he, don't know if he, he won, maybe. Uh, don't quote me on that one. He ran for something. Right. But, City uh, Council or something like something that, along right? That line. Some kind of part-time gig. But you remember but, these guys also at the, their fashion, they were always wearing the college gear. Yes. Right? So they all met in North Carolina. So, uh, they all met at Shaw University in North Carolina. Correct. They're always wearing the hot college gear. I always was like, oh, the hoodies were dope. They always had the black college hats, right? African American College Alliance. Yeah. That was another reason why I put them at 15 because it was a, it was a positive look. It yeah. was like, if it was okay, here comes the Lord's video inspired me, believe it or not, to go to college. I wanted to go to college and hang out over there and like hopefully see like you know uh, Whitley right. I don't know or see uh, Jada Pinkett but it was from this well, it was guys, from these guys these guys came up as kind of the educated rappers in a way right, right so I found that different it was it was a different style it was refreshing that okay here's some college guys this is what college looks like okay not the college boys but these guys so there was Psycho on here there was um, Psycho was Dinner the, uh, Psycho was the first single mm. But it, it didn't it didn't blow up. But um, I think it was Funky Child that really that set was it the off. Main one. And the video was cool. Yeah. Right? Yeah, it was all weird. Him. Remember they had the the, the, the hoods on right, and right. right. He was dressed as a baby, I think. Right, 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 right. And then Chief Rocket did a version with Red with Redman. Well not with Redman, Redman's in the video, but then they would do the boom shakalaka comes to Chief Rocket. It was a different chorus. Than the album version. Right. So the album version was a different chorus. Yeah, Chief Rocka made it to number one. Number one rap singles, Billboard rap songs. That, yeah. It was hot. The video was great. Played that all the time. And then and then, and then also a guy that we're, we're going to talk about in the next couple years, but he'll kind of disappear as KDEF. He was a yeah. member of what would become Real Live Real with Larry O. Yeah. Um, but I think the beats are hot. This is... Molly Mall kind of like... There was like there's some more horns in here. There's like, I think the second or third song where yeah, they used like a the big Brits. band. There's a big band song. You got this one. There's a there's like a song with a big band sounding. Lord Jazz hit me one time. No, no. Go go down the line. What, what's, what's track three here? You just say them. You don't have to play them. <laughs> okay. No, I'll get. I'll, I'll see if I can remember the name of the song. It was a good beat that should should be displayed for history here. Let me pull up the. Uh, All right. What's the album, Lord? Okay, here comes the Lord. Let's look at the album and find it. It's on there. Keep it underground. Check it. Lord's Prayer. Flow on. Mad skills. Sleep for dinner. Is it Mad Skills? I think it's Mad Skills. Play Mad Skills. Uh, here come the Lords. This is it, right? Oh, I see. This kind of big band jazz sounding. This is yeah, 93. It was really creative, man. It was, you know, like you said, this was Molly Marl's last. This is last stand. Last stand, yep. But like this, this is 93. This says 93 right here. Very this song. much. And look at the bass line coming in. This is brilliant. Great production on this. Yeah, it's a hot one. You got a deep bass line, you got the sax in there. I mean, come on. Good stuff. Okay. Good, good, good pick, man. All right, what's, so, your, what's your next album? Oh, yeah, number 14. I'm just swerving everybody on this list. Whoa. 
I don't want Possessor to come up with this, the top 10 and this stuff vibe. I'm just like, you know, I just look back at- I like what, the swerves, man. I'm, well, I'm digging the swerves. I, I, I put this together with the kind of the, the, the premonition of what was I really listening to in 1993 heavily? Right. Not going off of anybody else's because I didn't have any friends that were into this. So I was really, what was I listening to? Not influenced by anyone. Right. And with that, I choose for 14, Conscious Daughters. Ooh, wow! I thought we were gonna wait till the very end to talk about this one, man. I dug it. I dug Actually, it. Actually, the remix. Well, either one is good. I mean, either one is good, but like that. Wow, Every dude. song was fun. This was a hot. This was a hot album, man. So I was actually gonna talk about this because, uh, as we mentioned earlier, 1993 was one of the biggest years. It was the most album releases from the Bay Area that we had seen in hip hop at this point. Right. Right. And the Bay supported the Bay because a lot of the record labels weren't checking for the Bay. Right. So these were all independently owned record labels with all street level distribution and marketing right. that eventually like got the attention of ma major label executives yeah. and would influence guys like Master P and... Oh, of course, you know, definitely. Right. Because yes. Master P actually moved from New Orleans to the Bay, right. got his start, got his kickoff, jump off in the Bay and then moved back, right? No, exactly right. And, you, and once again, it comes down to fun. It's an entertaining album. The lyrics are fine. Yeah. It's two women. And it sounds hot. And these are actually two of the better female rap groups, yeah. uh, you know, in the '90s. CMG and Special One. They were discovered by Paris. That's another one. Yeah. Right. That's a, that's interesting. Pull there. We got, I, well. Paris I, produced this song. He produced yeah. the whole album. Conscious Daughters. I I, I gotta say, it, it's. I'm gonna go on a limb and say it's the best female rap group of, of all time. Woo! That no one talks about. Yeah, no yeah, yeah. one talks about. Wow. But if dude. you mention Conscious Daughters to anybody that's a that's a hip hop fan, whatever that may be, they will be like Conscious Daughters is dope. Remember this one? We roll deep. Oh yeah. Second song, hot song. I mean, this whole album. Ear is to great. the street is the name of the album. Yes. Yes. Came out in November '93, and we have to say too, being that this is a Hawaii-based podcast, something to ride to was all over the radio. Huge song. Huge song. Hawaii. Yes. Everybody's Huge. playing that, cruising Waikiki, yeah. cruising on Kuhio, Big the hit. cars. It was bumping out. People listening to this are gonna remember that. They're gonna remember listening to that in '93. Oh, most definitely. And I just pick it because it, it's fun. It's a fun album. The production's great. Lyrics are great. Paris can produce. Yeah. Paris knows what he's doing. Almost definitely. And yeah, I had to put this over a lot of stuff because it just I play this a lot. Great. I play this man. album a lot. That I did not see that coming, man. I, I'm a big fan of Conscious Daughters. In an album you can listen to straight through and it's fine and it's fun and I can listen to this album straight through again. Right now. Holy so, moly. So that's your number fourteen. It's number fourteen. Wow. Okay. Alright. Let's go with. Okay, we're at lucky number thirteen. All right. And uh, this album, I, I don't want to give in and say I have to put this on here for historical purposes, but I. I, know I went, you hate political and historical. I like that political shit. Right. So I listened to this again to be like, do I truly dig this album? And I'm gonna be like, okay, I, oh. I like it. I like it. All right. Diggable Planets. All right. The first one. Yes. Reaching. Reaching. The new da 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 that A no one remembers. The of time and space. Nobody remembers that, bruh. I tell you. Right. Nobody remembers that long shit. The video when this came out. 
we didn't know what the hell this was when it came out. It was it was mind blowing though. It was mind blowing. It was just to watch and be like, what is this? But right. it, it was black and white doing this jazz thing. Right. Now, as 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 fans, we're getting into the jazz. Even in my age, but at ninety three, where I was a freshman. I knew about the jazz movement and knew about Miles Davis and all this kind right. of stuff, John Coltrane, and I was kind of getting hip to the whole thing. Jazz Matez comes out, a lot of saxophone, then this comes out, and it kind of, it, it's victim of perfect timing. This right. is perfect timing for them to come yeah, This was it kind of at the build of, of the merging of jazz and hip hop because yes. of all the samples. And it was hip to the game about doing that, and it was perfectly done. And they would call these guys alternative hip hop, which right. would, would always piss me off. I'm like, what? What are you talking well, they, about? Well, they were trailblazers for a whole new sound, right? That's why, you know, I but mean, I think I, anybody at that point who sounded so out there and different, right? right? They would, uh, they they would label do. them. They would label them. Yeah, they don't know what to do. Right. But I mean, the the baseline is hot. All three of them rhyming, perfect match, perfect matchup of all three. I mean, not my favorite song of the album. Because this is a great song. Let's play a track you love, man. The Where I'm From remix, if you have that. Oh, yes. That is my favorite all-time They Will Planet song. The remix of Where I'm From. Right. So There's two versions. This is the one. So the, this is the debut album of the trio of Ishmael Butterfly Butler. He's originally from Seattle. Yep. Mariana Ladybug Mecca from Maryland. Yep. And Craig Doodlebug Irving from Philly. Right? So even though they're claiming Brooklyn, they were all they all met in Brooklyn, but they're all from various parts of the right. United States. Right. Right? And it was formed in Brooklyn, you know, at the at the hip hop clubs. And uh, basically Butterfly produced the entire album and he was inspired a lot, he says in interviews, inspired a lot by what DJ Premier was doing with Gangstar. Right. But obviously he didn't want to completely bite Premier's samples. Once again, you gotta dig in the crates. Right, that's original. Find new, new albums, new things to pull from. And People new don't do styles that, of jazz, because there's so many different styles of jazz to pull from. And I think Butterfly has what a achieved, concept. achieved a, a really unique sound with this. Very unique sound. This song is a five mic song. Uh, Video is a five mic song, five mic video. Uh, anybody who hasn't seen this video, look up this video. Where I'm from remix. Don't look up where I'm from. The album version sucks. I don't like the where I'm from. Yeah, it's too upbeat and it doesn't match what they're trying to talk about here. But yeah, this beat is awesome. These are these are guys too that they they really came up with some really cool uh, creative remixes. Yeah, right. And when they did a remix, they completely reworked the song, right. the lyrics, everything for which the remix, smart. which, which is I, very I really smart. Because then introduces new uh, audience members to different remixes and it's fresher. This is one of my favorite tracks. This is Pacifics. Oh yeah, Great classic, classic song, right? So um, the album, the lyrical thing when when I was young. Because they're using a lot of jazz-inspired slang, yeah. right? So it's almost like they came up with their own language on right. the album. Right, it was too. very foreign right? to a lot of us, but the sound so was unique, there. So different, the flows, the voices, right? Um, Everybody was touting Ladybug Mecca to be the next big female MC, yeah. right? Because she was of, Lauren Hill before Lauren Hill right. was out, right? Everybody she had was like, the look, she's the one. She could rhyme, she's cute, the marketing is there. What happened, right? What happened, right? Kind of too little too late. She, she came out too late with her solo stuff. Right, exactly. Great, great album. Very unique. If, if, if there's ever someone that was like, oh, I don't know if I like this hip-hop stuff, you can play them this and be like, I don't see anyone. There's not. There's never been a person that has listened to this that did not like it. I've never come across a person that was like, God, this sucks. Hip-hop guys, rugged guys, the Howleys, of course. 
anybody is gonna like this kind of shit. Probably they like alternative shit. <laughs> but then anybody, it, it brings everybody together, which you don't see in this day and age. Right. And this is a perfect example of something like that. But there, there was a new song. It had deeper. It had deeper. This was their third single, Nickelbags. Yeah. But it had deeper. They they touched on deeper subjects, right? They had well, right. Uh, they had the the song about abortion, right? La Femme Fido. Right. And they had the 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 last of the Spitty Rocks, which was about drug abuse. Right. They did touch on deep stuff, but for the most part, very. But it was an album that had substance, and it was yes. an album that it, it wasn't boring. It was, yes, a, it was, it was a, not boring. Yeah. You had a lot to choose from. You throw the remixes in there, you got a good, powerful album. So that's number 13. Yeah, man. Good, good pick, man. Good pick, man. All right. All right. Number... We're at number 12. Number 12. Okay, so... As... Uh, I, don't, I guess I, I was going to say like the Bay is kind of an influence of my like overall vibe See, of this year. You get a lot of props, man. It was a lot of, it was a lot of new, new stuff that came out of the Bay. And there was this one group that came out that was very bizarre. And I didn't know what to make of it, but I thought this is going to be something good. So I bought the album. All right. The Coup. Yeah. Kill My Landlord. And I basically bought it too because they called their album Kill My Landlord. And I thought of the Eddie Murphy, Kill My Landlord, which they're not referencing it. But when they interviewed... Boots, they're like, are you talking about Eddie Murphy and the Kill My Landlord? No, we're not using it. But I dug it because it was called Kill My Landlord. So I bought it. First album, or first single is Dig It. Video was great. You got a female DJ who looked yeah. like Heather B. I thought it was Heather B DJ for a second. Sam, the functionist. Yeah, she does. I thought it was Heather B. Dead ringer for uh, Heather B. Right. So I'm like, right. whoa, I'll gloss down. And then we was going to, and then it just, you have the Bay Area slanging guy here. And then Boots, who's like the Bay Area Chuck D. Right, and this is the group and that you've, you've gone on record saying that this is the best political rap group of all time. Yes, and I stand by that. Right. There's there's no one that can touch these guys politically. Because they're, they're talking some real shit. And, and, and their music is funky. You yes. can play it. It's entertaining. It, it's entertaining. And it doesn't feel as dated as, as no. the Bomb Squad sound with public politics. Right. right. I play Dig It in the clubs, okay? And you can get people to dance to this more so than welcome to the fucking Terradome. Okay? Or the fucking anthrax bring the noise bullshit. This song was hot. I this remember the is, video. This is funk. This is this is just hot shit right here. It was you know what was so strange that these guys were signed to Wild Pitch Records. Yep. I was so Wild Pitch. I was like, Wild Pitch, I'm like the main source label and you know They signed them. Yes, that's it, correct. They saw they saw they just didn't market them right. They didn't know how. This album did not sell really well outside of the Bay. Oh no, it didn't at all. Um, this was a guarantee one copy of Tower Records, and that's it. And then, well, I don't want to touch too much on their second album, but the second album we'll Genes- talk about. Yeah, genocide. That's a whole we're talk other about thing. It. That was. Yeah. And that one, they took it somewhere else, and it yep. was something phenomenal. But this is a great album. Anybody who doesn't know. Check this album out. I think it's available. So. I think it's a totally groundbreaking debut album. So if you guys don't know, right, Boots, Boots Riley's getting a lot of acclaim right now because he just directed his movie. movie, Sorry to Bother You, yeah. right, which is getting all rave reviews. Right. Uh, and then the forgotten rapper of the group, E-Rock, who had that dope pimp flow. Yeah. So they balanced each other out. That's what's out. perfect. Right. You had the pimp Bay Area esque voice right. and then you had this political guy and you had DJ Pam like scratching on this album You're scratching on she this... is a legit DJ they're scratching they're scratching right. going on so cool great album yeah I yeah. can listen to it now it's fun 
I love it. Love it, man. Yeah, Boots Riley. You know, he was the son of a political activist. He had a very much a you correct. Know, he was, you know, he was a. He's legit. He's legit. He knows his stuff, man. You know, if you ever go on any of YouTube interviews with him, man, he knows everything that's going on. Okay, let's let's put it in perspective. Okay. We talked about a guy on a previous episode, maybe even, I don't even remember. I don't really care, because it's Michael Franti, okay? I don't give a shit about Michael Franti, all right? <laughs> Michael Franti, Boots is what Michael Franti should have done with his career. Instead of doing the spoken word bullshit, walking around with dreads and looking like a damn fool. He should be paying attention. He should have took notes, right? Boots should have, no Boots, you don't need to waste your time with it. But this is Michael Franti if he was a hip Michael Franti. That's it. If we gave Amos and Andy beat to Boots and we told him rap something over it, he'd come out with a hit more so than Michael Fratt. And his disposable heroes of shit, whatever they're called. Right, right, right. So forget it. So the Boots Riley, all day. Nice pick, man. Nice all day. pick, man. That's in my top 22. All right, okay, so. Uh, we got one left, huh? And you got one left. All right. Here so we go. This is number 11. I you know what you know? What I've noticed about all four of these albums on your Just Missed the List? They're all debut albums. Isn't that crazy? Yeah. They're all debuts. Actually, yeah. That's awesome. They are, yeah. It was a lot of groundbreaking yeah, stuff that debuted. Of, yeah, um, good picks, man. Uh, and, and then we go to 11, where I think this was mentioned in your top 10. And I was going back and forth with either, because my number 10 was Alcoholics. And right. I was going back and forth with this album. And this album I, I, I love dearly. Freestyle Fellowship, Inner All City right. Riots. That was the one we had talked about uh, it possibly being uh, a political album in a sense exactly because we're not listening to inner city griots like all the way through right right so we're not listening to six tray right so this is how i through. decided on number 11 being this back in the day i bought this for the fact that bullies on the block were was played on radio free Hawaii all the time that's how i found out about freestyle fellowship was bullies on the block so i go i get this album i go and listen to this pass the cornbread very, it's like it's like you're listening to Slaughterhouse. You right. gotta listen to it once, and you're like, okay, I gotta. Sit I don't back. know if I got it all. Yeah. And I gotta sit, listen to it again. Listen to it again. Every single time I listen to this, this is probably one of the best appreciated albums of all time. Where it gets better and better each as you and get, every. Well, as listen. you get older, and as you, you realize, get older, you realize how ahead of the curve these guys were. Correct. How ahead of the, the time right. they were. Right. I mean, and then you have the one song that is like. One of my all-time favorite, Inner City Boundaries, I, I believe. Yeah, man. So and let's play that, that one. the video. And look, another jazz song. Go figure. Is there a theme here? Another jazz vibey song. Jazz influenced 1993. Big time. Funky Child. You got you got Diggable. You got uh, Dig It from the Cool. You have this. I mean, shit. You have Jasmine Taz you talked about. Right. I mean, if there was something to... A musical sound, it's it's this. It's the jazz, scat, lounge, whatever you want to call it. I mean, this is amazing. And at 93, I was amazed by this. And I didn't quite get it, but I knew it was a jazzy, the jazz vibe was there, right. I guess, right? So. There's, there was nothing that sounded like this, man. No, nothing. When you're going from this to what? The Posse Cut Heavyweights? Right. Right? Like... This thing, this thing just because they start off singing, right. and then at the at the end, okay, then they start rapping, but it, it keeps your it keeps your attention, it keeps your interest. Like you're yeah. trying to figure out what's going on with this. And you uh, got a song like "Way Cool," like so yeah. all over the place. Yeah, yeah. It's, it's, it's groundbreaking. This is not stuff. something that it's it's not something you can like drive around and cruise to. You really no. gotta put headphones on right. and absorb and absorb the album. It's this like, is something that yeah, you're not driving around with this album, but you're 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 at home. Right. In the dark, possibly. 
Um, it's an intellectual hip hop. It's an intellectual. It's a headphones album. You got you. You're just drinking whiskey and you're just hanging out and you're just thinking and relaxing and you can listen to your Seabon. You can listen to stuff like this. Uh, this was my first intro to Freestyle Fellowship because I did not know of the other Freestyle Fellowship album because it was hard right. to find. So this was my intro to them. And from there, it's been all great ever since. Great pick, man. We've had a ton of stuff after this, all the solo careers. I mean, oh, yeah. You know, there's a lot to spend time on with this group, with this group. But number 11, Freestyle Fellowship. I so, love it, man. I love it, man. So there you and, have and, it. And, you, and you got some swerves on there. Some really unexpected right. stuff, man. I dig it, man. I, yeah, I just was looking at the previous episodes we did, and I'm like, I, I, I got to go in and delve into this further and make it something unique and... Well, yeah, I mean, I'm, I'm assuming people are digging the 15 I gave. I mean, it's, it's all pretty much along the lines of what we all are saying here. Right. So if you haven't heard any of these albums, anyone out there, I yeah. humbly uh Go suggest. and seek them out. Definitely go and yeah. seek it out, right? But all right, well, that finishes up that uh, segment. We're going to come back and we're going to talk about some of the honorable mention albums. we got a lot of lot of stuff to cover. Oh, shit. So uh, we're going to take a quick break and we'll come back, back with honorable mentions for 1993. Oh, wonderful. So a groundbreaking album came out in 1993. This is in our honorable mention segment. Oh, this is, okay. This it's, is the segment we're doing? You know, but it's an album that no one we knew no one we knew owned it it wasn't even released necessarily in the united states in 93 it was released overseas it's organics the debut album from the roots right right so it's the philly based hip-hop band formerly known as the square roots right right they weren't they weren't really making any leeway in philly so they relocated the group to london they recorded organics released it overseas and then toured it so they built their European overseas fan base before their U.S. Right. fan base, which was crazy. So that, that's why I have a question for you there. Yes. So like, before Organics, did they release an album before or no, after? No, they had an EP. What was that? They, from the ground up? From the ground up. No, that came out after. And that came out before the uh, Do, Do You Want More album. Okay. Right. So, so it had songs. Pass had, the Popcorns on it. Uh, the Pass the Popcorn remix, I believe, okay. might have been on Pass the Popcorn is on Organics, too. Pass the Popcorn is on this. Okay. It was on Organics, and they right. released an independent music video. And got it, got it. Right, okay, so they made a, I remember a remix of this. So the remix right. is on from the ground up. It was a red cover. Right. It looked like a jazz, right. a jazz cover. That was the album when they first got signed to a weird... They got signed to, like, Geffen Records. Yeah. DCG yeah. Geffen Records. Geffen Records, they got signed. Yes, very odd. And, and... Uh, I remember that. Right, so... The original group, I mean, obviously you guys know Tariq Glassock, Trotter, and Amir Questlove Thompson, you know, and the original, remember the fellow rapper? Malik B. Malik B. Now, can we can we put to bed like some, some rumors or history that maybe we don't know, or maybe we still don't know, Did, is Malik B still alive? I have not heard anything. Okay. I have not heard of his passing. Because we heard that he became a crack addict. Right. I heard he and had some is, uh, substance, abu- substance abuse. So he's at some some place on the street corner, like he's hanging out with Chris Rock, and they're getting free turkey from Nino Brown. What is he doing? I mean, but, but you know, this is this was rampant in hip hop. We got a lot of fallen heroes in hip hop. Right. You know that fell to drugs and over excess. Right. And, you know. Right. So I guess that was it. So well, you know. Right. Hopefully, you know, he's still around and. There's a, there's more of a story there. I'm curious to hear the, the, to hear more about the story of Malik B. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Because he just came and went vanished. That'll be that'll be interesting to see if we could pull up an old interview with uh, with Questlove or. Do they bring Black him up? Yeah. Right. Do they do they talk about him? Do they just right. let him and be like, I don't want to talk about it? 
do they are they one of those kind of situations? I mean, I don't know. I think this is an album though. If if we got our hands on it in '93, I think this would easily be in our top 15, maybe top 10 albums possible. Oh yeah, yeah, excellent album. But this wasn't. We didn't even get our hands on. I don't remember even getting this until like after Illadelph Half Life came yeah. out. This no. this was coming. This was well after. Do you want more? That right. we found out about. This was like you, you couldn't get this until like '97. This was when the internet started taking over our listening and our how to find stuff. Right. Because that's the only. That's when I found out about organics was the internet. Right. So yeah, excellent but album. This is when they were still building the group. Scott Storch was a, a young piano player. Yeah. Uh, he, yeah, a lot Scott of people don't, don't realize don't that, that Scott Storch was a part of the group and toured with them and right. was a phenomenal like piano player. He did stuff with him later, right? Later in the later years. Yeah, and then he, he prominently he put his name. He would help Scott produce, produce some stuff for them. But uh, okay, but yeah, phenomenal album. So another honorable mention uh, for a group. You had you had mentioned some big ninety three debut albums. This is a segment we're gonna for our uh, uh, ninety three episode called for our honorable mentions called ninety three debut albums. You had mentioned the coup you had mentioned Diggable Planets. Right. You mentioned Lord of the Underground. Conscious Daughters. We talk about Onyx, which Kenrick talked about this album earlier. But this came out in March of 93, right? They're from Jamaica, Queens. Federal, Federal, Federal Star, Suave, Big DS, and Sticky Fingers. I know you hate this song. I, I hate this song. It's a gimmick. It's a gimmick. But it's, it came out the perfect time. They did. Perfect timing. They were gangsters. They came up, they were driving low riders. They were playing off the California things. Right. California image is growing. The gangster rap is growing, right. growing. So what do they do? They show up with guns. They're on the top of the hill, throw the guns in the air, low rider cars, wearing plaid. The one thing that always pissed me off when because this song was major. Major. Right? And huge hit. Nobody knew what a B-boy was. I remember hearing guys saying the lyrics and you know where it says make noise be right. boys and then they say the chorus again and then they go let the boys be boys right. no one understood what b boys was so they would bypass that lyric and they would always just say let, let the, the boys, boys be, be boys. boys and i would stand up like you motherfuckers <laughs> you fucking dumb shit because at that point you know we know what a b boy is at this point so that pissed me off hey shifty right. but shifty uh, was cool you know, the uh, Federal Star, Suave, and Big DS were uh, friends in high school. They got signed to Profile Records first. So a lot yeah. of people don't know they were signed. Well, yeah. Onyx released a single on Profile Records in 1990 uh, called We Do It Like This. Yeah. It was a flop. Was and bad. then after a chance encounter with Jam Master Jay, right. uh, Jay expressed interest in the group. Right. So they could get him a demo. They then met two key people. They met Sticky Fingers, yeah. Kirk Jones. And they met their producer, Shy Skills. Shy Skills, yeah. Shy Skills built the sound. Yeah. If it wasn't for Shy Skills, we wouldn't have Onyx. Yeah. And he you has know? some moments here. He, he does have some great moments. I, I Throw Your Guns is, is my favorite song on this. I like it because of the sheer energy, the magnitude of it, Sticky Fingers at the end, right. the bass line. It's fun. It's Shy a Skills very fun song. rolling bass lines is yeah. what made their sound. Right. Right. Uh, Shifty, I like. Throw your gun, shift you my top two songs that yeah. I like on this album. After that, I can you can throw it away. I think I think the rest of the album, you know, it, it gets the problem with Onyx is it just gets a little repetitive. Exactly. You know, this is it's because of the repetitive of this is why they changed their their style in '94 with the last days. This album, people don't remember, it's 18 tracks. Yeah. Of guys screaming they're gonna murder yeah. you. Yeah. It's right? too much. And There's I'm not gonna. I'm, I'm you know, and I love throw your guns. 
you know, Slam, I'm, I could take it or leave it at this point, you know, but it was, it went to number four on the Billboard pop charts. The only part of Slam I like was the intro with the scratch. But I'm not going to listen to Black Vagina Finder. No one is. Right. No one you is. You know what I mean? But clearly, Onyx was smart enough to realize we're redundant. So the second album, which is 94. Right. With All, all, all I, I Got Is Us. With Last Days. That was, that's they reinvented themselves. But that was a good album. Listening to Mop Deep. Right. But they, they followed along and they realized we can't be doing 18 songs of us yelling. Right. So they, they understood that part. I mean, of course, years go by and there's other stuff that they did. But, but we, we can't talk about 92 without mentioning Back the Fuck Up from Onyx. Of course. Yeah. And, That's uh, fine. Yeah, they would go on. They, they weren't a one-hit wonder, man. And they were very smart coming up with that all-black ball head image. Man. Yeah, really, the really, Timbo really, boots, really militant smart. looking look. Yeah, it was fun. Another group came out in 93. It's the group we would know as Mob Deep. Yeah. With the troublesome debut. This uh, album sucked. It was really bad. Right? It Remember really the original bad. name? Poetical Prophets. Yeah. Right? So the album's called Juvenile Hell. Yeah. It was the debut album released in April of 93. Yeah. From, from But the soon-to-be iconic Queensbridge duo, Havoc and Prodigy. When this came out, I was like, God. We're not going to hear from them again. They can get out of here. Do you remember the, the, the single that they were promoting, the first single? It was called Flavor for the Non-Believers. Flavor for the Non-Believers, then was Pure Pressure, right? And then Pure Pressure, and then Large Large Pro did a remix. This is the DJ Premier original. DJ Premier did, a, did something, yeah. Did, this is the this DJ, is DJ Premier. Premier, okay. And then and then Large Pro, this, this is the remix. Yeah. This is the Large Pro yeah. remix, right? Yeah, which so, we'll figure it better than the Premier's one. Uh, Premier was still figuring it out. Yeah. But you guys, you remember? Do you remember the story about Mob Deep? So they they used to hang out in front of all the music offices. They used okay. to hang out in front of Def Jam. They used yeah. to hang out in front of all these uh, and hand out demos. And then I don't know if you remember the story. Q-Tip told the story. It got into the hands of Q-Tip. The cassette demo got into the hands of Q-Tip, and then Q-Tip gave it to Violator manager founder Chris Lighty. Chris Lighty, yeah, yeah. And and Chris Lighty. Uh, actually put them on and uh, got them in the source unhide, unsigned hype. They were in the source unsigned and hype. And he was kind of assisting them. He wasn't managing yes. them yet. Yeah. But he got them on unsigned hype yeah. under political profits. Yeah. Is that right? That I believe good. so. That and then good. they got signed to the label where everyone goes to die, 4th and Broadway. Oh, God. 4th and Broadway records. That's some trash. Up, yeah. If you're on that island, 4th and Broadway, Island, yeah. you're going to get buried, man. You know. God, that and that little reggae, little yeah, side. Right. Ugh, forget it. And uh, they had their, they changed the name to Mob Deep when they got their, yeah. they got signed. Uh, but you know, uh, the album is rough, right? It's not good. It's, it's also just not like good. they're also. This was the other single. It's called "Hit 'Em from the Hit It from the Back." Hit from the back. And yes. these two 14 year old kids Awful. talking about having sex, right? Awful. Awful. So, I wanted them to leave. But yeah, I would I say, I would say the the most promising thing was at least we got to see them evolving, right? We knew they're well, listening to this in retrospect. We know they're going to get better. Right, but, but we didn't at the know time, it then. This is a, we just wanted them to get out of here. Pretty forgettable album. But this this group is the big, biggest evolution. Like how we talk about is a running theme of how a guy comes out with an album, it sucks, then they reinvent themselves and it changes the whole thing. Right. Gangstar did that. They right. also did that. These guys are the all-time number one best evolution from album one to album two. Right. There is no question. This album compared to another one that we're going to talk about later right. changes everything. Now, I, now I'm gonna now I'm gonna play an album. The next album, yeah, our honorable mentions, uh, an album that they started off with a bang. It's the Beat Nuts. 
The EP. Yes, right? this is Intoxicated Demons EP. It was the debut EP yeah. that was released in uh, April of '93. This was hard to find, Roy. This was hard. I, to I, find tried, I would tell people, and nobody would get what the hell I was talking about. I got I the say, only the copy. I got the only copy at Hungry Ear Wahiwa in Wahiwa. Wow. I got the only copy. Right, so it was the debut on Relativity Records from Psycho Less, Juju, and Fashion. Fashion. Then changed his name to Al Tariq. Al Tariq, exactly. Right. Shout out. And you remember, there was a lost fourth member of the Beat Nuts. I don't know if you remember. What was his name? V.I.C. That's right. V.I.C. Vic. That's right. Right, and he was a part of the production team. That's right. He also rapped on World Famous. Right. The song World Famous, right? V.I.C. Dropping Styles. You ain't it wasn't Psycho Vic. Or it was just Vic? It was, I think they were calling it Psycho Vic and Psycho Less, I think. I yeah. don't know, but it was Psycho Less, right? But, well, the CP was great. It was it was different. Uh, the worst song was the, I wanna, uh, the, the fuck drink beer, yeah, smoke some Psycho shit. Dwarf. Psycho yeah, Dwarf. Psycho Dwarf. But the beat for Psycho Dwarf was great. Right, right, right. And then when I popped the trunk, okay, yeah. here's another Jalen. of the tech, man. Jalen Rose reference. The intro to the Jalen Rose, Jalen Jacoby. They use, when I pop the trunk, hit the dirt. That's the intro that they use to enter the show. Right. To intro their show. This was one of their singles. Yeah. So, if you guys don't know the history, just really quickly, uh, Juju and Les grew up in Queens. They were local DJs at parties. And they were, they were originally called the Beat Kings. And then they met Africa Baby Bam of the Jungle Brothers, who put them down with Native Tongues. Uh, so they weren't officially Native Tongue members, but Africa Baby Bam was a fan of them. Yeah. And he actually gave them the name Beat Nuts. And the reason why you like this, and every DJ can relate to this, he, he called them the Beat Nuts because he thought they were nuts to carry as many crates of records to every party they played. He said, man, you guys are Go nuts. Figure. You're the Beat Nuts. You're not the Beat Kings. You're the Beat Nuts. I like it. And it stuck. I did not hear that story. Yo, yeah. Africa Baby Bam told that story. So. I like it. Uh, but they started off strictly as producers. Remember, they produced yeah. the... Uh, um, the Chiali debut album, yeah. but their debut credit is for two British rappers. How do you like that? Oh, MC Solar, back at it. No, no. Moni Love oh, yeah, and you know. Stereo MCs. Hey! That's their first production credits. Have we talked about Stereo MCs on this show? No, we should, though. You know what? I like them. I, I don't mind Come them. on, you got people out there, you, you guys gotta dig it. You know? Elevate my mind. Get connected. myself connected. Yeah. I, 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 is that 93? No. It was 92. We didn't uh, talk about damn it, it. In 92 episode. Damn it. Sorry, Stereo MCs. You know why? It's because when we're doing the research on Hip Hop Moms, that, that album is always in the rock alternative. Call, yeah, it's, once again, alternative. Put it. Yeah. But I digress. I digress. So uh, basically, these guys will go on to be uh, produce classic albums, right? Yeah. But Great stuff. Was, we can't. We can't also. I just got to mention it. You Great know, EP. You know it is an EP. It was. It made a big splash for the hip hop heads. Oh, yeah. Beat nuts. Now, an album that was the debut album of an, a guy go. we never saw coming, and a guy that no. who would have guessed from '93 he'd have the, one of the most successful, long-standing careers of any rapper. He's got the longest-standing career. Unbelievable. I think this he does. career this guy's had. Almost, this is Fat Joe, everyone. It's Fat Joe. The album is called Represent. And he wasn't just called Fat Joe back then. Fat Joe the Gangsta. Fat Joe the Gangsta. Playing off the gangsta image. That's right. Digging in the crates was, was kind of at the beginning. They needed the new guy. This is the new guy they're pumping out. Mob style. Mafia style. He's like the godfather. I, he just came out of nowhere, really. Right. He was a man, he really was fat. I mean, Fat Joe now is not really fat. Isn't it odd that we're, we, we're he's quote unquote kind of a prolific rapper in a sense where he just keeps putting out material, so much material, and stays relevant. He's like, amazing career. He's an amazing career. Incredible. He's 48 to, years old right now. Amazing. 
I would love to interview this guy because, like, look at, look at, let's let's talk about the the future because we have to because it's amazing. Right. Now this album, okay, Flow Joe's cool. You had a couple songs in there. Eh, it's a rough album, man. It's whatever. We're gonna play Living Fat. That's quite all right, but we. But it's all star production. But then it's right. all star production. So then he goes in with the next Jealous Ones MV. It's getting better. Right. It's okay. Then he goes into doing songs with Ashanti. Right. The Jose album. Ja Rule. Right. He's got major players. And then he goes all the way up. Let's fast forward to all the way up. Yeah. Let's go fast forward to Terror Lean. Squad. Terror Squad. Yeah. Biggest Bean song of back. that year. Probably arguably I, the biggest <laughs> rap song of that year. That was. How is this possible? Right? The guy How is, is a hustler. Possible? He is truly yes, he's a, true hustler. a smart hustler, right? Lord so, Finesse is crying all day, every day. But I, I honestly, we couldn't believe that he was part of digging, digging in the crates because yep. he seemed out of place in that, oh, in yeah. that crew. And he was there. Right? But you know, Joe Cartagena is his name. He's from the Bronx. Yep. He's Puerto Rican and Cuban. Yep. I also, I also didn't. I don't know about you, but I didn't know the racial politics because he dropped the N word a lot, and I was like, I guess Spanish guys can say the N word. They're all in the same <laughs> game, bro. I guess. Right. And then let's not forget Recipe's Big Punisher. Big Pun. Who right? also had. Pun. Who also had major hits, and he right. was part of with him. I mean, he he just knew he got in where he fit in so perfectly. But you had production from Diamond D, Showbiz, yeah. Beat Nuts, Lord Finesse. I Everybody mean, was down with this guy. The re- how could, as a hip hop head, how could you not buy this album with the production? Oh yeah. Lineup. But I then you listen to his rapping. It's it's rough. It's this pretty first bad. Album is bad. Yes. Man. It's rough. It's pretty bad, but we all bought it. Right. We all bought it with the hope. Uh, we didn't know where he was gonna go with it, and he got better in '95. So better. Just one's envy was cool. Right, but, but then yeah. they took one song off this album, remixed them on the second album, Shit Is Real. Yeah. DJ Premier redid it, and yeah. that's probably his best That was his best biggest song. one, right? right? Well, he had the one Bronx Tale, right? Bronx with Tale with KRS, which was, I like uh, we're going to talk about yeah, that yeah, yeah. later, but that's yeah, Fat Joe Gangsta. Gangsta. Who, who would Lojo. know? No one saw that coming. No, busted, check You it. remember he had that single for Watch The Sound with uh, Diamond D and Graham Hubo? Yeah. That was the single, the yeah. video. It was there. But yeah. Anyways, let's get off the Fat Joe uh, train right now. We're going to get into a guy that me and you both like. It's Cam. Never Again, released in February of 93. The underrated guy. Craig Miller, a.k.a. Cam. He's Ice Cube's cousin. Yeah, great voice. How's Ice Cube's family, right? He's got Cam and Del. Del. Oh, yeah. my God. This is a talented family, This is man. Peace Treaty, right? This is Peace Treaty. This was the lead single. Yeah, I like it. He was a lynch mob-affiliated rapper. He was a member of the Nation of Islam. Yeah. And he was definitely the most political, hard-edged, anti-government, yeah. uh, you know, kind of more intelligent rapper. No disrespect to lynch mob, but that was a little bit more crazier and cart, you know, that was more, on cartoonish. It was more fun. But Cam is like equivalent to Boots. Right, he was Paris. He's, political. He was Paris. He's equivalent to a Paris. Right. Paris boots Cam. Yeah. And this is what we we're talking about. This was released right after the riot. I mean, you know, like right. less than a year after the riots. Right. Peace Treaty made it to number two on the charts because it was relevant. Right. And it, it proved it was that a decent song. you could make a street song. Very decent song. But yeah. you could make it relevant to what's going make on. Make it relevant, make it and make it fun. This was fun. The rest of the album was a lot of I don't know. Sorry, I like this one. This was a uh, uh, you don't y'all don't hear me though. This oh, okay. Like a hot one. But um, the album's production was handled a lot by the usual suspects of Ice Cube, yeah, DJ production Poo. team, mm-hmm. DJ Pooh, Torture Chamber, Rashad, yeah. T-Bone of the Lynch Mob, right. and then surprisingly enough, uh, Solid Scheme Productions, which was DOS Effects producers, oh, wow. were on the label, they were label mates. Oh, okay. They produced, uh, they produced a few tracks as well, man. So, yeah, it was... No, but respect the cam. Not respect the cam, and he'll be back for another one. So. I, I'd say, like, the, the five mics song on your two, Watts Riot. 
Ride with Ice Cube. Watch Ride is a great song. Yeah. yeah, excellent song. So this one, one of our one of our favorites. So that, like you said, ninety, the things that would happen in ninety two would shape the sound of ninety three. Exactly. This definitely was yeah. building up with that. Yeah. Right? Okay. This is a good album. Yeah. This is a good album. All right. Now going from a, a politically conscious album to could it be more opposite? Domino. Well, so you we went from one intelligent, politically politically conscious rapper right. now to like basically a guy who at the time it seemed like he was just riding the Long Beach train. He that, was, yeah. We all thought, oh, Dr. Dre, know this guy. He friends with Dr. Dre because it was one of those guys. This song is huge. Huge song. I dig it. I dig it then. I dig it now. It, it's fun. It's it's equivalent to okay, Migos. I always go and refer to that. This is like Amigos. Sorry. Right. This is a bad abusion. It It's really, there's nothing of any substance here. It's a it's kind of comical. Right. He's talking about having sex and he sounds like this very interesting voice, like a T-Pain, like wannabe, but without the uh, right. auto-tune. I, I, I dug it. And it was kind of interesting. Like, they built him up to be like, he is like this... This prominent guy in his ads, in his marketing, in Source Magazine, and whatnot. Well, he was signed. He was signed to uh, Def Jam, right? He was signed to Def Jam. So they, they really put a big marketing push to this guy to be like, you need to know this guy. You need to know who Domino is. Right. And he was in every marketing was genius on it. You, you had know, to. Like, it was, and and this, they, they were they were pumping the new the Long Beach thing. Right. They had a single literally called Long Beach Thing. Right. Right. And then he had Sweet Potato, Sweet Potato Pie. Pie and Ask for Days, right? A right. D, right? Sweet Potato Pie, dug it. I bought the cassette single. That I'm all messed up and I don't know why. Is this it? This is it. There we go. Right. See, it's fun shit. And this is all produced by DJ Battlecat. The yes. entire album. DJ Battlecat, yes. DJ Battlecat, another out. guy that is. This is hot. A very underappreciated West Coast guy. This video is really bad, but it's it's fine. It's fun. So Look at this chorus. You can say you're a fan, Domino. I'm. A, I, I like this album. I can't say uh, I listen to really anything else after I, this. I would not listen to the album. I would listen to this song. You did have another album after this. Yes, Physical it did. Funk. Yes, yeah. we'll get to that. <laughs> uh, I got something to say about that. This song, uh, Ghetto Jam, uh, Long Beach Bang. That's it. Okay. That's Leave it. it all alone. Yeah. But yeah, he got. He did get criticized for jumping on the Long Beach bandwagon. Yeah, uh, but, but, but come on, can you yeah, blame him? Can you blame him? Shit. And also, come it's on. hard for you know the record labels at that time were, were bum rushing. You, yeah, uh, you gotta remember, right? Long Beach. Everybody got a record deal from record, Long Beach. Record companies didn't know what to do with this new explosion of this musical genre. I don't even remember. A, guy, a rapper named Little Half Dead got a yes. got a record label just for being mentioned in a Snoop song. Correct. That's an infamous story. Right. That's how panicky and paranoid the record industry is. And they're gonna jump on these things. They're doing it to this right. day. So, you can't fault somebody for that. So that's uh, that's rapper Domino, the self-titled debut. All right. Now another album that came out that we didn't know what quite to make of in 1993, which Doobie You Be from Funk Dubious. Okay. All right? No. There's a little factoid. Now you talk about Lords of the Underground sounding 93. This is about as 93 as it gets. This is the Holly 93. This is the Black Sunday 93. Right. This is the Radio Free Hawaii loving we ain't going out like that 93. <clears throat> factoid about this group. Here we go. Factoid about this song. My mom got married, remarried in 1993. And he got, they got married on July 4th of 1993. Right. When did this album come out? It came out in June, uh, uh, no, May of 93. Okay. Yeah. So me, with a fresh copy, 
The Funk Dubious. Right. Uh, my mom has a reception, as you know, people with weddings do. And there was a DJ at this reception. And here I am, this little kid, and my mom introduces You're me. You're a freshman in high school. No, you're eighth grade. What are you, freshman? Eighth grade? You're a freshman in 93. Because I'm a junior. I believe so. I yeah. want to say eighth or ninth grade. Okay. Uh, she introduces me to the DJ because she knows her son likes the music. So I'm like, oh, what kind of stuff uh, you got? And he's like, oh yeah, just, just look whatever you want. We play whatever you want. Oh, can you play tapes a lot? Like, yeah, what you got? I gave him Funk Dubious. I'm like, and so played at your mom's yes. wedding? <laughs> so imagine, much old Asians, a lot of them, dancing to Bow Wow Wow. I don't think that's done ever in the history of weddings. So I don't know. Maybe, this... maybe Sun Doobie's wedding. I don't know. But right. yes, so I played that and I played Down with the King. <laughs> Which we're going to talk about. My later. mom's wedding on a tape. And then the DJ even intros this song. Bow Wow Wow. He goes, Well, here, get ready for an interesting one. <laughs> I'm like, Wow, this is great. But so they were the strangest group, right? Very strange. Right. So this was great. Right, I was, like this song. It was, yeah, this was probably one of the Wah, best Wah, songs Luba. on it. Wow, 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 but it's the debut album from uh, Sun Doobie, Tomahawk Funk, yeah. and DJ Ralph, the funky Mexican. DJ Ralph. DJ Ralph, right? I, I like their gimmick. I like the image. Uh, it's a, a clearly a, a spin-off of the House of Pain. Right. And DJ Moss is an in-demand producer. He produced in the entire album. Right. Is Nicolo on here? Joe the Butcher? Is he on uh, this? I don't know Joe the Butcher. Right. He might have been involved in like uh, executive producing possibly. Okay. He's hanging out smoking. Name, I didn't see his name on production. They were smoking in the back, but yeah, B-Real's here. It, it it was fun. It was tolerable. Right. It was tolerable. Uh, it'd be in my top 30 93 albums. But then, yeah, this is very much top 30, a 93 album. But this is a very much 93 album. Right. And they drastically changed their style later. Oh, yeah. Because they, they had, they, they I think they realized that how dated their sound was too. Right. It was very much of a time. Right. Now, another group that I think you, you mentioned uh, quite a bit on previous podcasts, and um, I'm a fan of them too, it's Blood of Abraham. Uh, the album is called Future Prophets. This is the debut album of Jewish rappers uh, Benyad and uh, Mazik. Yep, that's their names. Did you know that? I, I did. I just just Benyad and Mazik. Just you saying it just was entertaining like it. to me. I'm, I'm just trying to see if I'm reading it properly, man. Well, okay. Backstory on what I remember of these guys is I remember seeing the Source magazine review before hearing anything of them. Right. They were had they had the review in the, in the Source magazine. They gave it two mics. Yeah, it was infamous. It was trash. So it was one of those things of like. If, if, if the album got that low of a review, why even publish it? Why right. print it? But I so think it almost just... felt like a dig. You know what I mean? Oh, like, yeah. They, they got in trouble for that. Right. Source it, got in trouble for that. Right. Because they came after guys. The guys went back and retaliated. Right. But I read that and I was reading, oh, there's Jewish rappers at Easy East side of... So the review I was reading was intriguing. And then they released the video stabbed by the steeple. Which is great. Which is hot. And they played the video on your three right. raps. Quite a, bit, quite a bit. Right. And I'm like, what is wrong with this? This is good. Yeah. This is hot. I didn't get I it. I bought the single. I bought the cassette I, single. Damn right, I bought the single too. I mean, as far as the rest of the album, there's it's it's there's some hard stuff. I mean, are we gonna play? We're gonna infamous? play ends in June. Here we go. Let's do it. So uh, this is probably their most famous song, honestly. I mean, yeah, it's, it is. It's, just, it's their most downloaded. Because he's on it. It's their most uh, uh, viewed clip on YouTube. Right. Is this song, 
and so it's Easy E. But this is this song also features the first appearance of another rapper who would become highly influential. You want to guess who it is? Who was this? A young Will I Am. That's correct. And he was known as Will One X. He was a part of the At, At Band, Band Clan. Clan. That's, That's right. right. The At Band Clan. At Band Clan. And uh, they would change their name, obviously, to Black Eyed Peas. Right. But um, in retrospect, listening to the Future Profits album, I felt like they got a raw deal getting a two mic. It should have been a two mic album. No, no way. I disagree. Yeah. It should have been more than that. They, I don't know what Source was thinking. Maybe the maybe the Jewish influence got to him. I don't know. Jewish, you know, Jewish got Jewish people got the money. I don't know. I don't know what it was. Maybe they got screwed over. I don't know. Maybe David Mays. One of those two. I guys. think also people might have John looked at this album the way I looked at it, where I looked at it as well. Jerry Heller is Jewish, so maybe I always assumed that these were Jerry Heller's kids or something. Yeah. I had no idea. No, that's but, a very honest. Because then I was like, why is Easy E signing these? Right. Uh, Jewish rappers, no, I, that's a very honest. Related to Jerry Heller, I don't want to listen right. to this. That's an that, that's honest observation. It, right? so, very honest observation. Yeah. But if you guys can find a copy, this is out of print. Uh, I think you can only listen yeah. to the album on SoundCloud or uh, uh, YouTube. I got the vinyl, so. But yeah. Here, here's a little factoid, everyone. If you really are listening to this show, and we're like going in on hour three right now, I have this album on vinyl. Oh yeah. So all you do is you reply back. When we post this up on Instagram and you reply, yes, I want it. <laughs> if you write back to me, yes, I want it, I may send you a copy of Future Profits. There's a factoid. There's a lot of shout out to people that got the factoid from last I said two plus two, four. I like it. People, people it. message me, I said four. I'm glad, oh! you, I'm glad you didn't offer any more Venmo's. No, I'm, I'm, I'm done. I'm, I'm bankrupt. All right, moving on to our next uh, album. It was, well, we're going to go two back to back debuts of kind of chubby rappers, but. You'll know what I'm talking about. The first one is Akanele. The album is called Vagina Dino. One yeah. of my favorite album titles. It's of a great the album title, yeah. Vagina Dino. Great. Oh, love it. Great. Right? That is hilarious. Yeah. And you remember the chicks on the spoon on the cover of the album, yes. right? Yes. I didn't know what to make of that. Right. He's rapper's Akanele Adams, right? He debuted yeah. uh, at, on Live at the Barbecue. Yeah. Uh, most famously, you know, Large Professor produced this entire album. Yeah. And this was the lead-off single, Ak Ha Ha Ak I didn't listen to this album. I have not listened to this album. I, I know this song. You're not missing much. And I just didn't care. It just didn't interest me. Right. He did not interest me. I, I didn't really want to see a bunch of women on spoons and the black vagina diner. Right. Vagina but, you know, he would, re- he would, again, not go away. You know, this album flopped. You know, the singles, he hung around. the Akaha and the Bomb, they didn't really do anything. But he'd come back with Put Them In Your Mouth. And that's a major hit. And the song blew up. So Amazing. You know, he, he had a longer career than other people oh, yeah. uh, thought he would. He had a bit longer career than Joe Fatal. That that's right. Well, speaking of another rapper who came out, Pudgy the Fat Bastard. Hey, Give him right. his finger. Now, the Bronx now, based... And Trackmaster's yeah. affiliated rapper. Yeah. Right? Okay. There's a song on this album, which was by far. We talk about behind the scenes MC Ren. Right. A weird song. He has it's some like, weird stuff. He had to top it. It's like he heard behind the scenes. He's like, you know what, motherfucker? I'm going to make something even more fucked up. I want to have sex with my mom. Mommy dearest. And I'm like, what in the bloody hell are you talking about right now? Yes. And after I heard that, I'm like, who the fuck is this guy? I like this. They kind of this they, is a hot song. They kind of were comparing him to like a biggie. Well, this is this is the, this is the whole theory, right? Pudgy, they really had him like on that level of hype yeah. as the 
but Notorious VIG, it seemed like in New York there was only room for one fat rapper. Yeah. And Akinele and Pudgy got the short end of the stick. Right, right and now. then Chubb Rock's like, what's going on, man? Yo, exactly. He's like, I'm gonna just do a remix for Lost in the Storm. Yeah, man. exactly. I mean, it was, it was strange because he sounded fine. I don't I mean, you, you put the, the right production. Produced, you know, the album's produced entirely by, almost entirely by Trackmasters. You have guest verses from Kooji Rap, MC Light. Yeah. But, you know, it was a victim of bad timing. You yeah. know, it was just an overcrowded market. Yeah, very bad overcrowded. Marketing. Right. He only had one single. Yeah. Shout out to Ab, which it didn't make a... It was bad, right? whatever. And a lot of people don't realize this. Budgie was actually good friends with Brooklyn rapper Biggie Smalls. Right. Right? That's right. But... Go figure. You know? It's just one of those. It's just one of those things, man. You know, just bad, bad timing. timing. Yeah. And and I don't know if you know this. Like I, I couldn't put him in my one and dones because he kept putting out singles. Yeah. Like 95, 97, oh, yeah. 98. He was around. He hung and, around. And but he never put out like full albums. Not an album. No. But all these singles, right? Yeah. You know, so we'll talk about him later. But he would eventually come out with like, um, you know, think big with B.I.G. and yes. Tariq. Remember yeah, that that's right. You know, he came out with one That's of the right. debut songs with DMX called On the Regular. That's or, right. Or Inner City Blues, excuse me. But he had a song on the regular. He had a song called On the Regular right. too, which you know you know, so I he kept trying. I give, I give him up, man. He didn't give up. He kept trying like Fat Joe. He kept trying, it just didn't hit like it did for Fat Joe. Now, we want to talk about one of the weirdest albums that came out in nineteen ninety three. That was a big hit in Hawaii. Banging on wax from the Bloods and Crips. This was one of the Weirdest, scariest albums in '93. Um, this was I, uh, one of the most requested music videos on the box. I wish Boy. you were here. I'm not gonna say anything. Uh, this song is called Pyro Love. This is the song. Yeah. Great. I'm gonna say shout out to the Blood, shout out to the Crips. Yeah. I love you all. You guys are great. And you know what? Keep doing your thing. Keep doing your thing, and let's uh, let's keep it all one. Right. I'm, not gonna, I'm, I'm not gonna. I'm not gonna shit talk this album, man. We're just gonna talk about banging on wax. So if you guys don't know this, this was a sh surprise hit. Right. It sold over. It went well, gold. You know why? It went gold. Right, right. Because you it, know why? Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. The Bloods and Crips are making an album, right. guys. Holy shit! Right. Of course you're gonna buy it because what in the hell is this? Because we only hear about the Bloods and Crips, especially right. in Hawaii. So I don't know if you There's remember no this rapper. There was an LA rapper called Tweety Bird Loke. Do you remember Tweety Bird Loke? Yeah. So he basically was the guy who helped put together this project. Yeah. He had gang members from Compton, Watts, right. Long Beach, Inglewood, and LA audition, and then he picked what he thought were the best rappers. And this was a compilation album. Right? Yes, it was. So there was no necessarily a Bloods or Crips group. No. These were just songs with active gang members rapping on it, right? Right. I see. I, it, it, it's a no-brainer why this made money. That's why they released it. Right. We had the riots. We didn't know much about gangs. We heard of them. Right. We heard about the Crips and Bloods. Right. Here they are together. What? Marketing genius. I did not buy this album. I, I was, you know, you know I, was I. I was a freshman in high school. I, this album made me afraid. Well, I was afraid to buy this album. I thought it, I thought it was gonna be like. You know what I mean? Like, too real but, for me. Well, well you buy this album, they track where you are, they're coming for you. <laughs> Give me more money. This, I, mean, I looked at the album cover and it, I, it scared the shit out of me, man. Well, you know what I mean? I'm, I'm just a suburban kid. You remember this album? Yeah, it, it's a very scary album for a kid that doesn't know anything about the city. Of course. Right. Of course, it's either going to scare you or it's going to intrigue you. And the intrigue and scare both lead to sales. Right. And some people will just bypass it like yourself. I didn't buy it. I just didn't find it interesting. But it was big and hoy. 
Yes. I know a lot of people that owned it, playing it, loving it. Hawaii likes that gangsta image. They yeah. like that kind of stuff. And I don't, I'm not surprised. And it was requested on the box a lot of times. People wanted to see a bunch of Bloods and Cribs in a graveyard, I think it was. Like, looking sad. Right. And they wanted to spend two bucks on, on that. I mean, like, that's amazing. <laughs> I, I, I'd I rather do it. I'd rather see put them on the glass. Yeah, I I I'm gonna I'm gonna do it. Right, I, I I'd rather you know see, you know, some of those X-rated videos. <laughs> I but go figure. So props to everybody that paid two dollars to play. I wish you were here. I give you respect to hear a bunch of guys <laughs> rapping over dead people in the graveyard. Right. I can't. But respect to them because I'm right. not gonna say Because I think the same year DRS came out with Gangsta Lean. Well, for, yeah, for and then that no. song was like I miss my homies. I think you were confusing that one in too, right? With Bloods and Crips, well, DRS. Yeah. Right, Gangsta Lean, because it was all about... They're in the graveyard. Missing my homies. Gangstars and pouring a little liquor. All that right. stuff. Thug Life. You got it. I'm not going right. to say anything else. I'm going to run through a couple other albums that were... Oh, what, still oh, more? Another album that was released, uh, the, the the debut studio album of uh, the West Coast Havoc and Prodigy of South Central Park. Oh, Cartel, yeah. Living in a Crime Wave. Yeah. Right? We're not going to play any tracks off that. We're just mentioning albums. Ah, wow. Um and, That's and, a first. Huh? And a little group called Bone Enterprise. Oh, no. And an album called Faces of Death. There you it go. Was the, Not the videos. It was the first <laughs> time we've ever heard Bone Thugs and Harmony. Bone Thugs and Harmony. Bone Enterprise. Rapping over this reggae beat. Yeah. Oh, this album sold a lot, though, because people thought it was. They sold a lot after the fact. Yeah, after the fact. And they suckered people in with this album. Man, because. This it's is nothing. Pretty rough. Yeah. Right. So the album was released independently in Cleveland and then was re released. Later, after they got signed to Ruthless and blew up from Thuggish Rubbish right. Bone. Right. But, you know, like. So uh, the story was that Easy E came up with the name Thugs in Harmony. And he said, get rid of that bone name. And so he just wanted to call them Thugs in Harmony, but they insisted they keep the bone. Wow. Bone Thugs in Harmony. Well, there you have it, everyone. There you go. And I mean. But I'm, I'm glad we don't have to. Yeah, bone Enterprise. Forget it. This is pretty rough. This is awful. Yeah. Awful. Now, um, real quick, real quick, we're gonna move on. I did get a, I did get a mention. Uh, people are listening to this podcast, man. You know how I know? Really? I got a, I got a, a DM on IG Uh-oh. from a listener, and they actually called me out on making a mistake on Uh-oh. the '92 episode. Uh oh. Oh no! What so, did we forget? Stereo MCs is what we forgot. I, That's why. I wanted to give a shout out to Chris if you're out there. He called me out for Born Gangsters from Boss. Actually, was released in '93. The, he, he called me out. The, the single uh, "Deeper" was released in '92, and I got it mixed up. Oh, and so, hey, uh, hey guys, you know what I mean? You know so what? We're getting called out. Hey, but you got the recipe of a hoe. What are you gonna do? So well, that was an album that released in '93, "Born Gangsters." No way! How, how extreme is this guy? Like, how how is he keeping up on his facts? I think on I boss? think he's just a huge Boss fan, I guess. No, really? Yeah. This guy's got a. He said, you, well, he just sent me a DM. He was like, "Love the show, love the podcast." He got one album wrong, and it was Boss. Boss was '93. I think you should check check the date. Should and we? I went back and I checked the date and he was right. So Well who was this guy? Is this you know this guy? I know it's on IG man. Oh wow. Yeah. Alright, wow. Yeah. So you know, Unreal. Random. Yeah. That's pretty Yeah. The magnitude of this show, huh? Alright. So two uh, plus two, four. Okay, sorry. Now ninety three was a big year for sophomore albums. Right. And one of the biggest sophomore albums was from everyone's favorite, Tupac. Strictly from an end. Yeah, you're right. The N I G G A Z. Right. Yes. Because so, you had to say it like that. Because it's right. all dot, 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 do, you, dot. do you remember what that acronym stood for? It was an acronym. I don't remember. Never ignore getting goals accomplished. Hey, good. It's an uplifting. Uh, with a school. And adding the Z. There you go, yeah. Accomplished with a Z. You got to put Z's at the end of things. Right. In, in the hip-hop world, you have to end with Z's. So, right. yeah. 
Yeah. Right? But, you know, Tupac was famous, right? You know, this is also the album where... I get around. You got the Thug Life tattoo, right? Right. Right? The Hate You Give. This uh, the album created the image. This album right. expanded the image to build him up. To become what he is known for. This was right. it. This was the album that played the ground. Well, you know what's funny? The this was the lead-off single. So this was like, okay, we're back to militant, you know, militant Tupac. This, this single didn't, didn't, didn't hit. hit. But then, you know what so came what? up? Keep your head up. And we're gonna play I Get Around, but Keep Your Head Up was a big song. Yeah. And it showed a different side of Tupac right. because it wasn't as depressing as right. Brenda's Got a Baby. Right. And it was God awful. Tup Tupac sensitive, girl. You know? Right? No, that that's what guarded his female audience. Oh my god. He was because a genius when it came to getting hitting all demographics. Correct. Great marketing. He's a good looking guy. Right. He's becoming an actor. He's a dancer. He's starting moves with Janet Jackson, man. He's right. got it all figured out. So he puts this one out and then he puts out I Get Around, right? Right. Playing off both demos. Perfect. It's perfect. You play off both demos. And this is one of one of Shock G's best production yeah. songs. This is all by if far. not his best. This production. is his best production. Because at this point, Digital Underground is in the dumpster. So they came out of the woodwork to come back with this. And a lot of people consider this the real, true breakout album for him. Yeah, I agree. Uh, because Tupac Lips Now was, you know, it, it did sold okay, but it's too the singles, Keep Your Head Up and I Get Around was really a lot of people's first exposure to Tupac. Exactly. Right. And to, uh, I Get Around was huge. This song huge radio gold. hit. This right. song was gold. This was the biggest hit off the album. Right. Right? Is there a No More Tears on this song? Or uh, no, no More Tears is on the next one that's on the uh, Me Against the World album. Okay, got it. Right, right. But then, but you had uh, you had struggling, peep game, last words with Ice Cube and Ice Cube. Yeah, there's another song in here, right? You had five deadly venoms, their posse cut. Right, right. What, what, what else was on here? I mean, you had you had, uh, you had um, you know guest stars galore, right? You had Digital Underground, Live so Squad, Apache. You guess what? Oh yeah, so many tears on '96. Yeah. Okay, got it. But major hit, I, I, it, it, it grew the aura of Tupac, it's fine. The album only uh, went gold, it didn't sell gold platinum until he passed away. Correct. So this, even the album when he was alive, you know, he, he was growing with every album. Right. But it was, you know, his, everybody went back to it later. We could spend an hour alone talking about Tupac right. and what his influence is and what it, is he overrated or not and whatnot. Right. But uh, this, this, we can safely say, built the foundation for the aura of this guy. This is one of my favorite Tupac albums. If I gotta listen to like, you know, like. If I listen to one? Yeah. I, I mean, I put I, Tupacalypse now only because of, uh, you know, in my top 10 that year, only because number one, political reasons. And also to me, it was a pretty kind of slim year right. for really breakthrough stuff. Break, breakthrough, breakthrough, you know right, what I mean? Like right. debuts. Uh, That's a good for, question though. Would I be able to yeah. listen to a Tupac album entirely? I think I don't all think eyes I on me, maybe. I couldn't do it. No? That's too long. Too long, the double album. There's double album. And then, I, I don't know, I just, I've, I've said before, I'm not a fan. Now I'm gonna play an album that I know you definitely won't listen to the entire, even though we're fans of this group. It's the sophomore album from Leaders of the New School. Oh. Time, The Inner Mind's Eye. This is a sad album. This was a sad album, This is very sad for a lot of people. A lot right. of guys love this group. A lot of guys claim that they love this album. We you were guys all hyped for this album. This you guys was, don't like this album. This was released October 93. Remember how long we waited for this album? Right. We waited and waited right. and waited. Uh, the one crowning moment that made it all sad was when they performed this said song right here, live on the old TV rap. Right. And they forgot their cues to who was supposed to rap next. 
And then Dinkle D, I think it was, just looked at Charlie Brown like, damn, man. But it perfectly doing? summed up where the group was at. They were completely they out were of sync. Falling off. Right. So falling you know, down. Charlie Brown, Dinkle D, Milo, Cut Moderner, Milo, and Busta Rhymes. Who they made who they started to have rap. Well, this was a troubled production from the start, I heard. Yeah. You know what I mean? So there was a group turmoil. Obviously, right after Busta's verse in scenario, he got all the hype. Right. Right? Which Charlie I mean, Brown was the supposed frontman. It was Busta the beginning of the end. All the love. Scenario was the beginning of the end for this group. And then uh I don't know if you guys know the story, but this, you know, LONS submitted this album to the record label multiple times and they kept giving it back to them going, it's not good enough. Right. They had to go back, re-record songs, and a guy who was helping, you know, A&R was Dante Ross. Right. So Dante Ross actually in interviews was said, he said, man, the album was whack. Yeah. And he goes, the group was just not gelling creatively. Dante... Uh, came up with one of the ideas and recalls the record label said, hey, we'll hire Q-Tip to go in the studio, produce the whole album. We'll pay him to produce the whole album and do the whole entire project. They, they turned it down. Yeah. Well, there you go. So Dante said, you know, Electric Records... Not even Dante Ross can save the day. Electra Records was desperate, right? Yeah. Um, basically, they were like, okay, just have them put out what they completed and we're just gonna sign Busta to a solo deal, right? And it was the probably was the best thing that Electric well, did. Well, let, let's cut to the chase and end on a positive with this album. Play the best song on this album, right, which is spontaneous. One of the best posse cuts of the night. This is, I would clearly top five, right? Maybe top three. Right. The singles "What's Next" and "Classic Material," you know, they they were moderate hits. Yeah, a lot but of they were don't realize cheesy. What's Next went to number one on the rap charts. Yeah, because of the excitement of right, the buzz. Right. Excitement. Then it kind of died. Then the hype died. I, I'm gonna have to go on a limb and say that this posse cut, because I can't think of one right now, is gonna be right under scenario as number two of yep. best posse cuts of all time. Yeah, Cabot can like rap the whole song. I mean, right, and it, a lot of Hawaii hip hop heads know this song very well, and justifiably so. This is a classic. It's the best song in the album. This know, is by far the best song on the album. This is a 10 mic song all the way through. Got Rumpel Till skins uh, on here. Right, and it's just, it's the epitome of just uh, what a hip hop posse cut is. And yeah, I mean, I would like to end on a positive because this group fell hard. Yeah, and and, and they deserve they deserve that respect. We never got a Charlie Brown solo album. We never got the Charlie Brown uh, solo album. Busta went to his own realm. Right. Uh, he didn't bring up these guys. He decided to bring up that one idiot, that Spliff Star, whatever his. Spliff Star, Rampage. He did the whole crap, old crap. Squad, right? And then the girl was the broad. What's her name? Broad Digger. Broad Digger, whose best claim to fame was playing a nanny. The 13 ghosts. <laughs> why a group? Why a family? Figure this one out. A Holly family that's like broke, yet they got some nanny hanging out, and it's Rod Digger. Go figure that one. Well, that's the group that he decided to push out, Buster Rhymes, whatever. And we, we get Rod Digger in 13 ghosts rather than Charlie Brown. It was so wild. I don't know. I don't know so, what you would decide. Anyone listening? But rest in what peace. What would you want? Rest in peace of the career of LONS after this, as far as just yeah, that you was know, it. They, they imploded. Yeah. They never recovered. They well, were, they showed up on a Busta solo album. Right, right, right. I mean, they a, came, in they, a weird way, but right. they were they had on a guest it. track on the first album. Yeah. Right. So, uh, when disaster strikes. Right. Out, right. That sums up the LONS suck. Uh, right. Well, no, was it, was, it with was, this? was it the coming? I think it was the coming. You're right. It the was. Like, they were a track on that one. Just trying to. Hold, hold it, whatever, together. Yeah, now, another group released a sophomore album and a group that we always talk about that don't get respect, Above the Law, Black Mafia Life. Right? Uh, above the Law, it's, it's too victim bad. Of, the worst victim of timing of almost all time in hip-hop. 
right? They're the worst diamonds. It's too bad. Very sad. So, this was the sophomore album of the Pomona-based uh, gangster rap group, right? Cold 187, KMG, Goldmack, and DJ Total Chaos. And this album was actually made, recorded in 91, yeah. and it wasn't released till 93 because of all the legal issues that was going on with Dr. Dre's departure from Ruthless. Right. And the album, the record label just shelved the album for a year plus. So that's why when this came on in 93, it sounded dated. It sounds dated, yeah. It sounded dated. It does sound dated. Yeah. Bad timing. It's just, it's a shame. It's a shame. People check out Above the Law. People check out Above the Law in 1990. If this came out in 91, 92, man, yeah. you know? Yeah. I don't know, man. I just always felt bad for these guys. I agree. I totally agree. The archetypes for building the West Coast sound. Yeah. Putting on artists like Cocaine, yep. you know, uh, you know, just they don't get their due. Yeah, I totally you know, agree. It's you got this is the lead-off single with Tupac and Money B. Call it what you want, but you know, shout out to Above the Law. No, shout out Above the Law. We, we still over. remember. They got to release Uncle Sam's Curse with Black they, Superman. That's correct. But um, we still remember know, Above the Law. This is a, a really forgotten, slept-on album. So if you if you guys get a chance, check out Black Mafia Life from Above the Law. Yes. Really good. Now another group came got? out, reinvented their sound, the Youngsters. Yeah. So this is the second album from the Philly-based trio. Is this, what is this? Hip Hop uh, Ride? Uh, no, this is Who's Pop. Uh, this is the one. Uh, oh, I wasn't a fan. Basically, they learned that having their dad produce their first album, or not their dad, but basically they had their in-house producer right. do their first album. They went with the all-star group of production oh, round, right. right? DJ Premier, Pete Rock, 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 right. Marley Mall, right. Meat Nuts, right. Naughty by Nature. Pull out the heavy hitters. All the heavy hitters, right? And I it, agree. It didn't, it didn't go nowhere. I though. agree with you. This is really pretty forgettable album. You it's know? just it's vanilla. You know, the youngsters was that group that was always just trying to, you know, adopt us, adopt a sound to. They couldn't. They couldn't figure it out. Stay in the game. Yeah. You know, they, they're they didn't all. Know. They're competent rappers. But just, it, just, it just doesn't stand out in an overcrowded market. It's overcrowded market. It just sounds too vanilla, generic. Yeah. But it's not over for Quan, Taj, and Tariq. They got Hip Hop Ride coming up. In oh, the yeah. That was decent hit, right? decent hit, you know? What else so we got here? Another album that came out, sophomore album, Straight Up Suicide from DOS Effects. Yeah. Now, this was an album they had a lot of pressure. They had to follow up their... It was a pressure. But then we don't want to hear the riggedy diggity diggity. But then nobody want to hear the riggedy diggity. So what do you do, Dos Effects? So they gotta you gotta freak it. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, this song you could put on the first album and it, it matches. So it's like if it ain't broke, don't fix it vibe right. here. But after this, I don't remember anything else after this album. Yeah, this was like a, the only like kind of modest hit. Uh, on the album, you know, DJ Premier did that remix for Caught in the Act. I don't know if you remember that. Oh, one. that's only right. On vinyl. That's right. That's, and you know what's so funny? This is probably the best song that came out of this project, which not on the album. This is super hard to find. And this has the beat from a song that we right. all know. Biggie, give me one more chance, beat. Yep. This was used before that song. Right. But yeah, straight up suicide. A uh, yeah. little bit of a dip. Uh, I would, I would, I wouldn't call it a full-on sophomore slump, but it was a letdown. It for was a letdown. Um, they get, they improve with the next one. Now, but. another group that had a sophomore album but actually had a big hit, Young Black Teenagers. This was, this song was I good. never bought this album. Nope. Uh, I, I know this song. I thought it was fine. They came on Jane Pratt. I'll mention Jane, Jane Pratt, Pratt again. Jane Pratt. And talked about Wiggers. 
and they talked about how Uyghurs is cool, and I'm like, yeah, shut the fuck up with this Uyghur shit. And Drew Ha was like, yeah, man, I agree. No, you don't. And that's all I know of them. Right. So yeah, and this was the rapper Cameron. He was in. Uh, he was the Cameron with a K. Yes. Right. He was in uh, House Party too. And don't forget right? DJ Scribble, part of this group. And DJ Scribble. MTV Zone. DJ Scribble was the biggest thing that came out of this group. How about that, right? right. Who would have thought DJ Scribble would come out of this and right. be like the guy for MTV? He was the guy for MTV for years. Right. The other guys were ATA, Firstborn, and Firstborn. Firstborn. Yeah, right. because they, they would shout him out in the intro of this song. Right. Firstborn is in the house. Oh, right. that's him. So scribble, scribble is in the. Oh, that's him. Yeah. Yeah. So the album featured production again by the Bomb Squad. This is yeah. Bomb Squad's last leg. This is Bomb Squad's one of his best, better, better beats. This is one of the better Bomb Squad beats, I gotta say. And you know, produced a lot on this album, Terminator X. <laughs> oh God. Can we, when are we gonna talk about the Terminator X uh, album, the one with Houdini? Is that next year? Yeah. Uh, no, that's another. It all comes years. down the to money. Jermaine Dupree. Oh no, no, yeah, no, the Terminator no. X uh, in the Valley of in the Valley of the GP. The one where he does the one where it all comes down to money. With Houdini. I think that's like... You know this year. one, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Because he came out with the, the... I think it's next year. I think it's 94. It is? 94. Oh, God. I, I, I'm pretty sure it's 94. Look that up. Let's look up Terminator X. with this garbage? But, uh... Glancing over this album, we're gonna just briefly mention a couple other, uh... Sophomore albums that came out in 93. The World Is Yours, the second album from Scarface. No. Second solo album from Scarface. Uh, it was... Debuted at number one on the rap album charts, you know... Fairly forgettable album for a Scarface album, but you know is still loved by a lot of his fans. You know the singles were now I feel it, it like, didn't, let, yeah, let me roll. It didn't it didn't hurt him because he's gonna come out with some heavy hitters now, next year. Another album that was released was a sophomore album of a guy named the Intelligent Hoodlum. Oh. We know him as Tragedy Gaddafi. Yeah, and his lead single was for a movie oh, called Posse, oh, directed God. by Mario Van Peebles. Yeah. The Black Cowboy movie yeah. of '93. It's the Posse, and it was produced. Shoot the album up. was produced by the K. Def and Marley Marl, who also produced Lords of the Underground that year. Yeah, yeah, I remember this video. This video oh, was so yeah. stupid. But I'm glad he got rid of the intelligent hoodlum name. I dug it. You dug that name? It was fine. I mean. It does you all this fun. I mean, tragedy Gaddafi, come on now. Let's, let's... I, I like. I just thought he was. He just did that to fit in with Capone and Noriega. That's all tragedy Gaddafi right. was. It tells you Willem is like, okay, he's a smart guy, but he's street. Well, this, this is 94. Terminator X is 94. Yeah, <laughs> I, knew, I knew. I had it on my notes. Get ready, everyone. I had it on my notes. Terminator X and the Godfathers of Threat. Okay, Intelligent Hoodlum Posse. This had a lot of songs on it. Yeah, the album was called uh, Saga Bo Hoodlum. Yeah. Uh, the singles were uh, Grand Groove, and then he had a song called Pass the Tech with uh, the tech. Havoc. Wasn't there a Funk Mode or something? Funk Mode, right. Was That's probably one of the mode. best songs on the album. This one, I think it had the Brand Nubian beat, right? Wait. I think this, this was a Brand Nubian beat. Are you talking about the Funk Mode remix? Play, let this play. Let this play. Let's okay. see what the, what the bass line is on this. Here. It says Funk Mode. Yeah, it's just like Super Cat and Brand Nubian put together. And Get this, right this pre- uh, yeah. So I, I, I listened to this just because it sounded like Brand Nubian. I, 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 I love this beat. Yeah, I like Past Attack. I like Grand Groove. This is not a terrible album. Grand Groove was cool. Yeah. Grand Groove album. It, like. it had that piano, right? Yeah. That's the same Mary J. Blige, Smith & Wesson. This right. is how we do. Yeah. The production was dope. I mean, yeah. K-Def, again, K-Def and Marley Marl, they made a good combination. They're trying. Marley Marl is really going out guns blazing. Right. Pardon the posse reference. Right. But, I mean, he's, that's what he's doing. Now, uh, moving on to another solo rapper who came out, technically is 
second solo release. People call it his third album, but it is technically a second solo release. MC Breed, the new Breed, with his, I, probably his best song. This is his best song. Gotta get mine. I well. Unless you got, you're gonna go Eno Future in your front, I don't know. Oh, that's, that's a tough. tough one. They're gonna go off neck to neck. They they they're tied up there, but. I never listened to this whole thing. But everyone said that this is the third album. But remember, the first album is MC Breed and the DFC. It was yeah. a group. Yeah. So this was technically when he went solo, right. his second album. DFC comes out in 94, right? DFC would come out in 94. Yeah. With Caps Get Peel. There you go. Yeah. All right. But uh, know, This is a great song. He's got Tupac on it. Um, and he was a rapper that other rappers were fans of. I mean, this album had yeah. all-star production. had Warren right. G, right. Colin Wolf. He's building off the, the chronic. Right. Right? You know, so it was big for a Michigan rapper, you know? This I think this is my favorite Tupac song. Wow, I really? think so. Wow, I'm putting, I, I did not know that. Well, Two America's Most Wanted with Snoop, I, I always dug it, but I gotta say, for the early 90s, this is my favorite, well, top two, top two. If my homie calls, I still like it. There you go, forget it. But great album from MC Breeze. Another album that came out, another guy, Ed O.G. He's still trying, man. He's, he's out there, still putting out stuff. The album uh, feature production from Diamond D. Love comes and goes, huh? Love comes and goes. It does, right, Edo G? It does. I agree. This was produced by Diamond D, this song. Right. It's the lead single. And his other single, remember it? Skinny Dip. Oh, Oof, we're not oh, going to play Come on. Yeah. But, uh, you know, for a Boston rapper, you know, Edo G, it was he so, never put out terrible stuff. It just, uh, it was not, it didn't stand out. It didn't stand out. Market. It was, it was, it was so great to hear him with DJ Premier in like the early 2000s, but too little, too late, Edo G. Edo G's got a great voice, and I always thought he would be good with DJ Premier. But right. they finally hooked up in like 2001, 2002. But he just he just decided to put like I don't want to call it prissy beats, but he's got this voice. It's a great voice, and right. it, it, he's playing he's playing it over. This is a very rinky dinky <laughs> kind of like Prince Marky D kind of a beat here, you know, and it didn't match. It really doesn't, you know. Right. Come on, is it is it that person in Boston right now? Come on, Edo G. You, you got better with Premier. You had a song with Pete Rock, but no, get out of here with this. I got right. to have it was his best early '90s. Right, right, of right. Of course, I agree. Be I a father agree. to your child. Uh, was that it? Was that it, OG too? That was it. Uh, which one was that? Be a father to your child. Yeah, that, was, that, from right. that was from the prior album. That from the prior album. After right. that, that's it. Uh, just glancing over some things. Another uh, sophomore album came out. Swinging from High C. Now I like this song. This was got it like that. Yeah, this was on Radio Free on, on heavy rotation. Yes. Uh, this was a popular song in Hawaii. Yeah. This is I don't very... know if it was big in the rest of the country, but it was big in Probably Hawaii. not. But it was for some reason. Us Hawaii guys, we like this kind of G... We're playing this, we're playing Bloods and Crips right after. We and just I love say, it. I always said, High C was my all-time guilty pleasure rappers. He, he makes fun albums. Right. Fun yeah. and hilarious albums. Yeah. A lot of comedy on the albums. Right. This is a great song. Great video. Uh, I ain't mad at this. I did not listen to this album, though I wanted to. Uh, this is it. So, All right. no, no comments on yeah. that. Yeah, so... Swinging from High C. Wonderful. Uh, we're gonna talk just briefly about these. We're not gonna play tracks from these. We don't hey, need thanks. to. Hey, thanks. In a word or two from Money Love. I think you we can, can get out of there. Is that the one with Born to Breed? That was Born to Breed. Oh, okay. The song <laughs> produced by Prince. Yes. We're not gonna play it. Born to be. R E E D. Yeah. Born to Breed. That sounds so horrible, right? Yeah. You don't want to. You want to hear and that? It was the you guys uh, want to listen to second that? and final album of of 
I think you're. Are you craving some money, love, man? I just want to hear that beginning part. The, the, is there a remix? There's a remix version of this. The hip hop remix, or oh, is there like a Euro remix or something? She loved like, the Euro shit. Yeah, there's like multiple. Right, like twenty remixes. There's like twenty remixes. Where's the one with the, born to be? R E E D. Is this it? No, this isn't. Play remix number two. <laughs> Let's go with it. If you got them all, I'll know it as soon as it hits. I don't know it. Well, the tension builds, right? I know. That's not it. What the hell is that? Was it D-Light? What's the next one? No, this is not it. It was like a... It was a, it was a D-Light sounding beat, though. Don't you don't know it? The video version. No, Born to Breathe. There's a video version of this. There was like multiple remakes. Born to Be. No, get out of this. This is. Oh, God. This is hurting my ears. This sounds like Marky Mark and that other guy, Ita Mal, or whatever his name. Queen Kim Ital. Prince Ital. Forget it. Prince Ital Joe. We can't find the remix of Born to Breathe? If you know, you I don't, ask for, it, I don't ask for much on this I show. I did not download you, the song because it was not something that so I So then wanted, the one thing that I would find some play. pleasure on, you can't even get that up right now? Looks We're like on this show for 10 hours and I just want Born to Breathe. <laughs> okay. I didn't know there's remix. Okay, forget I didn't know there's remix. All right. Another rapper that came out, YZ. This ghetto's been good to me? This, yes. Okay. This is one of his best songs. Ghetto's been, been good to me is... But then, could anybody figure out what he's saying? Before he says, the ghetto's been good to me. Cha -cha! The ghetto's been good. Get to the chorus. Tell me, people out there, if you can figure out what he's saying. What is he saying? YZ. Let's get to so it. He's from Trenton, New Jersey. Right. Album man, production man, Trackmasters and Mark Sparks. Uh, Trackmasters, they're just, they're building. What's he saying? So far. No, he's not saying so far. Really? That's he's saying, jump up! Really? Yo, there wow. we go. We just crack that code. No. <laughs> Solve that. I don't get born to breathe, but I get to find out the chorus of YZ finally. <laughs> now, uh, another album that came out, and I, I vote for one of the worst songs of 93. Hey, I Get wait. Wrecked from Tim Dog oh. featuring Karis One. Oh, this was pretty bad. <laughs> this is. This was pretty bad. This oh. is bad, man. Karis, this is why we don't like you at times. Because you put out this. This this one was. Yeah. I remember watching the video and just completely. The strange. And it's pretty bad when you're a freshman and a freshman kid and you're pretty open to listening to any hip hop and you're like, yeah, this is this is not the one. This was bad. Yeah. Doesn't that sum it up, everyone? Tim Dog. Wow. I right. mean, the album was called Do or Die. Well, you know what, Tim? <laughs> I got news for you. Good lord. Fuck Compton. Good. This is what happens. You put out Fuck Compton, everybody comes after you, and then let's you get do into, this. Let's get into the lyrical genius of Tim Dog. I like that one. Come inside. I love it, Tim. Let's go. Come aside. Come inside with genocide. Oh my God. All right. Get out of this. All right. And uh, before we get into our next album, we'll just briefly mention oh boy. another, the last sophomore album that was released in '93 that we're 
uh, in this category anyway, was Kid Rock, the Polyfuse Method. Oh, really? After he got dropped from Jive Records. This is the first album. Who bought that album? No one bought that that album. album. I'm just mentioning it's on. Just mention it, move on. Get out of here, Kid Rock. But an album that you couldn't wait to talk about, Shock of the Hour from MC Ren. Uh, the confusing first okay. full-length solo album from can your I, top five can MC, I, can I, can Alonzo I, Patterson. Can I say something? Uh, is this the last album of the segment? No. How many more we got? Uh, oh, shit. When you sing ah, did you tell me? We got a few, man. You know, people got to eat, but I want to make a statement regarding this album. Right. <clears throat> I was very excited that he was coming out with a solo album, but when I saw the ads for this, gut feeling told me something is not right here. It just, something was not, it looked like something between the Poor Righteous Teachers and Paris. Right. And it's like we're going to be at a seminar. And I didn't understand what he was trying to do. And it lived up to what I thought. And it, I didn't want to be right, but I was. And it sucked. There's a whole story behind the album. So the, the rumor was the original debut album was called Life Sentence. It actually uh. had Dre tracks. Some Dre produced tracks. That was the one album. Remember you said that there's right. There was the yeah, lost Dr. Dre produced right. MC Ren solo right. album somewhere. There, there was tracks recorded, right. and it had that more classic hardcore gangster right. feel. But in 1992, MC Ren was introduced to the Nation of Islam by right. DJ Train. Right. Rest in peace, DJ Train. Right. Rest in peace. Um, but uh, basically, his new religious beliefs conflicted with the life sentence contact so he scrapped the entire project and made shock of the hour which was kind of a mix of ghetto and right it kind of had well, a more political kind of view too right and, and that, that doesn't bother me it just the but political... he changed his whole flow yes that's what that's what bothered me he went he, every song is slow like this guy kind of dug just kind of like right. I was like, holding on to Fuck something heard, right? I was holding on I'm like you know what I'm gonna like this song no matter what and but they all sound like this. This is such a polarizing album for NWA fans because right. it really, for a lot of people, they never came back to MC Ren after this album because they were just like, nah, this it doesn't sound like NWA. This doesn't sound like the right. MC Ren we right. do. He took a big gamble and he took it for his religious beliefs, which I respect. Uh, but someone, a producer, I should have told him, let's not make every song 80 BPM. Right. Every song is slow. Every song is rhyming slow. I mean, there can't be some, but you're telling me everybody in the record label are like, you know what, yeah, let's go with 12 songs and sound the same. Somebody should have said something. You can rhyme about politically stuff at maybe 90 BPM? 95 BPM? That's all I'm saying. Like, why was everything so slow? I didn't get it. Like, I, I like this because I was holding on to hope. But right. after that, there's, there's nothing else on this album. Yeah, Here we go, we're slow again. It was too slow. Yeah, the album was, was right. too slow. It, it got mixed reviews. No shit. You know, the album went gold, but it was a huge disappointment after the, uh, Kiss My Black Ass. It got gold based, platinum. based off his name, it got gold. Right. Based off the sheer fact it's an MC right And he now. would have a struggle, a solo album struggle after this. Oh, the album after right. this was the oh villain my God. in black. And, it. Yeah, it was a rough goal for. It was a rough goal. It's for it's so sad because I still you know I love this guy. Yeah. It's just it's just so sad that it's not sad for his political beliefs. Once again, it's just the direction he took the music could have been something else of a bigger magnitude. Right. And, Media on the front line was all right. Media on the front line was all right. But you know why? Because it's more upbeat. But this was also recorded for the CB4 soundtrack. Right. And then they dropped it on. That's why this song sounded like, it didn't sound like it flowed with the rest of the album. Correct. And it didn't. It sounded more like the MC Ren. Final Frontier. Yup. I agree. I agree. I, uh, 
All right. Well, there's another artist who released his got solo debut. It was Eric Sermon. No Pressure came out in uh, uh, October of 93. His lead this single album was Stay rough. Real. This album was rough. Um, this hit number one on the rap chart. Number one single. Because rap. of his name. Right. That's it. This album was garbage. I would say the most groundbreaking thing off this album it featured the first appearance of Keith Murray. That's it. On Hostile. That's all that matters of this album. Stay Real. Cheesy. Um, I and remember this. single was Hitting Switches. I did not like that. Right. Uh, that was on the Who's the Man soundtrack. Who's the Man soundtrack. Right. Uh, but, uh, this song was, was decent. Um, hostile was hot, man. It was, of course, for Stay Real. Like, you better wake up and smell the coffee. Stay real. I think that was the chorus. <laughs> Which leads to other EPMD members with other courses. So that will be coming later. This album, it wasn't a big hit. No. But, you know, it had, the, it had Stay Real, which was a, a good single. You know, it, it this was well. just a video. This was not a single. Yes, they this never was released just a video. This. They never released it officially as a yeah. single. But it introduced Keith Murray. Right. That was it. And that's pretty much it. That's pretty much it. So, uh, but the album would most importantly establish Sermon as a legitimate producer, right. solo artist, but his best work is yet to come. Right. Um, and then we still haven't had the answer of the rebuttal album from Paris Smith, which right. is coming later. Now, which in we'll talk about later. there was a lot of old school artists that were holding on to relevancy. In oh, no. no. But the, the one that broke through, Run DMC. That okay. was the king. Wow, we're only getting to this now. Wow, after hour nine. Okay. I dug this album. Yeah. I mean, there's a lot of filler. There's a lot of crap. Uh, ooh, what you gonna do? Right. Garbage. But they're in a, and they're, 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 they reinvented themselves. They're with God. Yeah, they had the backlash Black. from the Back From Hell album. Yeah, it was garbage. Right, right. right. So they come out, they get Pete Rock. They, so smooth. They're bald. Q-tip. Sunglasses. Black jackets. Right. Black Timbos. They become true New Yorkers. They get rid of the leather. They become militant looking guys. Seeing them in the oh. Tims was awesome. They got rid of the Adidas it, it for It worked. Now. It worked, though. It worked. Yeah. The, the Fab Five was at the music video shoot with Easy es in this video. All kind of cameos are in this video. Uh, great song. Yeah. CL Smooth's in this. Uh, but then you had a lot of crap. You had a lot of crap on this album. Well, it, it, it was they kept they were doing a lot of songs to change their style to be relevant, right? So That's they what were they did. adapting a lot right. of lyrical right. styles and flows that right. were were hip right. at the time. And so, another factoid: this song was played at my mom's wedding. Down with the king and bow wow wow. Were you responsible for this request? I was responsible for this request. The, I brought the tape. I brought the tape. All right, another another uh, old school artist that was staying relevant and I, I'm trying to stay relevant, but I I think it's their best album, arguably. It's Black Business from Four H's Teachers. This came out in '93. Yeah. I, I like uh, this album, man. This is a good I album. I defend this album. I am a fan of this one. This is a great track right and here. This is their best song um, on the album. Strangely, people don't mention this track when you talk about Portuguese teachers, interestingly. Very interesting. Um, but this is the one that had... Um, it had Nobody Move was the song. Nobody Move, yes. Nobody great move. song. I, I great song. But the intro to this is pretty... But this was a new, harder-edged Purchase Teachers coming right. from Pure Poverty. Right. And uh, and the first album was This sound worked, though. This was a joint. good sound. Yes, this is a good sound. I like the sound. And once again, Wise Intelligent, Culture Freedom, Father Shahid, rest in peace to Father Shahid. But, you know, Wise Intelligence, again, we put him in the Rodney Dangerfield conversation yeah. as well. Oh, yeah. You know? Wise Intelligence is very underrated. The album was a hit with critics. 
Mike's like I think four mics in the source. Yeah. But just never didn't sell. I mean, this group's appeal just was so limited to just the East Coast. I it's think. East Coast. You don't know if they're reggae or not or dancehall right. or what. This would be like number twenty something in my uh, tops of the '93. This is a fun one. Right. An album we'll just quickly mention here. The fourth album from the Ghetto Boys came out in '93. Till Death Do Us Part. This is the album where Willie D left and uh, the Convicts member Big Mike joined the group. That's right. Right. Uh, the album debuted number one on the rap charts. It would eventually go gold. There wasn't any singles I think worth men You know, like nothing really big. You know, there were Six Feet Deep and Crooked Officer. But right. you know, I think we're good on that because I we have another album that um, you you want to talk about. It's an album called The Four Horsemen uh. from the Ultra Magnetic MCs. This is the third album from the Bronx Quartet. Cool Keith said, "G T R Love, Mo Love." You know what? This is an album you've been waiting to talk about, man. This is total trash. I'm gonna say this. But you know, at the time, remember everyone was like, Ultra Max is back. And No, they weren't. Okay. The source gave this four mics, I wanna say. Fuck that shit. No. Like people I remember rap critics were like Ultra Mags are back and they were like touting this album. I bought the album and I was like, Yeah, it's pretty forgettable. I, I don't know why anybody thought this was anything good. Listen to this song. Say G, everyone. Yeah. Not good. It's not good. Okay? Ultra Magnetic never came out with a good album. We just wait for Cool Keith to rap. That's we're waiting we're for Cool Keith to rap. That's all we're doing. Critical Beatdown, people say it's a classic album because we're waiting for Cool Keith to rap. Right. That's it. The beat sucked. We're waiting to break off, do Dr. Octagon, Deltron, <coughs> I mean, not Deltron, but uh, waiting him to do... Uh, we're just doing uh, the Black Elvis. Black Elvis. All of his incarnations. Right. We, we get it. But the song is called Two Brothers with Checks, San Francisco Harvey. Harvey, yes. What the bloody fuck are you talking about? <laughs> okay, abstract, Amy. Who gives a shit? And then, and what else is on there? Raise it, it up. up. Oh. Oh, God. Yep. I mean... Let, let, let's just let this song. I'm just gonna shut up. Listen to how bad this, this song is. This was the second single. Listen to how crap this song is. Yeah, Kiko Ki doing his thing. We like that. But then. So you don't know anyone who, who enjoyed this album. I want to find him. <laughs> Here's a factoid. You guys come and find me if you tell me you're a fan of this album. Okay? No, you're not. No one is. This, what, what the hell listen to this shit? <laughs> and then the chorus. You thought the YZ chorus was bad. Let's I like get that to the YZ chorus. chorus. Well, you know, at least I can hear what they're saying. But I mean, and then said G comes on. Oh, let's get to the said. Let's get to the chorus and then said G rapping. Oh, oh yeah. Ultra magnetic. But you know, it makes sense that like said G and Tim Dog were like down, right? Because they rap almost the same, right? They should have formed the group. Yeah. They should have formed the group because no one cares. Holy shit. This is garbage. Alright, we're gonna move on. Two brothers to that with chicks. Now another group came out with an album, JB's with the Remedy, the Jungle Brothers. The third album from Mike G, Africa Baby Bam, and DJ Sammy B. Oh. After four years, just gone, disappeared. You know why? Because they're waiting for the hip house to come back, right. which it never did. So they're like, shit, I guess we got to rhyme at 90 so BPM. This was the lead single, 40 Below Trooper. It was okay. But the hot jam was the Q-Tip remix for On the Road Again. On the Road Again. again. Right. right. So There's a couple of remixes quick. that are good, but 
you're probably going to play the one that uh, is the most known. Right. Yeah, the most well-known remix is this. There's right. a few other ones, but... This was the one for the video. Once again, I bought this album because of this song and the video, and this is not on the album. Got it. But, um, you know, Jungle Brothers, their career's not over. They're still releasing albums. They're still building their fan base, but it's a different fan base, right? Because yeah. you said they shift from more of a hip-hop to more of a house sound. Yeah, they didn't. They were, they were, they were uh, victims of what they were trying to be innovative with. They were trying to do this hip-house shit that 1990 had to come to an end sooner or later. Right. 1991 had to come a later. That's why people like D-Light, all these guys, they couldn't figure it out after 93. And this is what they're doing. They're calling up their native tongue guys. They're like, "Hey, let's let's get, give us some beats, give us some drums yeah. again." I think I think now I'm overall pretty forgettable. Yeah. You know, um, moving on to the Trifling album from King T. This probably make my bottom twenty of uh, albums. This uh, is a good one. I think it's my favorite King T album. Uh, is this the one with Dippin'? Track by track. The, the, this is the lead single, "Got a Bad Y'all," with the first oh, appearance okay, of the God, Alcoholics. Alcoholics. Yes. Dippin' is next song. Next so Dippin' was the Four Life album. Yeah. Right. But this is a groundbreaking album because he's album. introducing Nefertiti, yeah. Madcap, Alcoholics. You know, play like a piano on this. No, that was the album before. before. This. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So this had um, at your own risk. This had Black Together again. Got a bad y'all on the rocks. Right. Just flaunting. This is in the twenties. This is in the twenty something. King, all King T material is is solid. It's solid. Right. It's not groundbreaking totally, but, he but it's solid. But he's making solid albums. It's consistent. He never put out solid. a bad album. He's the Rodney Dangerfield, right. Mount Rushmore. Remember this one? At yes. Your own risk. Yes. The uh, remix. Right. So this would be the last King T album he released on Capitol Records before moving to MCA, and then he had a troubling career of bouncing around from record labels. At one point, he was going to sign to Aftermath Records, and right. just the guy just. Again, victim of bad timing. You know, he just never got his due. And, he, you know, Notorious B.I.G. has gone on record in saying that King T was one of his influences when it came to MCs. Right. But King T is just a guy that just, again, not got, get didn't get his due. Yeah. He said it time and time again with several guys. He's one of them. But another, a West Coast rapper who was getting all the love, Too Short. This is the Getting Where You Fit In album. Uh, it, oh. I believe this made uh, Kenrick's top... 10? It made oh. his top 10, I believe. I think you're if right. This make it, if this didn't make his top 10, this made his. Uh, no, I think you're right. I think it made his top 10. Wow. So this was the eighth wow. album from the Oakland icon legend. Congratulations, Kenrick. Yep. This, this, this is a pretty. It, it, I. It's fine. You know, it's it, a good it's album. Fine. I think it's. No, in but, the, if you're looking at the no, total. Wait. Two short album wait, wait, wait. discography. This is one of the best. Are, are we political to say that it's fine? I mean, really, are we really enjoying an entire Tupac a two short album? I, I really. I guess. I guess for me personally, if I gotta listen to a, if you're giving me one, two short album to listen to, this is gonna be the one. I, I guess so. Yeah. But I, I don't think we're really excited. No, we're not. You know. Yeah. Which incarnation of this is this? Though? It's Money in the Ghetto. Oh, right, we're still too short. Sorry. Yeah. Yes, Money in the Ghetto. Yes. We'll move right on to this. This is a radio hit. To though. an album that I know me and you will both enjoy talking about 14 Shots to the Dome. The it's, fifth album from okay. Queens rapper LL Cool is this, is this the last album of this segment? Are we, how many more we got here? A couple more. What does that mean, a few couple more. more? I'm just going to okay. mention them. I know you're going to kill yourself soon. Okay. So. 
this album really was trash. It, it was so bad. Uh, he's coming hard. How I'm I, coming? He's, that's how he's coming. You know, a lot of rappers over the years like to use the word coming. Yeah, at least he was and spelling it right. At though. least he spelled with an O. But it's just that. And the, was Pink Cookies in a plastic bag on that's this? Right. Forget it. Okay. Now what are we doing there? Now we got two brothers with checks, San Francisco Harvey. Now we got Pink Cookies in a plastic bag being crushed by millions. Being crushed right. by buildings, correct. Being crushed by buildings. Okay, yeah. thank you. There. I mean, we had backseat of my Jeep, which was probably one of the be better songs. Uh, that was, was by QD3. It was better, and it, it was better because it sounded like a West Coast song. But yeah, the album was confusing. It got criticism from the East Coast because he was enlisting West Coast producers like DJ Bobcat and QD3. Yeah. He was trying to adopt this harder, more rugged style because he was getting flack from, you know, the crossover success of Mama Said Knock You oh. Out. There was a lot of pressure on Cuckoo LL right. at this point. Homecoming was so bad though. He really like he he, he sounded yeah, very I would, desperate. I would say that yeah, in the L Cool J discography, this is one of the more forgettable. This is worse album. albums. Uh, MC who had another who had a, released her fourth album was MC Light, and she had one of her biggest hits, Roughneck. Okay. This clarified. The Ain't No Other. Yeah, this clarified something for me because I always thought MC uh, Light was a lesbian. Maybe she's bi. But then she comes out with a song she, uh, yeah. she wants a roughneck, so she does want a man. Right. Clarifying she does want a man. She is married. Let's, for the she's record, married? She's married to a man. No, because I always, I always thought MC Light was the cutest one. She's married to a man. Like I would have, wow. A man, man. She's a man. <laughs> she's a man, baby. Yeah. Well, MC Light I always thought was attractive. I always was like, if I had to date one of these female rappers, it would be Moni Love or MC Light. Right. But I thought MC Light was gay. But MC Light, she, she gave me... Uh, I don't know what the word is, uh, made me more comfortable with this song because she wanted a man. Right. So I, I felt better about myself. Produced but by Rex and Effects. You can tell it's a Rex and Effects yeah. It's got the same kind of treble as the Rum Shaker. Right. But this sucked. This is garbage. Yeah, the album was, you know, for the most part, pretty rough. It's very rough, you Nick. Know, yes. The other single she had was I Go On. Oh, yeah, that's right. That was okay. I Go On. That was all right. But, uh, you know, the album would, would go on and be one of the most successful albums and kept her in the game. So, it did, because you know. it was a commercial success of this. Now, yeah. another album that came out looks got? like a job for Big Daddy Kane. Oh, is this how you get a record deal? The How to Get a Record oh, Deal. Oh, God. So this was the fifth album, and it was the quote-unquote comeback album. Remember? Because he was coming off of Taste of Chocolate and Prince of Darkness. And he had very special on this, right? Very special was the big hit. You know what? Once again, Big Daddy Kane, a victim of his identity. He only had one good album. That was in 1988. After that, it's all trash. But he's doing the same thing that um, Run DMC did. He's, he's enlisting Easy Moby. Large Professor, Trackmasters well, to do the Trackmaster produces this it song. It still sounded dated. It still sounded dated. How You Get a Record Deal had a lot of bad punchlines in there, which I found comical, which is why I still like the song. But very special. I could not listen to that ever. Yeah, we're not going to play very, but this was How You Get a Record Deal. So he had a lot of good little, t he had a lot of good comments in this song. He's singing, he's doing all little jokes, he's trying to be witty and fun. Which of a holiday? No, 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 no way. We gotta do that part. Like oh, like wow, presidential campaign. Did you like this beat? Yeah, that's fine. But it, it's but nothing his, his, groundbreaking. Right. It's it's a filler, it's an album track, but he made it a, a single. Right. Let's get this one. Red Rum. Oh, Red Rum. Oh, hey, wow, that's great, Big Daddy. That's great. Should we call you Big Daddy or we call you Kane? 
Everyone's every line. He's trying to. He's trying so hard. Right but, but oddly enough, you know, the funny, the irony was that you know he, he did this album to get away from the the crossover songs he was doing with Taste of Chocolate, but then his biggest hit is very special. Right. Right. He, he, so he did like, the same thing. Right. Okay. Here we go. Oh no, I thought. Oh, you thought there's another line. There's another line. All right. Everything's witty. He's so witty in this song. He's All trying right. literally every lyric to be like, I'll do himself in this We're song. We're only going to play one track from the next album. Oh, God. It's You Better Ask Somebody from Yo-Yo, only because this was one of my favorite West Coast. It's the Bonnie and Clyde theme, oh. which you included in your West Coast mix, yeah. which I think is a totally forgotten West Coast song. People won't remember this song. You know, this People don't remember this song. Number one Billboard but rap song. Anyone out there wondering why Jay-Z and Beyonce did Bonnie and Clyde Part 2 is because of this song. If you remember, it was called Bonnie Clyde Part 2. Jay-Z remembers this song. This is the song. But this was the third album from Yo-Yo. She's trying. She's trying her best. She's trying, man. Again, production, QD3. He's doing his thing. Baker Boy's doing his song. Ice Cube, you know. This is probably my favorite Yo-Yo album. If I gun to my head, I gotta listen to a Yo-Yo album, this is the one. Well, good luck to you. I've never listened to a Yo-Yo album. I don't intend to. I like Can't Play With My Yo-Yo. I like this. That's it. And then I'm just going to mention the last three albums, last oh, four albums. Four! Real quick, all samples cleared from Biz Marquee, the oh. fourth and final album from Biz Marquee. Is that the one with the, uh, I want to turn you on? Uh, I just let me wanna, turn you let on. Let me turn you on. Right, where he's singing it. Which I, I kind of dug, dug, strangely, it? because it was just, it was different. You want to hear that one? No. no. Okay. <laughs> but um, I, I, I acknowledge it. The Body Hat Syndrome from Digital Underground no, came out. No, I can out. get out of there and throw from, that in. From the Oakland group. You can throw that in the toilet. The, the, the career is done. The Return of the Crazy One. Return of the Crazy One. Okay, I'll say this. I like Return of the Crazy One. Right. But it was so, at that point in time, in their career, it was so far gone that it there's not there's no turning back. Their right. Their career was in the I toilet. agree. I agree. That I Return agree. of the Crazy One sounded different and fun, right. but it's not going to bail them out. Right. So, we don't need to play that. I, I no. think I put that on the West Coast mix. I did it, but whatever. And they had that song, What's Up, What's Up With The Love with Tupac. No Remember one gives a had, damn about the love. It was a rough one. Yeah. So, we had Home Invasion from Ice-T. The fifth oh. album. Is that um, the one with G-Style? That was the one with was I Ain't it? New To This. It was that. Wasn't there another song though in it? Uh, it was. Was there a single? There was another one that sounded really stupid. I think, I think you're thinking of the album after the Home Invasion, but here, look really? up Home Invasion, yes. What is on there? What else is on there? Ice-T Home Invasion is not found on iTunes. They took it off? They took it off as well as I Don't Blame Them. Oh, wow. Um, I don't remember much about it. I just remember this was after Body Count. And yeah, I didn't download crap. any songs off this because I honestly didn't think you were going to want to listen to anything off this album. And I don't so. think Ice-T wants to listen to anything on this <laughs> album. I, once again, people, okay, Ice-T, a great personality. I think is a great actor. I think is a great uh, persona. He is, his persona is bigger than his musical career. It clearly is. He only had one good song, and it's High Rollers. What are we going to talk about? The people in the, the Gun Tower? We're gonna talk about that song. We're gonna talk about uh, there was a song called G Style he did, which was. Really I want to say it came out an, it later? a later album, okay. possibly. But, but I mean, you know. And then what else do we remember of Ice T? There goes the neighborhood. That wasn't even a rap yeah. song. Yep. So like, he's a great persona, but that's it. And the very okay, I did. There was one last six album. in the morning, maybe. There was one know. last album that oddly came out in '93. Roll with the flavor. Oh, Flavor Unit. Flavor, Flavor Unit MCs. Flavor Unit MCs. Is that the one where Drez goes, if I got a nine, and you got a nine, and I got a nine. And they had the single and video with for the Roll with the Flavor. With like 30 guys in it. Now, a lot of people don't realize that this album did not really do well. 
There you go. There's Trench. But there was is running. The album had a surprise hit. Do you remember what it was? And it wasn't a rap song. Flavor Unit at a non. This was on Flavor Unit. That's it right. It was the debut of Johnny. Johnny. This is a ten mic song. Produced by KG of Naughty by Nature. Yeah. So you know it's funny that you know Flavor Unit management. You know they wanted to roll out this roster of artists, right? So it's Queen Latifah, Naughty by Nature, Almighty RSO, right? Uh, D Nice, Freddie Fox, right. Rotten Rascals, right? Apache. Yeah. Right? They had a big squad. They had a big right? roster. They had a big roster of all these guys, right? We were talking and about gangsta bitch. The biggest hit off this is Jane. Yeah. I love it. What, I a, think what a fuck you to all them. Right. Yeah. This was a hot song. This is this is KJ still production awesome. all the way. Right. This is played to this day. Right. You this still is, play this in DJ I played still this point last week. Still works. And it's a it's a depreciation of ten mics. Um, it lives up to everything. Local people love this song. I don't know anybody that does not like this song. But it's not odd. We're ending out the honorable mention rap album I love it. with a R and B song. I love we it. Give everyone's ears a break. I love it. Yeah. Enough of this grimy shit. Yeah. But enough anyways, of this. I saw it coming. Can you believe we made it through forty? Four albums. We're at 90 minutes in the segment. 44, 44. I haven't eaten in 69 hours. There you go, man. Is that it? Are you sure this is? You're not gonna swerve me and be like, "There's a surprise." We're done. We're done. So, hope you enjoyed. But remember, we got one and duns. So, how many more segments we got? What? What are we waiting here? Just one more. You sh- You sure? One more. The one and duns, and then that's it. Good night, yeah, everybody. That's it. All right. Well, say say your say your classic line as we go to go to a break. We're here. gonna take a quick break, yeah. guys. Let's go. Let's, let's do that. So oh, have a little shit. snack or something, and uh, we'll see you with one and done. Holy shit! Let's play play the rapper Rod Rascals guy. He's he's on here, right? Once again, it's all and today come. Let's end with that. Let's end with that for. Is he even on this one? Here we go. Rotten Rascals. Here we go. Hey, come on, everybody, sing it. This is Tretch's younger brother. Right. Everybody, everybody, listening to this wherever you guys are—the toilet, in the car. Sing it, you guys know the lyrics. It's a hot jam. All right, man. Okay, let's, let's get, get out, out of here. here. Okay, bye. Remember this crap? At first, I liked it because I, I was excited. Everybody did. I, I was excited they were back because we were waiting for the second album. The video, I did not like. The video pissed me off. Right. Because when you saw the Hollies in the video, I'm like, now I see what they're trying to do. And at 93, we're, we're kind of getting smarter, hopefully. And I saw it, the writing on the wall, and it, it made me sad. It wasn't. It was a broke, don't fix it album. That's right. So we're talking about the album Black Sunday, the sophomore album from the LA-based group of Be Real, Zen Dog, and DJ Muggs, better known as Cypress Hill. And we're talking about crossover albums in this segment. Yep. And we can definitely not deny that this album and this song was one of the biggest crossover hits of 1993. This did? This blew up? This was, I believe, one of the three uh, hip-hop albums that debuted at number one on the Billboard Pop Charts in 1993. I remember that. So it was major. It was a huge hit. Came out in July, I remember, right? And at that time, yeah, it came out in uh, yeah July 20th. All right. Yeah, so it was a big summer album. You know, Columbia, Rough House kind of like set the date for this to be like the album of the summer. Right? And oh, it was. Right. At that point, it became the biggest selling debut sales for a hip-hop album of all time until it was upstaged by another album later in the year, which we're going to talk about. Right. Right. It, it was, I don't know. I mean, how, how do I describe it? It's, it's uh, Radio Free loved the hell out of this song. 
They loved the hell out of this album. It was the fact that all the holidays were getting involved with this group got to me really, really hard. It really pissed me off. I'll never forget, I was in school and I was list and I had the Cypress Hill tape in my backpack. Kid sees me with this sitting next to me, and then he goes, I thought you like I thought you like rap music. I'm like, this is rap music. This isn't rap music. I'm like, what are you talking about? This isn't rap music. Cypress Hill is rap music. And I'm going into the debate with this fucking Yahoo who has no idea what hip hop is, <laughs> telling me that this isn't hip hop music. So what is he thinking this is? They're probably thinking this is the next alternative Big rock. Was an alternative, rock. alternative white, the next phase of grunge. Right. And that pissed me off. Yeah. I, so I, that I was can definitely see it. The, the album that bested it, Doggy Style. Yeah. That was the album, but that trumped everything. You right. Know, you know? Um, but, you know, the uh, album went triple platinum. Black Sunday went triple platinum. Yeah. The lead single, Insane in the Brain, went gold. And the video was probably one of the most most played videos on MTV for that summer. Yeah. It was all over the place. Yeah, definitely. Uh, the group was nominated for a Grammy Award, and the album was actually praised by critics. I didn't remember this. The source gave this album four mics. Huh. Um, and Rolling Stone <clears throat> gave it four stars. Okay, I can... I, I will... I won't disagree in 1993. Okay, that rhyme. I, I think it could be a four mic album because there was a lot of catchy stuff on there. It wasn't, it was a, if it ain't broke, don't fix it out. Right. It didn't go drastically in a different realm. This is a, it's a hot song. It's just a hot song appealing to a broader audience. Right. This was the uh, second single. I ain't right, going ain't out, going like, out that. like that. Right, right. This and was this was the only song on the album not produced by DJ Muggs. This was a T Ray. Oh, T Ray did this. Okay. I mean, you had you had a hit, hits from the Bongs right. on here, right? It so it, it 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 victim of great timing because the 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 Bong culture, the marijuana culture, was big in '93. Oh, no, no. I, I'm chronic. Not- we're definitely not going to argue the cultural relevance of this album. And we're that gonna, made but it. we're also going to talk about how this album burnt out hip hop fans on Cypress Hill. Yeah, it did. It definitely did. And Cypress Hill also, because of the success of this album, never seemed to recapture the glory days of their debut after this. No, this was it for them. This was the end. This album was the end for Cypress Hill. Well, we're going to talk about their other albums in future episodes. Right, and we're going to talk about them briefly because right. there was nothing good coming out of that. Yeah, maybe one, throw your hands in the air. Yeah, throw your hands in the air. That's all I remember. Tequila Sunrise. Oh, forget it. We're going to talk about that stuff. Come on. Rockstar. Forget it. Rap Superstar. Get out of here. Right. No way in hell I'm talking about that. So. Well, we're going to talk about that. Another another big crossover album that we can't deny that was released in February of 1993 was the sophomore album from Naughty by Nature. Yes. And it was 1993. This was big. Huge album. I remember seeing the world premiere, MTV world premiere for Hip Hop Parade. Yeah. We can say this is a corny song. It's played at weddings. It's played at kids' first birthday parties. But we can't deny Naughty by Nature. They, okay. They avoided the sophomore slump. Uh, I'll say this about this album. I remember UMTV raps. It was, you know how you have Fab Five Freddy doing his hour. You right. had the Ed Lover hour. You had the Fab Five Freddy where he's on location interviewing guys. Right. He was at the set of the Hip Hop Hooray music video. And he was interviewing everybody there. Right, the Run DMC, Eze, right. they're all there. He's all talking all da 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 da. And they did not show the song yet. They were gonna premiere the song at the end of the hour. So 
I know Nadi by nature as being these tough guys. He's got a machete in his hand. Tretch is ready to go with a machete. Everything's going to be all right. He's pissed off. He's mean. You know, Uptown Anthem, they're tough guys. And I'm like, wow, the 1993, oh, wow. okay, that sounds cheesy, but I'll, I'll, give him, I'll give him the benefit of the doubt here. This might be something. We go to the end of the show. This place, fuck me, bro. <laughs> I was crushed. I, now, I get they did OPP, but right, holy so already, shit. And they did, you know, and right. ghetto, we can argue Ghetto Bastard did have that pop, pop kind of appeal to it. Everything's going to be all right. The Bob Marley but it, it was still hard, though. It it's still, still hard. a hard-edged song. This is just a total commercial for like some car or right. commercial it's, for it's like a laundry Suzu, detergent. A Suzu Forester. Exactly. Player, right? I mean, and it's just the whole throwing your hands in the air thing. Like even back then, I knew that was just cheesy, you know. And I was like, wow, wow. And so I was this album, It was a smash hit in '93. Yeah. Went platinum. The album went platinum. And I think that they also knew that they were gonna get a little bit of maybe a little bit of backlash. They felt a little bit of it because the next single was "It's On." Which was this song I like. Right. This is probably the one of the best songs on the album. This takes you back to album one. Right. And great the, sample here of the sax. Now this is the KG production we know. This is the KG production we know. Not that drum right. bass line that they had for uh, hip hop array. This is the And also to stay in touch with their with the hip hop heads, they released a Beat Nuts sample of this a Beat Nuts remix of this song as yeah. well on vinyl. Did you own that as a DJ? Yes, I did. That was a good one. Good one. I and like then, this album version, though. This is a good, good I album. Think the version. album, you know, the album's alright. You know, you got that Ready for Them song with Heavy D. The right. Love Comes First. Right. And you got a song. Is it written on your kitten on here? Written on your kittens on there. No. And let's, let's we'll talk about, about that QD3 remix. That's an excellent remix. Which was for the video. Also, again, yeah. extremely hard to find remix. Yes. I had this uh, remix, hard to find. Hard to find. It was vinyl only. And once I don't again, recall. QD3 definitely. Want, he was a hot producer. He was an yeah. in producer at the time. For we'll talk about guys. him later. Yeah, man. Uh, Quincy Jones' son. Quincy yeah. Jones. Quincy, Quincy Jones, Jones the third. The third. That's right. basically it. But is it this this beat? The song you could just play the instrumental and you'd be good in a club. Um, you could play this late '90s and still get away with it. You could play this early 2000s and still get away with it. It's just a smooth. You, you can't deny not liking this beat. I don't know. Oh, yeah. You know? The video was was was, was fine, too. I mean, it's Tretch, you know, doing his sex thing, whatever. This is their least-selling you know. single, you know, of, yeah. the, of the album, you know. Yeah. But, it's not mainstream you know, at all. Because I think it just did It had modest success, but it just never, you know, Hip Hop Array was so huge. Right. That it just overshadowed everything, everything this, else. This is a mixed show song. This is a, a club song. Um, of course, you know, he's, da he's dating uh, Peppa. That's right. right. So Peppa's all in this, She's and they're the all video. like, you know, they're all like, you know, making out, whatever. And they got a lot of straight cats in the video, just walking around. A lot of cats, yeah, a lot of, a lot of cats. I don't know how they, they directed the cats, but they're there. They had a cat wrangler on the set. Cat, they had to. They had to. How the hell else are you gonna do this? The naughty by nature cat wrangler. Cats, of course, like, you know. Kitten. That's on our guy's resume. And look, we haven't even said the word pussy in this entire thing. Like Go it. figure. <laughs> what else we but, got? Um, it's a great song. Though. Big crossover song in '93, no doubt. It's. Snow. Uh, yeah, there we it's go. Darren O'Brien, aka Snow, the Toronto reggae dancehall artist, with his album 12 Inches of Snow. Get it? It's a dick yeah. metaphor. Yeah, metaphors. <laughs> we thought we, I said pussy earlier. Might as well say dick now. Good segue. Um, all I remember this guy, his claim to fame for me personally was they interviewed this brother right when this song hit and they asked him, Why do you talk the way you do? And his reply was, 
because I'm in such in the more ghetto impoverished niche uh, streets of of Canada. I think he's from Toronto. Well, he grew up in Toronto, and he grew right. up with all Jamaican right in a Jamaican in housing the, projects in the housing in projects. housing projects that housed a lot of Jamaicans. Right, and so he learned that patois, so, that patois yes. kind of speak. Where you sound like you don't know what you're saying, that but Jamaican speak. We from, have to listen really from hard. His friend. Right. So I want to know how did he get there. So um, do we have a story on how he got there? I, there was no, there was no story of the stork dropped him off of how he got there. But I'm guessing his. He, he probably is French Canadian. His parents probably were poor, and that was just what they could there afford at the time. You know? Is that is Rick Martel, but the, the story, model? The story behind this song and the story behind his success was um, he basically went to Queens, New York, and met MC Shan uh, through you know mutual through uh, mutual friends, yeah. and basically the duo you know MC Shan thought, oh, this is my meal ticket. This is the guy that right. has talent. He's right. unique. He saw the marketability. Obviously, we have Vanilla Ice right. a couple years prior, and the duo recorded a four-song demo, which featured Informer, right? right. MC Shan produced all the tracks. Right. It was then they took they shopped it around. He got signed to East West Records, which was the Atlantic Records right. division. And but the single uh, was released while Snow Snow actually had to go back to Canada and face murder charges, attempted that's, murder that's charges. That's right. That's so right. Literally in jail when this single came out. Right. 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 So it was, he was in a bar fight. And, right. Uh, I remember that's this. That's why the song is actually addressing I the charges this. that he was facing, right? He yeah. stabbed someone along the lane because he actually right. he was accused of stabbing somebody. Right. Right. That's why. And well, we got to address this. Now, as we know, Karis One and MC Shan, they don't really get along in the hip hop world. They've had battles throughout the years prior. Karis One had. A white reggae guy named Skadanks. That's right. And it didn't really go too well. One of the worst names. Correct. And let's fast forward to now. Of all people, MC Shan yep. comes out with some Howley doing the reggae. What a fuck you to KRS One. Crazy. I mean, who didn't think that when you saw MC Shan at the end of the song? Please, Mama Door. I'm like, what? And the what song is he doing explodes. here? The, the single goes multi-platinum. Right. The album, the album goes platinum in the U.S. It goes triple platinum in Canada. Right. You know. And of course, he's got that great other song. What's the other one? Girl, I've been hurt. Da, so da, 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 da. The, the second single. That's which the one. Here we go. Was a modest hit. There was, we go. This sounded like a soul to soul kind of sound. That's it, right? right? Keep on moving. Or you can Keep play on moving this in with a mix with uh, Flex, uh, yeah. Matt Cobra, yeah. and Mr. Loverman, Shabba Ranks, right? Yeah. You can play that in the same mix. But just, uh, you know, shout out to MC Shan for getting this figured out, and you know. Yeah, he got it. Because the, the 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 Juice Crew was in the toilet, and Queensbridge was in the toilet. There he is. The Color Me Bad song. There you go, ladies and gentlemen, Snow. Look at that, huh? So, this uh, was a hit though. Hawaii, released, Hawaii yeah, liked this. The album was released in the beginning of the year. This was January, January of '93. Yeah, oh, beginning so, of '93. All right. Yeah. So that's 12 inches of snow from Snow. He one of one. He, it wasn't the end of him. He's not a one-hit one-hit wonder. He actually released a second and third album. He actually had decent hits on him. What was on that? Um, he had a song with like I want to say Terra Fabulous or someone else, but. We're I gonna, don't remember that. We're gonna talk about it. We're oh, talk about can't it wait for that, one, huh, guys? We're talk about it in later shows. I don't remember that. Yeah, All he right. did. He didn't. He, he's not considered a one-hit wonder. All right. Wow. An album that we're gonna just glance over really quickly. We're not gonna talk about it very long, but it was huge. It was very necessary. The fourth album from Salt and Pepper. They tried. They tried this their best. This is huge. With this one. It's yeah. One of the biggest-selling albums of the year. Five million copies sold. Well, you gotta remember that that 
this album came out way later after just you know uh, let's talk about sex let's talk about sex they so, were reinventing their sound exactly so they they tried they were really it. smart of rebranding themselves yeah this beat was done by uh producer mark sparks remember mark sparks, mark sparks wow right uh, and uh this was the first single they just reinvented themselves but this was a big hit major hit yep but not as big as what a man i'm not playing that song though that was a major hit I'm yes not playing it. don't play it don't play it. we what? end this show right now you play but that was a major hits. Major hits. And they figured it out. Right. And it's and it's Sunny a reinvention. Your business was another hit. Yeah, it's a great, it's a great invention. Tons tons of big songs on here. Yeah. Oh, we're gonna just glance over that one. Yeah, That's can, very necessary from Song Papa. Get out of there. But there was a big controversy. There was a song battle in '93. I don't know if you remember. Regarding this song. Whoop and Hoot. Oh, Whoop. Because Whoop, there it is, came out. Tag team in '95 South, right? So and '95 South, correct? Yeah. With Hoot, there it is. Right. So. This is Tag Team, there it is, right. from Tag Team, the Atlanta-based duo. I like this jam still. DC, the Brain Supreme, yep. and Steve Rowland. Steve Rowland, yes, I like it. Steve Rowland. Um, I like it. This song went four times platinum. As it should. It went to number two on the Billboard pop charts, never hit number one. Really? Never did. Never did. This should be a number one right here. So, this is a hot jam. But, so we talk, DC, the Brain Supreme, was a DJ at Atlanta's most popular strip club, Magic City. Oh. And he claims that he took the phrase, whoop, there it is, from strippers that worked at the club. So when they get the money from the guy, they're like, whoop, there it is, give me the money. Oh. That was, it was a stripper term. Got it. So and Atlanta's the, the mecca of stripping, right? Is right. Atlanta the best but, strip club? But there's another song, right? Whoop, there it is. Yeah, play the 95 South. And this song was from Miami party group 95 South, right? Yeah. And this song came out before... Boom, there it is. This came out before. This came out before. This came out in March of 93. Right. And um, this only this went to number 11 on the Billboard charts. But yeah. the 95 South said that it was Miami strippers that relocated to Atlanta that taught the slang of Boom, Oh, really? And they mixed it up with, he said the original Miami slang was who? And it went to Atlanta and changed the Boom. Uh, so that's what that whole thing was about? <laughs> I mean, really? It's strippers, though. Yeah, but it's understandable because it's, it's a bass song, it's a booty song, whatever you want to call it. But both of these songs, huge in the club, but we can definitely say Tag Team won the battle as far as overall sales. Alright? I guess so, I mean... I don't know. This one is more hardcore. This one's more hardcore. These are the guys that would eventually become 69 Boys. Right. And, right, and, and would produce this and that, and... Right. His name was uh, CC Lemonhead was his name. He did all the bass booty jams. They really ruled. They did Quad City DJs eventually. These were the ah, same guys. Ah, right? okay, that makes sense. Right. So another album that was big crossover in '93 was the sophomore release of a group that everybody thought was gonna be done. Crisscross. The album The Bomb with their okay. lead single All Right with Supercat. I like it. I like this album. I like Supercat in there. It was just a drastic change from what we know Criss Cross from. Right. So it, it took some getting used to. Like, what are they trying to do? Oh, they're trying to be hard now. Oh, fuck them. But it's a good song. I, I it's a good a, song. I give this all, all up to Jermaine Dupri, right? He's yeah. the guy that's handling their image. You know, also, this was the controversial Criss Cross album where they started saying the N-word a lot. Yeah. And then, you know, like... Radio, they had to at that point. Parents were in an uproar because Criss Cross was supposed to be this family-friendly group. And then they were recording, you know, songs with The Brat. Right. The debut of The Brat on the song The Boss. Oh, right. 
right? Right, right, and, right. That's right. Um, and Jermaine Dupri, this is post chronic, you know. So right. Jermaine Dupri is very much trying to uh, bank on that G funk sound. You remember this single? They did a song called "Sound of My Hood," where they sampled uh, Snoop Dogg. Oh, okay. So you can see what well, he's trying to do with their let's sound. Look at Jermaine Dupri's whole resume has always been that. He's always taken what the immediately trending thing is and, right. and just rebooted it. The brat functified. Right. We're gonna get to that, right? I mean, talk about that soon, right? So he's he's always he, he knows he's not stupid. Jermaine Dupri's not stupid. He's a marketing genius, man. Yeah. And this this album defied you know everyone's expectations as a novelty rap back, and it, yeah. it was, this album went platinum. Yeah. And the single "All Right" with Supercat went gold. And it introduced the brat on the song uh, "The yeah, Bomb," right? And they had another hit single with uh, a song called "I'm Real," right? And then look at the brat's rap style. They clearly made her to be the female Snoop Dogg. Clearly, oh, for sure. She right. didn't rap like that later on because right. that wasn't in the, later on. But that's why she. They changed things around a lot. They were the most trending group of people. The the Jermaine Dupri uh, squad. So so definitely. So the, so def. was, yes. was the. They was follow the, the trends. Label in Atlanta. Yeah. It was the label in Atlanta. Right. As, there was no, it would. No, no denying it. Right. But this was still at his rise because right. I believe this was might have been the same year he released Escape with Just Kicking It. Right? Was that 93? That was 93. It might have been 94, but it, I know it was right around this time. And that was big too. He was too. trying to build, build the, uh, yeah, the empire. Going. The empire. All right. Yeah. And no, speaking of novelty acts, or what we, we perceived as a novelty act, but will go on to be a big success, the debut album from Shaquille O'Neal. That's the right. Orlando Magic Center at that time. That's right. NBA superstar, right? He he loved the rap music. He, he loved, loved hanging out. Music. He loved hanging out with a certain rap group. He, yes, he, he, he did. He loved hanging out with them at that time. Well, should we play that first? I guess so. Well, let's let's talk I about this song so. first. This well, is the lead single off his debut album, Shaq Diesel. Is this one skills? This is I know I, I got skills. I know I got skills. Well. He's got a voice that's, you know, that's marketable. He's got the image. First basketball player to, to make an album, yes. was he? The right? album went gold. The album, mm. actually, the album, correction, the album went platinum within six months of release. Well, you know. Because I think everybody was curious. He was the first yeah. sports figure to release yeah. a major hip-hop album. Right. This was on Jive Records. Right, and, and we weren't mad at it. I mean, totally. I mean, we were just like, it's whatever. It was, it, this was whatever. Right. But what led up to it was a 92 single, yeah. What's Up Doc, Can We Rock? There you go, there we go. Or 93, excuse me, this was released also in 93. This was a 93 song? It was. Okay. But this was produced by K-Cut of Main Source. So yeah, he was right. good for something, yeah. right? Finally. <laughs> took, him, took him a while, but yeah. But this was the build up to it. This right. was his debut as a rapper. But his, his lyrics at the end were memorable. I mean, I still, I back in the day, I could I would know the lyric for lyric of the, at the end of Shaq's you gotta save uh, Shaq for the end. There you go, Hoopa, the hyper. There you go. You know, I Look think that, it huh? wasn't the fact that like Shaq was a phenomenal rapper. I think we were all just impressed that he could actually pull it off. Right. So everyone was just like, "Oh, that's pretty good." We were like that. It's like when you go yeah. to someone's house and you don't, they, you don't expect them to cook, and they make something that's decent. And you're like, "Hey, that's pretty good." Yeah, sorry, man. Right. We always do that high pitch in our voice. Yeah. Hey, that's pretty good. We gotta do that, right? Right. right. So Shaq gets the high pitch, sorry. Yeah. <laughs> oh, how's you? 
So yeah, he's in the video and he's 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 trying his best and, and it's Jive Jive Records and whoever was the executive producer, they paid for a really high production uh, a list of producers on here. Right. Eric Sermon, Ali Shahid from Trap Call Quest. Of course. Def Jeff. Here we go, this and one. K Cut. So I'm and then this was the second uh, yeah. single. It was I Am Outstanding, Outstanding. Produced by Eric Sermon. You remember Here this video? Go. I remember the video. Dennis Scott's in the video. That's right. Him and Dennis Scott jumping around. They were best buds till this day. <laughs> Run it on. I'm outstanding. Good flip of the Gap Band uh, Outstanding. Gap Band beat, outstanding beat. Yeah. I mean, you could totally tell it's an Eric Sermon beat here. Oh, with yeah. that. I mean, you know. From, so, the, from the way the, the, the bass line is. The bass line. From using those EMD kind of samples in the background. Right. That's Red that Man 20, sample. Right? That 20, yeah. yeah. So, I mean, when you, got, when you got Shaq, you need to put out the big guns. You need to put out the money. Bring in all the heavy hitters. That's right. All right. Next uh, cro big crossover album for 93, Black Rain, the third album from Newark, New Jersey, female MC Queen Latifah. Uh, okay. And the lead single, UNITY. Alright. At this point with Queen Latifah, I checked out. Right. I already checked out. But this is um, next to her debut, uh, next debut album, this is her most successful album. You know, she went, went gold. Living Single just came out. Right. It was, per it was perfect. Perfect timing. I think they showed this video after Living Single. I'm sure they did. Uh, it's perfect timing. The living single theme is not this, but it's a very similar sounding song right. to catch people's attention. The sax is in the living single, same thing. He's, she's singing. We really don't know what to make of it. This beat is hot though. The beat is fine. And then she starts rapping and like whatever. <laughs> and it's like, whatever. It's female empowerment, man. Uh, see, the, the thing with the female rappers, they, they didn't quite know the balance yet. That's why none of these guys made money. None of these guys made money well, until Little Kim. Did did well later because she's she's like an iced tea. She's she's an entity because she right. can act, she can talk, she's a personality. She she can do it all like an iced tea situation. All the other rappers ain't making money. MC Light ain't making money. Boss made one album, that was it. She's right. done. So it, they didn't get the formula yet. And then she released the second single, Just Another Day, where it's all singing. Forget and it. She's, do you remember this video? Yeah. Now, like jet skis or something. Yeah, like I turned that? the I turned yeah. the channel. <laughs> I ain't watching the full video of this. Let's watch Queen Latifah jet skiing. Are you kidding me? No. So that that's Black Rain. The album did feature one dope cut. It was the the posse cut rough with uh, Tretch, Heavy D, and KRS One. Decent track. I would wow. say for hip hop right. heads that are all right fans of any of those rappers, I say check it out. I don't recall that one, but uh... moving on to the fifth and final album from DJ Jazzy Jeff and Fresh Prince. The album is Cold Red with one of the worst oh, songs come on. of '93. I would argue this is the worst song in 93. Boom, Shake the Room. This is pretty bad. I have another candidate, which... Uh, worst song in 93. I'll talk about... We'll talk about worst songs later. But I, this is up there. This is in the top three. You know what? For lack of anything right now comes to mind, this I have to agree. This is... This is trash from the second awful. it starts. It's awful. His rhyming is horrible. The beat is horrible. The chorus is horrible. Everything. Concept. I mean... Remember now... Okay, now we talked about this before. We talked about Will Smith. Jazzy Jeff, we talked about how they had summertime. Right. And they had, wow, this is such a smooth, cool song. But then that same guy is making this. Look at who's doing. He's doing the wiggity wiggity. Yeah, what, what is that? Kind of too late, Will. Yeah, you were late on that but one. But I'm, I'm, that's why I'm not buying Will Smith wrote summertime. Someone wrote summertime. I'm going to stand by that to this day. Because right. how can that guy make that? He's making this make trash this. right now. Right. This is a trash. Fire. You cannot go from that extreme to another. You cannot. Yeah. 
no one can that bad. You know, and they, they he tried, you know, they, they got production on this album from Pete Rock, Teddy Riley, Dallas Austin, but this album is terrible. Okay, who produced Boom Shake the Room? I think I think he that? must be forgotten. Yeah, exactly. Some some guy on his uh <laughs> Super Nintendo? What what did he use? what did he use? I mean, come on. I, I honestly didn't look up who produced this song because I could give a damn. I can give a damn about this one. But then you got Pete Rock on here? Pete Rock produced What's a Pete tracks? Rock song on this album? What uh, a Pete Rock song on. What the hell is. Pete, how much you got paid for this? <laughs> yeah, is this Pete Rock right here? What's the name of this song? This is called Twinkle Twinkle, I'm Not a Star. What is that? What? Is that his chorus? He's just gonna go, I'm not a. And he's gonna go, Star. Is this a nursery rhyme? Here you go. Are we playing this for kindergarten? This cannot be Pete Rock. Pete Rock signed off on this. Pete Rock is in the studio <laughs> rolling his eyes right now. This cannot be Pete. This was the other. Pete, Pete Rock sent the beat. He's not in the studio with him. They sent the, he, they, they bought a beat from Pete Rock. There is no way in bloody hell. Pete Rock's gonna sit in the studio at what, D&D? &D? And they're gonna go play this? Oh God, help us all. We have we have another we have another track that we're gonna talk about, and it's the debut album from jazz fusion group Us Three. Uh, oh, this was okay. a big song. Okay, I got some this stuff. This single was released in '92, but the album was released in '93. Okay. Um, this is the debut album by the London-based jazz hip hop fusion group Us Three. Right. It was the brainchild of London-based producer <laughs> Jeff Wilkinson and the group. Uh, featured a rotating group of musicians and like artists, it's real. Yeah. Uh, including this rapper, Rashawn Kelly, who was featured on uh, quite a few tracks. But this was the lead single, Cantaloupe, Flip Fantasia. Okay. I got some stuff to say about this this thing. Because right. when I first when I first heard about this, and when I first heard that it was a Blue Note Records thing, and you gotta remember, like, on Radio Free, they had that they had the hip-hop show, and they would play the brass music. Do you remember the brass, hip-hop, right. acid jazz thing? That's right. So then these guys came out perfect timing, because then they came out, and they were thinking, oh, is this some more acid jazz stuff? And then we didn't know, like, where did this beat come from? Yeah, unless you really studied jazz music, you didn't know it was Cantaloupe Island. And then they come out with this thing, and I, I dug it. I was actually a big fan of this, and I didn't know where it was going to go with it, and I was excited to hear, like, what other kind of jazz hip-hop things came out. Well, this was, this out. was major because it was released on yeah. Blue Note Records. Right. Which was crazy, because Blue Note at that time had never released hip-hop to bother. this point. Right. So it was a groundbreaking album, and... But you know what the backlash what this was from the jazz community is this ended up becoming the highest selling Blue Note album of like the last couple decades. I believe it. And so Who's buying was, jazz? There was a there was a there was a little bit of a backlash, right? Because right. it was so non traditional. Right. Well, I remember as a kid in ninth grade, I would play this song. A lot of confused kids would be looking at me, like, what what what, what are you listening to? Are you, are you listening to something like KSSK? Is this a VH1 song? And you know, that's the kind of conversations we had as kids, you know, because we knew VH1 was the old people. Right. So I was trying to sell it on be like, no, this just came out, this is new, and this is the this is the rap music. Nobody believed this was rap music. Like Cypress Hill. This falled into this fell really into the UK sound, which we never really talked about in the show. Right. right. It's like stereo and, MCs, right. D light, you know, it, it in, in Hawaii they didn't know that. Right. 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 So they didn't know that kind of stuff. So then it was it was interesting. 
how this evolved. And then the funny thing about this album is they, they released Tuka Ute's Rhythm, right? Is that's that the right. second? The Tuka Ute's okay. Rhythm. So right. now, now tell me, tell me this. Look, they go from this and then they, 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 they fire the rapper. They, they get him out of there and then they get this reggae guy to come out. And then the video is like more grungy. They released the video like a year later. That's right. the second suit. It's very strange. Right. Like, it's like you think it's a new album, but it's not a new album. It's the same. Right. And this song was used in every commercial for right. every type of whatever, from soap to cars. Right. How they got this song on there, it I don't know. It stains out with Tide. Exactly. And you can hear this. You can hear the sax part. Play it, play it to the sax part. Because I swear to God, they. That. That was used That's right. in every like commercial. Cheesy commercial for crackers, wheat thins, chicken in a biscuit, <laughs> right? Manwich. I mean, everything. It was amazing. And like, how did they pull that off? Where the rapper guy go? Right. And I just, it was amazing that they had that single and then this single from the same album, and this was released like yeah, a year later. This is for like a pina colada and flavor of Capri Sun. Yes. Insert sponsor there. It was just strange, and I just every time when I think of us three, I think of the dramatic difference between the two. And I like this song too. I thought this was a fun. It's, a, it's fun. Because it, it, you felt old listening to this. Like I felt like, hey, you know what? I'm a, I'm a mature but guy. This is a song you can play for your grandparents. And yes. You're not gonna be offended, yes, right? exactly. All right, but a song that uh, you play with your grandparents and they will get offended to, and it's our last song we're gonna talk about in our crossover segment. It's the return of Easy E. And we're gonna talk about his EP release. It's on 187, Dr. Dre Killer. This make this is make this made a lot of money. It's made a right? lot of money. This, this is came his out... biggest selling release yeah. of his whole career. Right, right. And it was... Played off the whole Chronic thing. Right, and also, like I said, if it wasn't for the Chronic, EZ wouldn't have the biggest selling record of his entire right. career. Right. Right? So, right. this is the second EP release. Right? Another Dre beat. Release. Yeah. We're not going to talk about it. It's 5150. We talked about that crap show. Right? We did, yeah. Okay, if you want it. We can talk so. about it again if you want. But <laughs> I just... Clearly, he, he's not stupid. Let's go make the Dr. Right. Dre sounding beat. Let's get cocaine on there. This is produced by uh, uh, Rhythm D, who produced Rhythm D. Paperboy Diddy. Right. Same producer. Code 187 is on this thing, right? The Dresta is on this thing, all those right. guys. Yeah, Gangsta Dresta and yeah. BG Knockout was, right. was his dog pound, right? Right. right. And so uh, this was his direct response to Fuck With Dre Day. Right. 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 Uh, and the EP would go on to be double platinum. Right? Oh, yeah. As I said, biggest release of his entire career. But well, it's an EP though, you know. It's like yeah. how much is that? Like it was six, six bucks? Songs. It like, was like, like seven ninety nine. Right? Records, it was like eight ninety nine or yeah. something. Yeah, like right, right. right. You, you feel good about yourself. Like, well, I can afford this. Right. Yeah. And um, this was his last completed original piece before his death in ninety five, because okay, he had right. everything else right. was compiled post mos you know, like right. you know, post his death, right? Right. Posthumously after his death. Right. So, Makes sense. Uh, and the album uh, also debuted in the top five uh, for Billboard charts. I mean, it was big, you know, because the video yeah. came out. And I think it caused that conversation with rap fans about, you know, Easy coming back. Is, right. Can Easy stand up to Death Row? Right. It, it, it's, it's a catchy thing because we're all like still used to Dr. Dre beats. So it's catchy. And then he blatantly just says, you know, fuck Dre, fuck Snoop. Right. Very blatantly, which you never really had a song that just said, man, fuck you. You know, okay. it never came out. The sample to the movie Flatliners in this. From this from Easy? Oh, I forgot about this one. Remember this song? It's on. This is it's called It's On. But Oh, but, okay. You know, oh. I, I don't, you know, wow. obviously, you know, Easy E, like it was tragic that, you know, he passed away from AIDS in, in 95. Right. We never got another album from him. 
Did you did you think that if Easy had that time, he would have you know pulled it together? Obviously, he had success at it, the end of his career with Bone Thugs well, and Harmony. Uh, do we need know. another Easy album though? I mean, do we need the lyricism of an Easy? Well, there was no lyricism. He got all exactly. His, so he he's an entity. Forms. He's a he's a character. But he was a great character though. I don't know about a whole album of that character. I I can't listen to Easy Does It the whole way through. I mean, if you think about it, I mean, he's not as a, a genius producer as Puff Daddy, but he was the West Coast Puff Daddy in a way where he was getting stuff written for him. He can make he, a cameo here and there. Right, and he was beloved. Right, that's why he only has EPs. He can't make a full album. 5150 was six songs. It's on six songs. We're not getting 12 songs easy. We're not going to be able to tolerate needed, 12 songs. He needed, a, he needed a producer like Dre to, to walk him through. His sound was all over the place. Right. When he really worked with a different producer and a different writer, right. he had to adopt their style. Right, like so Naughty by Nature. And, place, right. right. So, so I don't know if I want to, no, no disrespect, but I would know if I would want an Easy e album. If, say, he he were to live and pass 95, 96, can we see an Easy e album in 97, 98 with the bad boy going crazy? No. No. Probably not. I wouldn't care. And that'd be it. I mean, he could be a manager and stay in the background. Maybe come on featuring Easy E. But really, you know, Bone Thugs featuring Easy E, fine. Right. Come on, he can do his little whiny but voice. This, and this was a, a promising uh, album to, to, you know, at that point save Ruthless, but Bone Thugs and right. Harmony would save that Ruthless, saved Ruthless. Rec records, uh, but it was after his death. Blood of Abraham saved Ruthless. Right. Hey, we're hey, talking about that's that a, album. That's uh, a but sarcastic anyways, that wraps lineup. Up our crossovers list. What do you think? That was pretty fun. That was Great. That's a, well, you know, define terrible. But I'm just saying it, it, we, it covered a lot. It, 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 all the albums made sense of what they were. It, 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 it's, it is what it is. I hate to say that, but it is what it is. I was going to tell you to play that that posse song from Queen Latifah. You're oh. saying this is the great posse song, Queen Latifah, uh, and you went by past it. That point see, even you are tired of it. it. Go look it's it tired, up. See, go look it up online. It's not just me. But anyways, okay. uh, we're going to write yeah, out. Yeah. We're going to write out this segment to give me that nut. Forgot about that. Great. <laughs> Great. Anyways, this is uh, Old Futs Review 1993. We'll be back after this short yeah, break. We'll be short break. I always love when you say yep. that. That's great. Yeah. Wake your punk ass up. Really? You know, what segment are we on right now? We're on soundtracks. 93 soundtracks. 90 soundtracks was a big thing in 93. Yeah, can't Was it not? Well, this was still the era where soundtracks were still a thing because they, they thankfully died off, like what, five years from now? Well, I right? You don't see soundtracks in 2019. There's no... It got it got over the top. Yeah, it got right. over the top. So, and I think... Uh, soundtracks peaked in this year. They were peaking in the mid-90s. And then they jumped the shark by the late 90s and then it was just... Everyone was... Basically, there were a lot of throwaway tracks. A That's basically rubbish. It. Right. But this is the time where actually guys were crafting these soundtracks and they were putting on some good stuff. Right. You know, and people were literally recording songs for the soundtrack. Not, this was a good song. Not just selling a B-side, right? Right. And so, uh, you know, we got uh, Menace of Society, arguably yeah. the biggest soundtrack of 93. This was, I think this one, this did go platinum. This was a good soundtrack. Yeah. Jive Records. Yeah. Right? And they pulled a lot from their... Uh, from their label, yeah. collector, right? Yeah. Uh, Ant Banks, Too Short, Miss Kilo, Miss Kilo, uh, wow. that's on All Over a Ho. All like Over a Ho, that's right, that's right. Uh, that was a good jam right there. But well, we're playing the theme song. You didn't expect uh, me to say that, up. right? Yeah, okay. <laughs>
Straight Up Menace Straight by MC8. Yes, this one really song established MC8 as the solo artist. You remember? Right. Because this was before he released his solo album, We Come Strapped. Remember that one? Right. With well, all for the money and stuff. There's a lot of MC8 talking on these on these on these shows. You know what I'm saying? We've been really I don't think I've ever heard this much Compton's Most Wanted or MC8 talk. As we have been doing. Well, we're fans. Well, no one, no, I've never really heard much of it. So yeah, I just, I just realized that as you're playing another MC8 song. So, you know, we <laughs> talked about Death Wish. We talked about '91. You know, where are we at? '93. I don't even remember what yeah. year we're at at this point. <laughs> okay, MC8. Yes, we love them. Okay. Right. Well, and then you remember, it. remember the rest of the soundtrack. You know, there was Brand Nubian, Pete Rock's Yo Smooth. Right. UGK, the Cutthroats. Remember the Cutthroats? Yes, the Cutthroats. Stop looking at me. Stop looking at me. We're not gonna play it. We don't need to play that one. No. Yeah, but a, Guru's in there. He's pissed. He's pissed. It so was like Guru's attempt at an Onyx kind of group. Right. Right. That wasn't Premier who did that beat, right? No, no, no. Yeah. It was. It was. So, it was somebody. Stop else. looking at me and put the money in a big bag. That's right. Yeah. There gorillas. Gorillas ain't gangsters from the Lynch Mob. There we go. Yes. The song by QD3. Yeah. A lot of QD3 in '93. Yeah. We've been. Yeah. Talking about him a lot. He's he was an in-demand producer. Yes. Uh, in in-demand producer. But uh, you think the Menace of Society is this one of your definitive hip-hop soundtracks of the '90s? I think it's got to be this one. Yeah, it, it's the best one. It's in the top, at least the top three. It's got to be in the top. Three, yeah, right? you could put this. You could put Juice. You could put even Trespass probably in there. Right. But this is a good one. I gotta say, it's a good right. one. What do you think about the next one here? The soundtrack for Who's the Man? Remember in '93. We had the Ed Lover, Ed Lover, Dr. Dr. Dre. Dre movie directed by the co-creator of Young T Raps, Ted Demi. That's right. I saw this opening day at Pro Ridge. Was it Jonathan Demi or Ted Demi? Ted, uh, Ted Demi was the brother. Jonathan Demi was the brother who directed Silence, Silence of the Lambs. Yes, we talked about that. Right. But uh, this was this was a, a bait and switch soundtrack because there wasn't much hip hop on this no, thing, right? No, it was more R and B. Right. So I, I don't know where they're trying to go in because you know people are gonna be buying this soundtrack because it's the the hip hop movie. So right. why would they have it in entirely hip hop? I think Pop Daddy still had a hand in this one. Well, Uptown before, Records, right? Because it was on Uptown. I think yeah. this was before he got fired, if I'm not mistaken. All right. They had Mary J. Blige, Jodeci, Heavy D, Father MC, right? P. Rock, Seal Smooth. Uh, and, but this was obviously the biggest thing to come out of this whole soundtrack was Party of Bullshit. Right. It was the first single from Notorious B.I.G. Right. I was confused when I first bought the album because we knew him as Biggie Smalls. Right. And the hype leading up to him, he was in the unsigned hype right. in the source as Biggie Smalls. Right. And then when they released this album and then it was called Notorious B.I.G., yeah. you're like, who's that? I did not know who that was, too. Yeah. And, and a little known fact about Biggie Smalls, I think they could, they, maybe correct me if I'm wrong, there was a Howley guy named Biggie Smalls. Right. So was that possibly the reason why they changed it to Notorious? I believe so, yeah. Because the other guy came out first. Right. And then obviously he was just like, I don't want to be associated with whatever the hell this guy Right, because it was B-I-G-G-Y. Smalls. <laughs> That's right. So, little effect. Uh, the lead single was from House of Pain. Yeah. What do you think of this one? Who's the man? The theme song. It, Remember it, they're riding around in the car. Right, in the car. The music video? It, it totally matches a '93. Like this sums up '93 yeah. with the bass and the drum. I mean, this. This sums know, it up. Yeah. This is a 1993 song. There's, that's the only way you can put it. Yeah. It wouldn't match in any other year. It's I'm got not. that same drum beat as a. Uh, is Kick the Bobo in '93? Kick the Bobo in '93. Oh yeah, not, about uh, that. Prime Minister and uh, Daddy Rich. That's right. Same drum beat. Same yeah. bass line. Okay. But it was fine. House of Pain did no wrong in 92 and then 93. 
we we forgave so, a lot of people for reusing the same baseline, yeah. the same drum, they did. drums. Yeah. But it was all the way how you flipped it. If you flipped right. it original, original, then we kind of appreciate right. that more. And plus, this music is still fresh overall. Yeah. We're still yeah. fresh to this whole game that's hip hop. So we weren't that mad at it as if we were like in '99. We heard this. Beat. So one of the one of the most cringeworthy songs, "Ease Up" from Third Eye. Remember this oh, one? Oh, forget it. A lot of screaming. That's Puffy's boy. This yeah. is Puffy's boy. This is where Puffy was still trying to rhyme, like yeah. more like Third Eye. Right. He was all about Third Eye. To me, this sound sound sums up a lot of what was going on in '93. Yeah. A lot of screaming. Screaming. A lot of making 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 Jazz your voice samples, weird. Right? Making your voice weird. Chanting. Well, I got yeah. news for you, Third Eye. <laughs> it ain't hidden. Okay. And he never got a full album. Thank goodness. All right. Uh, yeah, moving on awful. to the next uh, big uh, soundtrack. It was from Poetic Justice. Remember this one? This was a yeah. big song, In the Smoke. In the Smoke, Mr. Grimm. Mr. Grimm, that's right. right. But Mr. the Grimm. biggest thing from this song was Warren G and Nate Dogg. Yeah. It was really our, they're coming out. That was the one, right. As a producer duo. I mean, Tupac is in there, Jan Jackson's right. in there, you know, the movie. Right. Uh, this is the follow-up to John Singleton's Boys in the Hood. Right. This movie was a disappointment to me. This I was a big disappointment, right. yes. This was not good. I didn't like this movie. They were ride around in a mail, mail truck, right? Yeah. They, it tried too hard for this one. Isn't the Janet Jackson Luther Vandross in this? Yeah. Best things in life are free, right? Is that the name of the song? Uh, was it Is that? it a Poetic Justice? Do you have the soundtrack up? The whole thing? It was TLC. Isn't there best things in life for free? No, you're thinking of oh. Mo Money. Oh, there we go. Hey. Mo Money, Mo Damon Money. Wayans. It, Damon it Wayans. just came to me right now. Best things in life. Okay, forget that it. Was a, that was a confusing thing for me with, with uh, such a big uh, starring vehicle for Janet Jackson. Yeah. We didn't get a Janet Jackson song on this damn soundtrack. Go figure on that one. Right. Did they drop the ball on that? Right. And I don't know if you remember the trailer for Poetic Justice. They actually played Janet Jackson the song again. Yes. But it was, it, you know, we, yes. and then it wasn't in the movie, wasn't used in, yeah. like... Very weird marketing of Janet Jackson in this movie. Right. And the, the soundtrack is kind of bizarre because it's a another eclectic mix, songs that really have nothing to do with the the movie. Not at all. Right? TLC, no. Mr. Grimm, Babyface, Usher. It was a cash grab. Right. Uh, Pete Rock, Seal Smooth, they had one in a million. Yeah. Uh, arguably one of the best songs on here, Poor Man's Poetry from Naughty by Nature. I don't know if you remember this one. Let's, just, let's play this here. Here we go. Here we go. Waiting with internet. Breath. Yeah. <laughs> your Wi-Fi working or what? Yeah, it's working. We're at your place this time, by the way. That's right. So switching it up. Yeah. Takes us like six weeks to. Yep. To exactly. This. Summer school. Do you remember this one? I think this is a really stuffed on track. Huh. I barely. Well, that's oh, all they're gonna give us. That's, that's all, all the Wi-Fi gonna is gonna give us. Wow, what a teaser, huh, everyone? Huh. Kind of sound like it's on live at the barbecue baseline, right? Like that, Joe. That Joe. There we go. That's all the. That's all the. All right. That's all all right. Good enough. Us. Good enough. But anyways, uh, you also had the debut single, uh, debut not single, but song from the Dog Pound. The end. Right. Don't give a fuck. Oh, right. That one. Right. And then you had definition of a thug. There you uh, go. From Tupac. That's right. All right. Moving on to a movie that. I don't know if this is a beloved movie. Some people call it a cult classic. I think the movie doesn't hold up. It's CB4. Uh. The hip-hop parody from Chris Rock. Chris Rock tried. He tried. So here's a pop quiz. Do you remember 
who was provided the voices? What real rappers provided the voices they were singing over? Do you remember? Well, Deezer D, Alan Payne, and Chris Rock were the guys. Right. Exactly. So Alan Payne was replaced by, was it Daddy O? Daddy O by Stetsasonic. Oh, That's how right. the hell do I know that right now? Jesus Christ. Daddy O was the guy. Yes. And who was, who was Chris Rock's voice? This is Chris Rock. Yeah. So, West Coast, West Coast rapper. He's our guilty pleasure. Works with DJ Quick this a is, lot. Isn't this uh, AMG? I see. I see. Damn it! I was gonna say I see. <laughs> Shit. But yeah, this well, was. Uh, they got this, paid, huh? You know, uh, this was another kind of take it or leave it soundtrack. Uh, I, I did enjoy this song. It was DJ Hurricane with the Beastie Boys. Stick them up. Stick them up. I was gonna put this on the mix, but uh, I was kind of hesitant to do that. But stick them up was okay. This was the this was the the real reason to get the album. Right. Was the stick them up. Right. Brown. Good baseline. That's the good baseline. Do we, do we ever get a full DJ Hurricane album? I know he put out like a compilation. No, he did. He put up the one. Uh, it's in '94. Oh, that's it. Was all coming full off album? or '95? It was Hurricane. Oh. Came out album '95. I should with know the video. This. I don't remember that. One. How I'm coming off? If we ever get the '95. I know I the single. I know the single. Yeah, yeah. It's a. There's an album. There's an album out there. So, so do you see? Do you see the? Uh, the, the descending order of soundtracks are going. They're, they're getting progressively getting worse. Can't wait for how it gets, how it ends. And number yeah. five, you can't say this wasn't a big album in '93, the Judgment Night soundtrack. Okay, we're we're ending the segment with this, right? <laughs> there's yes. no way I can continue after. There was not. There's no worse hip hop soundtrack than this. This is the worst hip hop soundtrack of all time. When you get the rockers and the rap, I'm, I'm telling you, nobody figures it out. Look but, at the look at that Anthrax song, the trash. So shockingly enough, this this soundtrack was a hit. Of course, it very much summed up like, you know, it was the first ever metal right. alternative rock hip hop fusion. And why do you think they did this to begin with? White people will buy it. The black people will buy it. Everybody will buy it. And these were all simple. These were all a, a pretty a pretty original songs. Right. Where all the bands and the hip hop artists went into the studio together. Right. And it's you had heavy hitters in here. Crazy, dude. Here, I'm gonna you had heavy hitters. this off, and you'll, you're you're gonna be shocked. Just right? call me dude right now. That, that makes sense to call me dude on the, the Judgment Night soundtrack. Was Hollywood. This is about as white as it gets, right? There you go. Bro. So yeah, of course the song we're playing that was all over uh, all over Radio Free Hawaii, right? Fallen from Teenage Fan They play the hell out of this. All they also, they Hollies played love the it. shit out of this song, right? Like played love it out. It. Uh, the other single was Another Body Murdered from Booyah Tribe and Faith No More. There you go. Yeah. Right? That duo. Yeah. You had Helmet, Helmut, or Helmut. Helmut with House of Pain. Right. That was the third single, Just Another right. Victim. You had Judgment Night from uh, Biohazard was... and Onyx. Yeah, there was a video for that and the House of Pain one. That's right, that's right. And then you had Sonic Youth and Cypress Hill, <laughs> right? I Love You, Mary Jane. Makes sense to have them together. Freak Mama with Mud Honey and Sir Mix-A-Lot. How's that? that one? <laughs> I'm kind of tempted to play that one just right, to just dude, fuck with everybody. Let's hear that one here. Let's hear it. This is the Mud Honey and Sir Mix a Lot. Look at this. I mean, come on. Listen to this. Oh my god. This is like something you hear at a Hard Rock Cafe. Like it just. But you remember, it'd be a combination of singing and rapping, right? Right. Oh god. Oh my god. This sounds like a like a shitty like Kit Kat or Twix commercial or something. This sounds like a suicide prevention. <laughs> I, I mean, come on, who is really in the car right now saying, you know what, yeah bro. You heard that Mud Honey Sir mix a lot, bro? 
No. Really bad. You cannot combine these kind of genres together. It never worked. It doesn't work. You show anyone out there, show me a good one that works. Yeah. It doesn't this, this work. Is, this is Dinosaur Jr. with Delta Funky Almost I mean, that duo makes sense. Right. But you got this. <laughs> it sounds awful. Hey, Del, they can't all be winners. We're huge right. fans, Del. But... I mean, to Del to start the song, hey! Yo. I mean, like... I think he knew already. He's like, like, what am I doing here? How do we start this song, Dinosaur Jr.? Ah, just wing it. And then and then this was this is the one that's insane that you got Cypress Hill and Pearl Jam. That's right. That's right. Real thing. Wow. Alright, so did you actually spend money and buy this soundtrack? No, I did not. I didn't even walk by it. <laughs> I knew. You knew the singles. So I, you knew it was I heard the biohazard onyx and I was like, forget it. And then just another victim. I mean no, it's just why? We gotta have yelling all the time when it's rock and rap. Oh, is there well. any other way to do it besides let's yell? So, little little tidbit fact about the Judgment Night soundtrack. Not that you already haven't heard enough of this garbage, but the album was put together by a founder of Immortal Records. You remember Immortal, Immortal Records? Immortal Records, yes. So the guy's name is Happy Walters. You remember seeing yeah. his name on yeah. the back of uh, albums in liner notes? Immortal had a lot of stuff. So he's a, he's a, he was an aspiring music mogul. He put this album together, and because of the success of this album, he discovered two hybrid hip-hop rap groups in the 90s. Can you, do you think you're going to guess what they were? Oh, Immortal Records? Yes. Because they came out with that compilation in the later years, I think. Well, they came out with the hip-hop Immortal, like the, the, the new artist, Immortal Records kind right. of thing. But they he signed two big platinum-selling hip rock bands that had a, a, a hip-hop kind of influence to them. Oh, God. Oh, God. One is something that you see, uh, you, your body doesn't digest and come, and you can still see it in your shit. Corn! Feces. Okay, you say feces. <laughs> yeah, I'll, I'll take it. Yeah, corn, that's a, yeah, that's a trash. And Incubus. Ah, Incubus so, was on Immortal Records. So he discovered, well, I don't know if he, they were on Immortal Records, but he, oh, he the discovered guy discovered them. them. All right. He discovered them, so. Corn, God, that's yeah. another dumpster. All right. it. So that's it for soundtracks. Hey, so, great. Hey, but I would say uh, out of those, I, I'd still, I still listen to Menace and and Poetic Justice, you know. And Poetic Justice, really? I still do. Because I, wow. I like the Tupac song. I like the Naughty by Nature. All right. You know, Indo Smoke has its moments. All right. And I guess I, so. Yeah. But yeah, that was the five kind of significant soundtracks. There wasn't really anything of significance in '93. Oh, okay. oh, so that is that is that it? Yeah, that's it. Oh, hey, quick and painless. All right. All right. Wow, you saw that excitement. Alright, so we're taking a break here. Or are we gonna go into something else? What are we, what are we doing no, next here? We're gonna take a quick break. break. Good, make sure she. Come right back. Okay. Hey, alright. Alright. So, we're back with your favorite segment right. One and Done. Yeah. Artists that put out one album and we never heard of them, never heard from them ever again. Uh, it's kind of sad, huh? No, not really. But... <laughs> You don't give a fuck at this point. <laughs> These guys can all fucking. So this was a sad. I like this song sad though. Sad one and done. Right? This is a good song. I like it. Kick the bobo. That's right. Back in the kicking the bobo. This was from the. Do you remember the name of the album? Rat bastards, right? No. no. Single was Rat Rat, Oh, what was the name of the album? Dust to dust. Yes, there you go. Right. Because they're pissed off at MC Search. Yep. They're feuding. That's right. Holly's feuding. So it was the debut album, one and only album from Prime Minister Pete Nice and Daddy Rich. It was yep. released in July of 93. 
Yes, I remember the. Uh, it got very mixed reviews when it came out. Yep. Uh, I remember the video though. The video sold it to me. I like the, the song. Yeah, the song is good. Nikki like Taylor's song. in the video. Remember that? Rest in peace. Right. Nikki Taylor's dancing in this video. <laughs> How did that happen? That's what I don't know. Did Russell Russell Simmons is in this video. Russell Simmons in this video because they were still signed to Jeff Jam. Yeah. So that was a that was a. I wonder if that was a conflict of interest because they they were both label mates. I remember every time. Uh, remember Def Jam. Couple two or three times a year, they would buy that full page ad in the source yeah. and have all of their artists. Their guys, right? And then you'd have Beat Nice and Daddy Rich in one corner, and you had MC Circle separate them out. Yeah. And you were like, "Wow, how's this gonna work?" But you know what? Nobody won. Well, because neither of them won. Neither of them they won. Both put both out one album work. and nothing. Yeah. So both albums suck. Search is better slightly than this album. But because uh, this is the only song I could listen Kick to. Kick the Bobo is hot. I like Rap Bastard. It's fine. This was produced by the Beat Nuts. Right. It's a it, very dated Beat Nuts production. Uh, Psycho Less is yeah. rapping on it. Yeah, this was really one it was of like fast the beat nuts early, song. early Beat Nuts and a fast Beat Nuts song. And I'm not true. I'm not a fan of the fast Beat Nuts beats. But this song and Kick the Bobo, both of these were the singles and both of them are taking shots at MC Search. Right. Right. I think in the video, this is a, they, they beat him with a bat. In Rat Bastard. That's right, right? that's right. They, they have really. a doll or something and they beat him down. Or they beat a, maybe a guy that even looks like MC Search. In Kick the Bobo, they make fun of MC Search with that. There's a there's a fat guy hitchhiking. <laughs> that's right. right. That's right. And they, they mess with him. They, right. they really didn't like each other. Or he didn't like him. Because MC Search didn't take any shots that's at right. him in a video. Pete Nice did. So, so two you know. significant debuts of artists were on this album, though. Right? First appearance of Curious George. Right. Yeah. And for you underground hip hop fans, or you you know you rap nerds, yeah, this, was, this album had the first appearance of Cage. There you go. Yes, Agent Orange, Cage. Rich Bring Them Back yeah. had Cage first appearance. There you go. So, uh, so the album would kind of be a flop, you know, and it would end up being kind of be a flop. It was a flop. Yeah, it was a flop. It would be the end of their rap career, you know. And but you know, Pete Nice would go on. He, he's now an American baseball historian. Yeah. Right. Yeah. He's a member he of the society for a. American baseball research. Yeah. Love holding a bat. Always love He did, he bat. did. Yeah. And he's published two books on the history of baseball. Right? Oh, really? Yeah. So he's published all Oh, I didn't really publish books, okay. Yeah, man. Oh. And uh, Daddy Rich would eventually go on to produce his only hit, which was I'm Curious for Curious George. That's right. Before disappearing and no one's heard of him. That was it. <laughs> he took the money from I'm Curious, the $500 Dude, it I made. I was going on every hip-hop blog looking Nothing. for Daddy Rich. Daddy Rich is gone, right? He's, He's gone. off the grid. Wow. He's living in a log cabin. Well, good for him. He's, He's living that simple He's life. kicking the bobo for sure. He's kicking the bobo <laughs> off the grid. Wow. All right. So yeah, what else we got? On to that one. A Next promising one. debut, though, right? The debut album from Illegal. The Untold Truth, an album that made Kendrick's top 10 albums. That was the most bizarre situation ever. Shout out to Kendrick, man. That the was a swerve. Lab cabinet. That was Kendrick. a swerve, man. Uh, I, I'm, I'm sorry. This uh, this doesn't make my top 20. It was cool, but I only would listen to this song. But it's a promising debut, though, right? We can There's admit. promising. Like, if Illegal came out with a second album, they would be like what Mob Deep did with their second album. Where they came out with the infamous, right? And juvenile held to the infamous. They got a shot to have been and made another infamous if they had the right backing. They had Eric Sermon with them, but yeah. they didn't go anywhere. 
But, you know, this was the debut album of Philly-born rapper Jamal, or Molly G. Right. Phillips, and then Long Beach rapper Malik, Lil right. Malik right. Edwards. Right. So they got more famous when they broke up. That's right. Well, Jamal, uh, Jamal joined Death Squad. Right. Malik joined the Dog Pound. Right. But never got to release the album. Never anything. Right. But they were put together by Dallas Austin. Right. And they were signed to Rowdy Records. Right. They were the... Rowdy Records unleashed their roster in 93, and that whole label flopped pretty much. Right. You know, we're going to talk about a lot of his acts in the one and done segment because they all flopped. He tried. They all had nothing else. Right. But he basically took uh, two solo rapper, kid rappers. Yeah. They went to him good looking for a deal on their own, and he just, I'm going to put you guys together. Right. Because, you know, basically the kid rap or kid hip hop genre was It was in. Yeah, another bad creation, crisscross, the youngsters. Right. But then, you know, Illegal's whole, you know, uh, gimmick was they shit on all these kid groups. Right. Right? They throw shots at all of them. Right. In this song, well, in this song, they're taking out the youngsters, crisscross. They're saying their names in this song. And this was one of the first kid groups where they're swearing, they're rapping like adults. Right. Right? Mob Deep pre, pre, uh, was the, you know. I think this was a little ahead of its time, a little bit. And it, they, they missed the, they missed the boat a slight. Right. A slight. And I think that's what led to them splitting out. This is the lead single, Head or Gut. We were playing... Head or Gut is fine. We yeah. Get Busy, which is the hottest song That's the album. hottest song. Hottest song on album. Yeah. And one of Eric Sermon's best verses. Right? That is, yeah. For a guy, a producer who can't rap. Yeah. But all-star production, right? Like, right. Lord Finesse, Diamond D. Right. Colin Wolf, who worked on The Chronic. Right. Dallas Austin. Biz Marquis. Right. Right? And then it featured... Yeah, the backing. And then guest appearances from AG and Diamond D both rapped on the album. They had the backing. So, yes. dude. They uh, did. But... You know, this came out in the summer of uh, the summer of '93, and just. I remember the video. I remember the videos. Video's a great video, excellent video. And then just really didn't go on to to anything. Really? All right, next well, album. Who we move on from? The Death Squad oh member Molly uh, Jamal to hey, top quality. Top quality, right? God. This was a this was strictly for the hit heads. Gosh. No one knew about this song, right? This, well. The ad, there was a lot of ads in the source for this guy, and then he was a hit squad guy. Right. So, there was a buzz if you were a reader of the source. Yeah, exactly. They hyped him up. Right. The album got four mics in the source. The fucking bullshit. It's so stupid. (laughs) The album was called Magnum Opus. This album was not... Okay, the, the gimmick with this guy, would, he would change his voice, right? He'd play the, the, the weird voice, and then he'd right. play this regular voice. And he'd go he back and... He was, he was like a schizo rapper. Right. Right? After, like, three songs of this, you get the idea what he's doing. And it's all filler at this point. <laughs> I mean, we we all remember this song. The source gave this four mics? Seriously? Four mics. Fucking bullshit. Who, who put that review out there? What the... Same guy's R by RSO? No, this guy. Paris Smith. Well, remember, Source was hyping him up. Paris Smith discovered him, right? Yeah. He's from White Plains, New York. Right. And then this was like an underground hit. This is a good song. This was his only good song. The beat changes midway through this, right? Yeah, he had two other music videos, though. Yes, he had. Was it What? He got What and I Can't Hear You. Yeah. Right? Um, But just, it never really connected. I would throw Magnum Opus on mixtapes. Right, because it's smooth. Magnum Opus on mixtapes. It's It's smooth, it surprises people. But you're right. You can't listen to this album. You can't listen to a full album. It's filler. It's just filler. It's nothing interesting. It's okay, you know? It's okay. But it just didn't. It just didn't stand out. It didn't, because who's it reaching? Who's it going after? Who's the target they're going after here, you know? All right. 
East, another East Coast group came out, had a minor hit. Trends of Culture. The album's called Trends. Okay. Lead single, music video, off yeah. and on. Okay. These guys, I like. I like this album. Yeah. Uh, they had potential. I was eagerly waiting this album to come out, which that just sounds very odd for a guy in Hawaii eagerly awaiting the Trends of Culture album. I would always ask Jellies, you guys have Trends of Culture? Do you think I'm talking about some kind of clothing group? No, the guy at right? Tower, I asked for Trends of Culture and they're like, what is that, a reggae group? Right, exactly. It sounded like a group it of sounds like something white else. boys with dreadlocks. Right. Trends of Culture, man. Yeah. We're performing at Mai Tai. Exactly, this reggae band. But the name, okay, not the greatest, but it was good. Yeah, man. Off and On was good. The album as a whole was good. Yeah, I I, 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 like I this actually album. think this is a very I'm not gonna shit on album. This. this was released again summer of '93. Yeah. Uh, the rappers is Nasty and Grapevine. Yeah. <laughs> and then the producer was DJ Mol. Yes, that's, that's right. right. And the Valley of the Skins was a video. Valley of the Skins. That's and that right. video was pretty raunchy, which oh, yeah. didn't match. I mean, granted, it's called Valley of the Skins, but you wouldn't expect these guys who are like real hip hop guys to come out a very raunchy. Yeah, they, they Video. did. There was like a lot of girls in lingerie running around. Whole album self-produced. Good beats. Yeah. yeah, good beats. Using a lot of uh, different uh, samples that a lot of people were using. Yeah. There's Valley of the Skins. There were two versions of Valley of the Skins, right? right? You play the other version? This is a good one. But then there's the a remix. Yeah, there's the, the remix. This one? Yeah. yeah. See, I mean, it's the good horn. beats. It's good production. I ain't mad at this. I ain't mad at this. I, uh, I will listen to this again. They only had they released the Lord Finesse remix for Off and On on yeah. the vinyl and yeah. the and the single. I got that. Yeah. And the group did record a full length second album called When Trend Men Come. Yeah. But they were dropped from their label and they never got released. But you uh, can listen to the album on YouTube and it's actually really good, dude. It's got Method uh, Man on it, Tretches on it. The samples, I think a lot of the I think samples weren't cleared or something. Oh. But But the album's up on YouTube? Dude, listen to it. All right, I will. I listen to it. I man. actually will. I was a fan. We'll, men we'll mention it later because I think it was supposed to be released in 95 or 96. All right, uh, so we we'll talk about it. Oh, you know, once we get to 95, when will that be? Like 2023? <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Pretty much. Jesus Christ. All right, another another uh, uh, casualty of the Rowdy Records was The King and I. The album is right. contemporary Jeep music. Uh, King and I had like up two songs. The rest was filler. They flipped the script, which was the Tears. lead single, and Tears. Yeah. Tears is my favorite. Tears was the best song. Uh, they had the premiere version, right. of, premiere remix of. So let's play. Let's play the premiere version. So this was the Brooklyn duo of MC Izzy and DJ Majesty. Get it? This is DJ Majesty, the King and I. You got that, everyone? <laughs> Izzy and. Oh shit! Dude, they were really clever on that one. They're 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 clever. So, but this is the most happiest DJ premiere beat. This right? is very happy DJ. Very premiere. happy, very happy. But let's play Tears. Yeah, this is a hot jam. This right is there. a hot song. Yeah. Great beat. Yeah. I just felt like they just you know Rowdy just didn't market the groups right. Right. You know, the videos never got airplay enough airplay. I remember maybe barely remembering this video. Yeah. And, but just it didn't stand out in the overcrowded market right artists. It, it fell in the cracks yeah it, it was bad timing but really jazzy east coast beats yes you know decent like rhymes mc is not a not a bad rapper their voices sound good their voices match these beats uh but there's a lot of filler songs in there there's a lot of filler so the group broke up uh 
Basically, DJ Nasty went on to have a successful R&B career, not uh, as an artist, but as a producer. He ended up producing songs for Missy Elliott and SWV. Wow. Uh, under his real name, wow, Roderick, I know that. Roderick Wiggins. Wow. There you go. But That's a hard name to say. And then MC Izzy Roderick moved into Wiggins. that cabin with uh, Daddy Rich. Oh, <laughs> make barbecue. Cook up the fire. But, oh, good. Um, Go fishing. I was a fan. I was a fan of the album. I, I still like it. Uh, contemporary cheap music. It, it's not a standout. It wouldn't even it, be in my top 20 albums. Yeah, I wouldn't. I, st- I enjoy it. I don't it, need it's it's fine. Album, it's fine. All right. You ready for an album that is definitively 93? Rumple Tillskins. What is a Rumple Tillskin? Is the album? We still haven't figured that out. Now this was the leaders of the New School affiliated group. They're from Long Island, right? You remember? You remember the MCs in the group? No, I do not. So Capital LS. Oh yeah. Sha Now the Remedy Man. Okay, I remember that name. Right. Right. The Remedy Man. Right. 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 And Geronimo. Wow, where's the mic? Yeah. Yeah. And then producer RPM. Okay. Right. Once again, it's, I guess, what what, the 93 sound. It's a victim of the 93 sound. That's it. It's it's not going to catch on. It it fell in the cracks. It's overabundance of these guys sounding the same like this. Where's it going to go? Who's it going to target? Who's the market? The market was small. That's it. I think if you didn't grow up in 93 and you didn't like East Coast hip hop, this album would not connect to you at all. No. Not at all. So it's tough. Like these these groups are coming out and they're trying to see whatever sticks. Well, that single, the the single we played, Attitudes, that was the most recognizable song. Right. And they released another single and music video for Is It All Right? I don't know if you remember this. I seen the video once. Wow. I don't remember that. On a VHS tape mailed over back from the mainland from Rap City. Because we didn't get BET here, in right? Hawaii. So, uh, so you got that? You got a VHS tape a sent friend, to you? A friend's cousin tape would tape Rap City. I would pay money, and they would mail. <laughs> Sounds awful. What are you I, doing? It's like watching The I Ring know, or something. I had no, I okay. had no way of wow. getting rap videos, man. You, you got your cash. So, <laughs> so they made their wow. first appearance on Sound of the Zeekers. Yes. Right? Yes. But yeah, these guys all—they tried to do—they tried to market Sean uh, Al, the Remedy Man, as a solo artist. Right. You know, never have. He was on Black Market Unleashed. Remember that album? Wow. Remember that one? Yeah, Black Market Unleashed. Yeah. Jeez. Yeah. Ooh. I had no oh. friends. Did I mention right. that? <laughs> well, I just really. listen to hip hop albums. Well, all right. how many of us have them? I, I'm just—I <laughs> don't know. It, it, it's just—it's—it's a—it's just one of those albums that just come and go, and you it just. It's dated to us now. It sounds old. Can you listen to this for nostalgic sake, or you're, you're not listening to a Rumpelstiltskin song in maybe one or two? Okay, one or two in a mix, and that's it. Yeah, okay. that's fine. Just for a laugh. We're not laughing. I just <laughs> like Rakim said, ain't nobody smiling. Nobody smiling. So like no. All right, uh, moving on. Now we, we talked about a lot of East Coast artists. Let's go to the West Coast, and I think one of the most slept-on rappers, Deadly Threat. We changed his name oh, to Threat. Yeah. The album's called Sick in the Head. Yeah, I remember this one. Oh. What did you think of Threat? Uh, I, I thought he had promise. It was him and DJ Pooh, right? It, him or, and DJ Pooh were like right. the buddies. But then this got a lot of hype in ads as well. Right. A lot of ads in the source about this Three guy. Three and a half mics in the source. Because he's associated with Ice Cubes and all the other gangster guys. So we're supposed to be like, this guy, should he's going to be the next guy. And I was bought into the hype and I looked for Threat. And... Yeah. I bought the album as soon as it came out. He was on, one copy. He was on the Alcoholics album. Yeah. He yeah. was on Yo-Yo's album. Yeah. He was on King T's album. It's he fine. Was on Ice Cube. 
It was fine. It, it, it's another one that just it, it doesn't stand out. It doesn't stand you, out. It you doesn't. Know, I would put this on mixtapes, and you know what? People always confuse threat with cam. They yeah, think, exactly. This is cam, and I think they sounded too similar, and they were rapping about very the same subject matter for the most part. Right. More politically driven. Right. Uh, West Coast hip hop, right. or more you know black, you know. It was that cam black political right. Political rap with the funk beats. I remember this video that the dogs lose. Yeah. Yeah. The, the dogs lose was a video, yes. But you know the album would sell poorly. He got dropped from his label. He'll never release a full album after that. Right. And then he would he would just appear on DJ Pooh's '97 compilation album that Bad News Travels Fast. I don't know if you remember wow. that. Had Whoop Whoop on it. Remember? Oh, uh, Whoop Whoop, yeah, with Cam. Right, yes. right, right. And that was the end of him. Down to the cabin with Daddy Rich. But uh, yeah, threat. I mean, threat. If you're out there. If you're listening to this, you're listening to this I was a fan. Let's go eat. Okay, can we go eat? Because right. that would be amazing if you're listening to this. We're going to talk about a couple one-hit wonders. One-hit wonders who had a hit and never heard from them again. Yeah. Apache Ain't Shit, the album from Apache, the debut album from Apache. Gangsta Bitch, big song, right? Yes. Technically, this is a 92 song. The, this was a 92, right? The yeah. album, the, the single was dropped in the fall of 92. Yeah. The album was released in February of 93. Right. So we're going to talk about it in the 93. Song, man, Gangsta Bitch, produced by Q-Tip. Produced by Q-Tip. That's right. Go figure out Q-Tip, ladies man that he is. Yes. He, bottom line, he wants a Gangsta Bitch. <laughs> now, this is an album that, you know, a recent piece to Apache. He is passed away. Yeah, he did. Yeah. He did pass away. Rest so recent piece. I don't want to, you know. But this album, even when I, when I bought it, I was like... What is, what is this? Who is you bought this album, album. for? Yeah. Wow. Because you know, I looked at the I looked at the production. You had Large Professor, Diamond D, DJ Mark, the Forty Five King, right? Wow. It had, it had uh, Naughty by Nature on it. So I was like, how bad can it be? Yeah, it was pretty bad, man. It was really bad. I uh, I bypassed this album. I did not buy this album. I just didn't. Uh, I, it didn't. This, I just didn't like the song. I just didn't like the whole gangster bitch thing. Maybe I was sensitive back then to women. I don't or know. You, did you prefer the song to be called Gangster Ladies? <laughs> I mean, maybe. Maybe I was going through a different time in my life. You're very respectful. I'm trying to be respectful, you know, as a kid. I don't know why I bypassed this album. You're I really a good don't know. boy. You're a good hopper boy. I was trying, you know, a single parent, you know, a single mom. Don't call an old a bitch. Exactly. You call everyone a bitch now. How well, times have changed? I, I call them assholes, really, at this point. But I know more assholes than bitches, really. So, so I just never got into it. I don't know. Yeah, he never released any other albums or singles. He passed away in 2010. Rest in peace. Yeah. But you know, this album is still a cult, cult favorite for a lot of hip hop heads. You know, it's still, you know, still right. revered. You know. Right, 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 right. Another, another minor hit, minor hit, and actually cracked the top 20 rap chart. No. Oh, the hood rats. Oh, the Hood Rats. The album, one of my favorite yeah. album titles of the 90s. Sneaky Motherfuckers. Yeah. But they spelled it differently. Yes, of course. It was F-U-K-A-Z. Yes. So they could get away with putting of it on course. the front of the album. Right. Oh, creative writing. It was a sign of the times. Onyx was yeah. hot. Let's put out a bunch of guys that are bald and yell. That's right. That's all it is. That's right. This uh, is garbage. The rappers' names. Do you remember these rappers' names? No, I don't. Dodo and Dingbat. You see? You see? And they thought that was gonna work. <laughs> they thought how that, that, that was, was there a conference? Dodo like, and Dingbat. There was a corporate meeting, ten guys sitting around. You know what? That's gonna go. We're gonna sign off on this one. Oh, I would say yay. Everybody say nay. Okay. Come on. These, these guys Come are on. These guys are from Queens. Uh, they they this was the single minor hit, top twenty on the rap charts. And then they had a second song called Murdered Over Nothing. Yeah, that's <laughs> that sums up a lot. I sometimes feel that way. 
So they got they got dropped from their label after this, but as they should have. Hood rats, hood rats. Oh, All right, God. now get out of here with we're this. gonna get into more obscure groups that were coming out. It was y'all so stupid. Remember y'all so stupid. Man full the, of Pakistanis. That's right, man full of Pakistan. Pakistanis. So this was uh, Atlanta's answer to Far Side. Yeah, yeah. I remember right. this. I remember the ads for this one. Right. 93, the ads were coming up a lot. Now, and, look at uh, these names here, right? This is H2O. That's one of the rappers. Yeah. Uncle Buck. Hey. Hey, John like Candy it. fan. I like it. Shaw Boogie. Yeah, yeah. Right. Spearhead X was the producer. Oh, yeah. Remember right. Spearhead X? Right. Hopefully not Michael Fronti's. No, it was Michael Fronti's brother. Yeah. yeah. He gave the X, you know. Forget and it. then and logic. This is not the logic. Not, not suicide yeah. guy. <laughs> yeah. This is the Atlanta logic. Wonderful. And so they were they were uh, basically doing live shows in Atlanta, Dallas, Austin. Discovered them. He was like, oh, I can, I can market them kind of as my alternative day law. Yeah. He kept far trying. Side. He kept trying. This song is good. This was the, but it, it does right. it make sense? It's called a van full of Pakistans, and it's a, it's a happy type of song. The beat's right. good. The, the rhyming is fine, and the chorus is. What is the chorus? Is think about all our problems right. and like so. Like, are we to be happy but sad? Is this, this a bipolar? Emo rap. Yes. I but mean, like they're too happy to be emos though. Right. Well, they well they they obviously Farsight predated them. Daylight predated right. them. But you can play the chorus of this so people can understand. It, it makes no sense. But people liked this song back in the day. Here we go. <laughs> you see? It's very uh, Arrested Development-esque, right? Do you remember these guys? They were okay. all wearing cross colors, a lot of right. cross colors. Right, it was all wacky guys. Yeah, they're all wacky because they're all so stupid. Right. All bright colors, purple, a lot of purples and oranges. But it's just the, the chorus makes no sense. Yeah, th this no album, sense. this album, pretty forgettable. But you know, like for pretty much just for rap nerds, pretty much. But album, it's it's one of those groups that you'll mention to a guy that's a hip hop guy. But oh yeah, shit, I remember him. Right, that's just throwing out obscurities. To that's just all to it say is. Obscurities, yeah. Right? So yeah, uh, moving on to another group, Madcap oh. from the West Coast, the LA trio, Coke. Motif and Dr. Seuss. Is this the group that have the, the, the one of the guys played the saxophone? Yes, Dr. Seuss rapped and played the trumpet. The trumpet, that's right. The trumpet. The trumpet. This is the trumpet group. Yes. Right. And this was, yeah. oddly enough, the first one of the very first releases on Loud Records. This was a Loud Records, yeah. I like this baseline though. The beats on this were decent. Yeah. But. This, you put this along the lines of a funk dubious, put this along the lines of Rumpelstiltskin, that kind of drum bass, drum beat, trends of culture, the king and I. Yeah, it's just all... 98 to 101 BPM, fast. This is it. Say, I, I, you, know, you know, back in... I thought Matt, Madcap in 93 was hot. Like, I, I, I enjoyed this. But then, you know, I think it does... It doesn't... Uh, it doesn't... The, depre, the, the depreciation, depreciation is, is bad yeah. on this. So it's like Yagfu Front. You can put them in there with this. We're probably we'll talk about Yagfu Front later. Next year, next okay, year. get ready, everyone. <laughs> you guys ready for Yagfu Front next year? Yes. But yeah, it's the same kind of style of beats, and it's just it's the era. It's the it's the date of 1993. Right. That's it. The producer Broadway. I think what you said earlier was spot on. The the beats is the best thing about the album. You know, really like the, Broadway, the beats, yeah. And and it was creative that they had a live trumpet player in the group. So it was different. It was unique. Right. King T was a enough. big fan. He discovered them. He right. put them on. It's not unique enough. But yeah, I, I as we 
as we know, the King T cosine isn't always the, the best thing to have. He tries, but he tries. not the best. Right. Yes. You know, Alcoholics was probably the best thing he had, right? Yes, by far. That was right. his best thing, yes. So, staying on the West Coast and moving on from uh, Madcap, we had Capital Tax. Okay. From Oakland. Yes. I have something to say about that. Okay. Okay. I like Capital Tax. I don't... I don't... I don't it's not like a standout, but I don't think it's bad music either. I bought these guys the week before I bought Trends of Culture. I was on this kind of a fix back, right. back then. Because it's the same style. Yeah. The Masha, right? That's like the Masha. I was shocked that this was coming out of Oakland. Yeah. Because right? this was one of the it first East like Coast right. sounding groups, right. but out of Oakland. That was the ads right. they would put out because it was not Oakland sounding rap. It was this. So you remember the, the, the lead MC? He was called TMD Total Mind Devastator. I, I like it, as you right? should be. And then yes. there was DJ Cool Al, Bozy, yes. Scruff, and Smooth G, who all just were in the background, I guess, because no one yeah, really rapped. Yeah. I don't remember anybody else I don't rapping think any of those guys but except TMD. Um, they had the song The Masha. <laughs> the Masha. That's a hot jam. Let's play The Masha. Play The Masha. This was a hot one. Yeah. This was. Arguably the best song on the album. Yeah. Oh yeah. Bye so bye. this was oddly enough, they were featured in the Sources Unsigned Hype in '92. Yes. And I remember reading this. All the Unsigned Hypes, I was, I was obsessed with that. Cut them out. Those I'd well, they're them interesting because it was, a, it was a fresh little thing that they kept doing with these new guys that we had to search out. And then they blew up. And a lot then of they these blew guys up. blew up. Yeah. I mean, but you know, not Capital Tax. <laughs> but not. Mob Deep and uh, and Biggie and. All, all I know for this album though, I I, I always I distinctly remember it. Listening to this back then, I would always put it on and be like, you know what, I like these guys, but every song sounds the same. I really don't know which songs I like. Because uh, I'd be listening to this in the car, in the in the bus. Right. And it would just be background music because I just couldn't differentiate each song from the next except the mashup. Yeah, they had a very similar vibe. It was a very plain vanilla sound every right. song. Right. But yeah, the, the only single in music video was for I Can't, I Can't Believe It. Right. And then the mashup was just a song that a lot of the people that own this album, the hardcore hip hop heads, just kind of gravitated to because it's a dope beat. Right. Good song, you know. And it was a good song. Yeah. So that they never released anything after that. So they got taxed. Capital tax got taxed. They got taxed. Well, yeah, good. Capital tax got audited. <laughs> Great. Nice. I like oh it. shit. All right. Uh, moving on to the debut album from Messengers of Funk. Oh no! All I right. remember these assholes. These guys were Sorry, one I'm, of the very really first uh, bilingual rap groups from New York. I didn't know how to say their name because it was spelled Messengers. Yeah, J A R Z. Messengers. Messengers of Funk. So we kind of get it, but we don't. Like, are we gonna be disrespectful to them? Like, is it not Messengers of Funk? So. Key to making a group, guys. Make a name that we can at least figure out. Don't make it that complicated for us. Yeah. Yep. A lot of that. A lot of that going on. We're gonna dig it. Yep. Exactly. So the group was multicultural: Black, Puerto Rican, Colombian, and Dominican. Right? Wow. They got all. Of them. It's a Benetton ad. Right. right. Uh, and you had uh, rappers D Bell, Pearl Pizzazz, and Royal Tech. DJ Royal Tech. Man. Any of these names ring a bell? No. And this, this group was discovered in a rap cypher outside of a Lord Finesse concert. Wow. Isn't that crazy? Wow. And one of the guys standing outside the cypher was, worked for uh, Atlantic Records. Wow. That's, <laughs> that's the only the interesting day. thing about the group. Right that's there. about it. That, that's a very interesting story, though. But they were the... Very interesting they, story. They, they, they were really the first group to 
rap in English and Spanish on the East Coast that uh, I can remember. Can you? I can't recall another one. Because at that point, you know, we had Kid Frost, Mellow Manese, right. Cypress Hill, Light and Shade of Brown, all uh, on the West Coast. Yeah. But never really represented a Latin vibe on the East Coast. Right? No, never. That, not really. I mean, Fat yeah. Joe never rapped in Spanish. No. Nobody rapped in Spanish in the East Coast. But yeah, yeah. The, the album, there you have it. Yeah. All right. And speaking of a, a, a Latin rapper that we never mentioned in the 92 show because he only had one single at the time was ADOR. Hey, They're all right. ADOR, I like it. Right. Yes, Adore. Yeah, Adore. Another definition of rhythm, right? I, I love it. He, he's back in 94, right? He comes back, he releases that one album One for the later, Trouble. Right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. One for the Trouble. But then Adore, yep, that's yeah. another one. All right. Uh, moving on to Broken English Click. Do you remember Broken English Click? Very, very vaguely. They were from Queens. Yeah. It was Phase the Mad Scientist yeah. and Mac 10, not the Mac 10 not from the, the West Mac Coast, 10, the yes. East Coast. Yes. And they had a song about the cops. It was called Who's the Gangster? Remember That's the right. Who really Let is? Let me tell you about the gangsters. It's oh. the cops. Wow. Really? Thanks, uh, they were signed, thanks, guys. They were signed to Wild Pitch Records. And as you know, if you're yeah. signed to Wild Pitch Records, it's the nail in the coffin. Yeah, get ready. Hang it up. Go, go, go to the cabin with Daddy Rich. I think for I think Aaron's feeling is if you're signed to Wild Pitch or Cold Chillin', you're screwed. You're done. You're done. And if you're managed by Dallas Austin, <laughs> Rowdy screwed. Records, you're screwed. Oh, damn. Gosh. Yeah, this was pretty generic. You know, really didn't do any... It didn't, didn't do, do anything. anything. Yeah. All right. I don't know how many people bought this. Another one-and-done group from Boston. Juice with Soul. Have you heard of this? Juice with Soul. Juice with Soul. Okay, you got me on this one. This is yeah. the first one you got me. What the hell is this? It's a song. It was a single called Gang Lingo. It had Lieutenant Stitchy. Wow. You remember Lieutenant Stitchy? I remember Lieutenant Stitchy. And then obviously it's Juice with Soul. The rappers are named MC Juice and MC Soul. Oh God. Are you serious? What's like worse, that or Ding Wing Ding and Ding Ben? <laughs> Come on. Boston home of the coffin. This guy sounds like Char Charlie uh, Brown. <laughs> is this Charlie Brown? Is this his alias? This is like MF Doom for Zev Lovek. This is like Charlie Brown's this, alias. So this was funny story. I was in uh, Hungry Ear Records, and the guy, the the guy working at Hungry Ear, goes, he goes, Hey, you wanna buy a, you wanna buy a CD? Discount. And I was like, What, what is it? And it was five dollars. And I was like, I looked at it, and it was like Atlantic Records. I didn't know what it was like. So he was like, You want it? $5. And I was like, okay, at that wow. point, I didn't take any deals. I right? guess so. So I bought it, and then I was like, what the hell is Well, he, he got his money. The VHS guy got his money. Yep. Got so I could be the only person in Hawaii that owns Juice I think so. Soul. Congrats. Oh I don't even know what to make of this. Yeah. Play another song from this. Do you have another song from this? I, 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 I don't want to. You only it. respectfully. <laughs> I only downloaded Downloaded one? I don't know what to make All of right. this. They had a music video for it, though, and a single. For that song? For that song. Because that's an old classic and beat. And then they, yeah, it's the, uh, yeah. I forgot the, the group. Do you remember the That's a classic beat. Uh, God. We'll, we'll, it's a classic we'll, beat. Though. Yeah, People classic know beat. that they beat. They used it for I'm Not I'm not Your Puppet, High C. Something, yeah. But this is Raw Breed. Oh, remember right. Raw Breed? Looney Tunes yep. was the album. Yeah. the Bronx. This is always one, like Tower Records, we said, on that shelf, the one album that sits there, like the A-Team, <laughs> will sit there forever, was Raw Breed. That's another good the R section. Yep. It's all like vanilla rap. It's vanilla, yeah. plain Jane. It's sign of the times of 1993. Yo, it was Alexander the Great, Mark Griffin, 
Nick Swift, wow. DJ Solo Fix, and wow. Sam Swift, DJ Solo Fix. Solo he's Fitch. out a lot. Yeah. Alone. Oh, yeah. <laughs> I need my solo fix. He's, he's at LNL Friday night. <laughs> wow. <laughs> wow. A lot of Jack in the Box in the car. Yep. In the parking lot. In the parking lot. But Gravely, I remember this video for Rabbit Stew. Gravelly Voices, right. There was a pot, not a stirring of the pot. Remember? Stirring the pot, yep. Right. It was a sorceress, like a like a voodoo lady, and she's stirring the pot. It was ahead of the times before Grave Diggers. You should have hung her up. Rob Reed should have waited 94. <laughs> you would have had a shot. Flatliners would be coming out. Grave Diggers, you would have had a shot, Rob Reed. Yeah, uh, Rob Reed would try to come out with later singles, but they never released another album. Yeah. Well, bummer, man. I don't wonder what happened to DJ Solo Fix. He's, so, he's eating, hopefully. He's eating lean cuisines. <laughs> hopefully it's a step up from that, but hopefully uh, he's all right. All right. Uh, remember a group called Gumbo? Yes, I do. The I'm album the was called Dropping Soulful H2O oh, on the Fiber. Yes. Right. They had the song Basement Music. That's right. We're going to play Basement Music It was a hot right jam. Now. I liked it. Yeah. I so, like this song. So let this And run. it was Gumbo with an exclamation point. Yeah. <laughs> Gumbo! Gumbo! Eat it now! Right. So they're you can from. Tell Solo Fix to go So eat they're from gumbo. Milwaukee. Yes, that's yeah. right. They're from like the middle. Right, right. But it's right. the rest of the development group, right? Right. One of their They cohorts. were Afro Cuban. So they yeah. were. Yes, Cuban B. Yeah, yes. Of course. Cubanos. Yes. So they're Afro Cuban. They, the whole album is produced by Speech from yeah. the rest of development. Yeah. The rapper's names is Fulani and Diana Don. Wow. Diana Don sounds interesting. Yeah. Is this the song? It's a long intro here to this one. It's a long intro. Wow. Sounds right. slower than usual, but yeah. But this is it. This is a good song. There's a, there's a video for this. Right. I like this song. This is a good song. So, they never, they disappeared after this. Yeah. Nothing. Yeah. Never, never to be heard from again. I would play this in the club. Oh, you would? Yeah, I'll play it. And it would work? Yeah, because it's a dance move, because it, that's why it's, it it's very slow to me. Because it, I play a very, uh, a faster version. Right. But uh, it works because it's 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 a danceable beat for the hip hop. It's for a hip hop crowd. We're not playing this at Oceans or something. <laughs> We're playing Gumbo at Blue I would Zebra. Love, I would pay money just to see the confused right. look right. on people's faces when you're playing that, yeah. this song in Oceans. Yeah, we're not playing this at Studebaker's. <laughs> you know, I'm just saying. In the hip hop club, this would work. All right, so there were also a couple one-and-done white boys in 90s. Yeah, yeah, right. always the fun. The first one, always. rapper Justin Warfield. Oh, no. Yeah, remember I, Justin Warfield? I was not a fan. The album's oh. called My Field Trip to Planet, Planet Nine. Nine. People, a lot of people like this guy, though. He had a following. He's he, black Jewish. He was the Lenny Kravitz of hip-hop. Yeah. He had a following. He's from Cali. Yeah, he did have a following. A lot of people know of him. You know what? The album's produced by Prince Paul and QD3. He had the backing. Uh, you remember this video, too? He's like standing in a... Uh, it's like Fish Island. Yeah. He's standing in an empty pool. Yeah. They're skateboarding. Yeah. Right? It was... It was like, this song is okay, but I just never got into it. This is the lead single, Case Sarah Sarah. Yeah. I, I just never got into it. I didn't buy this album. I, I held off on this one. Yeah, I bought the single, and I, I was too embarrassed to play it around other people because I, I felt like they were going to make fun of me. Because this song was goofy to me. Yeah, but it, it, was, it was decent. I liked it. I liked this song. It's different. I get he's trying to be different, but... I, I don't know. It just I had a feeling it would be this album would be bad. Yeah. A lot of filler and what it was. Yes, it's I like remember a that. Gap, gap it's a gap ad, yeah. It's a gap ad or yeah. something. 
But yeah, anyways, he didn't release anything as the Justin Warfield, the rapper, but he would go on to have a career as an alternative rock artist, singer, and he has a current group called She Wants Revenge. Have you heard of that group? She no, Wants I have Revenge. Not, yeah. So it's like a. I don't blame him. It's like an alternative rock group now. All right. But so he's still out. In the, he's still in the game. He's still in the game, man. Justin Warfield. Wow, shout out. Yeah. Justin, still hanging in there. Still doing it. All right, another white boy that. Um, Ali D. Oh shit. <laughs> Who's the flavor? The son of Phil Knight? No, that's not no, him. No, that's Chili T. That's Chili T. Sorry for the confusion, everyone. <laughs> Ali D, Chili oh, T. Fuck. Hey, maybe they were hanging out. Fuck. Maybe they were friends. Ali D was young black teenagers, right? No, he was. Who is this he asshole? Was a, he was a part of the Bomb Squad production team. Okay, but he was okay, but he wasn't with young black teenagers. He was a Jewish. Bomb Squad. He's a Jewish Egyptian rapper. Right. A Jewish Egyptian. Right. But he was discovered by Hank Shockley. Yeah. And he helped produce uh, songs on the Juice soundtrack with the Bomb Squad. Okay. So most famously. If a lot of people don't know this, Ali D produced Aaron Hall's Don't Be Afraid. Wow. How about that? Right? And then this song came on Young T Raps. We were like, what the hell is this? Yeah. Who's the flavor? I thought it was just another Marky Mark ripoff. Right. It was like it was a Marky Mark Young Black Teenagers ripoff. It was a it was a Wigger ripoff. And then when well, I Wigger, not ripoff. And then I, re I remember getting the album cover the album and looking at the album and I was like, wow, Coogee Rap is on it. Yeah, that's and right. And he had a song called Bring It On with Coogee Rap. Wow. So I bought the album and I was like, man, this is terrible. <laughs> this is pretty bad. This is pretty bad. But um, I did not buy this album. Ali would, you know, leave rapping but concentrate on production and end yeah. up in the late 90s into the 2000s. He did songs for Mary J. Blige, oh. M.O.P., Fabulous, Jada Kiss, Busta Rhymes, and How You Like This One for a Swerve. He produced songs for Natalie Imbruglia. Wow. Wow. Crazy, right? Well, good that he he evolved then. Yep. He, he evolved and stayed in the game. And he became a music supervisor for Hollywood films, so he would pick songs hey. to play in Hollywood movies. There you go. What's so the flavor? Right. Holly D's still telling us. Yep. He's still telling us what the flavor is. Never releasing an album, but he's rich. Yes. He's rich. Shout right. out being rich. Guy did well. Shout out to right. Cash. Now, a uh, couple groups that came out with singles that I don't know if they were big, big maybe hip-hop heads, but Strictly Roots. Remember Strictly Roots? Begs no friends. Begs no friends. <laughs> I remember that. Did you did you like that I, one? We all we all some, for some reason liked it. I don't know. I love, know a lot of people that know that song. It's a popular song amongst the weird old hip hop nerds. It had Grand <laughs> Pooba and Fat Joe on it, right? Right. Yeah. It Grand was a good song. It was it was fine for the time. Everything else they put out was pretty trash, but there's two versions of this, right? Yeah, I think this is the original. I want Play the remix. remix. I, I, I want, want that, remix. that weird bass line that draws you in. There you go. No, that was the bass line. There you go. Is the they just flipped. Mm. I mean, they didn't do much with this remix. No. They just kind of bent the bass line a little yeah. bit. But I had this. You had this vinyl or you had the single? Yeah. So these guys are from the Bronx, yeah. MC Broadway, and then the other guy was RMR. Yeah. yeah. I thought the song was hot. This is a good song. And then you have Fat Joe and Grand Puba. Yeah. So I, I, love, I love the song, and the rest of the album is forgettable. So how did you get a copy of it? Because it never was brought over to Hawaii. It was brought as a tape single. Oh, wow. For DJs. Is that how you no, I, I got the tape single. I never had the vinyl until later. Wow. It was at Sam Goody. I remember Sam Goody, All Moana, would have always these obscure underground hip-hop singles. And that's where I got this. That's where I got a lot of these singles. They would have them all. 
So I got this single again at Choice Cuts. They yeah. had one copy, yeah. and then I never seen it again. That was it. Right. The album was released to DJs, I guess, but it was never released nationwide. It was only released on the East Coast independently. Right. And then you know, I never heard from them ever again. Oh, I, for I, I forgot about this. I could have put this on the. Uh, yeah. Damn it. Let's see, Fat Joe. This would have been good on the mix. Yeah, that's hot. Yeah. All right, another group that released a, a single in '93. You never heard of them? Trouble Neck Brothers. Hey. Trouble Neck Wreck, hot song, man. Right, Trouble Neck Wreck. Um, wasn't it? Didn't Trouble Neck Brothers do uh, Back to the Hip Hop? Yeah, they did. Back that was to later. The hip -hop. Yeah, that was later. Yeah. Right, that was yeah. released later. Yeah, that was their hit, I guess, if you want to say hit. Back to the Hip Hop was their. Their, their top song. That was their top, yeah. yeah. But this song was this song was This was alright. I, I, I enjoyed this one. So they're they're from Harlem. Are you ready for these rap names? Soundwave. Hey, I like Motown. It. But M-O-E Town. Oh Mo, Mo, like Low Mar Mo, like Larry Mo Curry. Prophet. Oh, of course. Blunt. Yeah. Stepchild. Oh. Ooh. Oh. He, he's, he's not a real yet. Shaft. Hey. And Nat One. Wow, how original are these names? Jesus Christ. Motown. Motown. <laughs> Soundwave. I like Three He's Stooges. Big Transformers man. Laser beak, eject. Okay, and then we got, what was that? We had uh, Shaft. Shaft. Shut your mouth. Oh, God. Stepchild. Forget Blunt. It. Yeah. You don't want to have a conversation with Blunt. <laughs> he tells it like it is. Oh, God. Okay, moving on. All right. Um, we had, let me pull this up here. <laughs> Blunt. We had Finsta the Bundy. Yeah, hey, they hung around for years though. They hung. They, they never released a full no, album. No. Um. So you know, debut single from Brooklyn-based Finsta Bundy. Yeah. They were Finsta and Bundy, right? Right. But they were Finsta Bundy. Right. <laughs> yeah. You guys catching that one? Because out it, there, I, I thought it was one guy, but it's Finsta and Bundy. Yeah. Yeah. Finsta and Bundy. Was this the song? Who I be? This is Sunny Side. Sunny Remember Side. That? That's right. Okay. Yeah. 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 But this was passed along. This was a, a passed along tape within DJs and hip hop heads. Right. So this one, I remember getting like a third or fourth generation dub over of this song. This is hard to get. This is hard to find, yeah, man. This is hard, yeah. Yeah. Vince the Bunny, they had a career for several years. So we'll talk about them. Uh, 94, 95, 96, even. Yep. I agree. So. All right. You ever heard of a, a, a group called MF911? MF911? They're from Detroit, Michigan. You got me on that one. They were discovered by Public Enemy. He's got that sound. Obviously, their name stands for Motherfucking Emergency 911. Oh. We gotta call him. Hurry up! It's an emergency, motherfucker. And that was a name given to them by Chuck D because he said, "Man, when you guys perform, it's a motherfucking emergency." Wow. <laughs> Thanks, Chuck. Yeah, no one can keep us straight. You ready yeah. for these rap names? MC Ant Live, Mainy Main, Mainy Main, Mainy Main, and Said Rat. Wow, Said Rat, Rat, Said Rat, Said Rat. How? Where? Now? Now, here you want wait a minute. Death. You want to, there are two two kisses of death for this album, right? They're co-signed by Public Enemy. Yeah, not good. And the whole album was produced by Said G of the Ultramax. Oh, forget it. <laughs> Are, do, do you want to commit suicide now? These guys are probably going to kick our ass. They're going to kick our ass, yes. Now, once again, are, is there any boardroom meetings that are like, you know, let's sign off on said G-produced album. I think these guys are assigned to Ichiban Records. So wow, shout out MC Breed. 
Alright, well. You remember Ichiban Records? Yeah, so it was MC Breed, right? Yeah, it's MC yeah. Breed. The, the album was called Idol the Blood Sport. Idol colon the Blood Sport. I don't know what that How means. Do, what does that mean? I don't know what that means. Is there a gimmick to just confuse the hell out of us? <laughs> Sit Rat and Manny Main. I like the, that. You know, that's an obvious name that we thought we could come up with ourselves, but, I, we, <laughs> but he did. Apparently, he beat us to it. Manny Main. <laughs> That's kind of a genius. All right. Many, many. All right. Coming up to a group called Nuff Roughness. Yeah. Remember Nuff Roughness? Yeah. Surprise was the song. Okay. Right. Yeah, not Nuff Roughness. We're not talking about Spark 950 and and uh, right. and this Kimbo was King. Nuff Roughness, the group. This was Nuff Roughness, the group. What are the names of these guys? I, I could not find it. <laughs> Good. Good <laughs> Let's job. Let's pick them up. Let's yeah. pick them up right now. Uh, Dingo and Wingbat <laughs> and Set Fire. How about that one? <laughs> Jesus. Salami and toast. Exactly. <laughs> Dry water. Maybe have something like that. Something creative. No. So this this was right. an Atlanta-based duo. I couldn't find their names. I looked everywhere. That's amazing. Could not find, find their name. names. They are living in the cabin with Daddy Rich. Daddy Rich. <laughs> and uh, that other wiggler. And uh, I can't remember. Yeah, I know. <laughs> Some producer. Yeah, this is too much, right? It's great. Get out of here. All right. Do uh, you remember a group called the Juvenile Committee? Yeah. So they had a, a song with DJ Quick. Yeah. It's called Juvenile Thing. I would get confused with Juvenile Hell, Mob Deep, and Juvenile Committee. I would think it's the same thing, but it's right. not. It is not the same thing. It's it, it's we're not gonna play it. It's it's just we're just going okay, well, the last. We're at the tail end of this. Thank thing. God. Uh, and then you remember a group? Uh, they had a, a album called Free Us Color Kids. All right. That's, That's the name of the group. The name of the album was called Free Us Color Kids. What's the name of the group? F U C K. Get it? Free us color kids. Hey, oh, Nile, man, you're shit. slow on the uptake on that do one. Do you have a knife? <laughs> Something sharp? What? I I do not remember that whatsoever. <laughs> but, whatsoever. Yeah. I will. Okay, this is another time I'm gonna come on. I'm gonna say, if any of you guys listening to this whole thing, you just reply back in the comments, F U C K, and dot dot dot. <laughs> And you reply that, and I'll know you listen to this, bro. Cause who the fuck is gonna know that? <laughs> Come on. Oh. Oh. Now God. you make me play the song. I gotta play. I gotta okay, play, play, play the group. Play a song by Fuck. <laughs> no, that's not the name of the group. That name of the album. Okay, okay. Fuck is okay. What's the name of the, uh, the group again? Juvenile Committee. Juvenile Committee. Yeah, all right, all right. With the song Fuck. <laughs> Great. Great. Oh, Lord. Okay. And then just rounding it out, two obscure rappers, just because we want to mention the most obscure rappers. Do you remember ever hearing of a West Coast rapper called Chocolate? His name was Chocolate? No, there was... No, I'm not... That's Chocolaire. That's right, there. not... Yeah. So he was okay. he was the guy that... Oh, Vanilla Ice. Co-produced Ice Ice Baby. That's Vanilla Ice's yes. guy. Yes, yes, I do remember now. Okay. Right. He had an album. He that's had an right. album that's called right. Life in a Day. Yes. Do you remember uh, this? I saw the ads. Right, right, right. You yeah. saw the ads in the source. You're like, who yeah. the hell is this? Yeah. And then the, the his logo was his name written in chocolate. Yes, in chocolate. And there behind it was a chocolate bar. Yeah. But his ads would tout he was the guy that helped Ice Ice Baby. Right. So one of the one of the biggest things about the chocolate album, if you guys can find it or just listen to a song called yeah. uh, N is Like That. Ziggas is like that. I'm not saying. There you go. All right. right. Yeah. But if you can find it, it's fuck. a posse. It's a posse cut on the album. It's him, CPO, Lord Three Two from Houston, and the first appearance of Snoop Doggy Dog before he was signed to Death Row. There you go. So if you guys for the about that, huh? rap nerds go. Look How about for that, that you pirates? <laughs> go search for that shit. <laughs> you know what? You. How about we do this? You put that in the comments. Any of you guys listening to this segment right now? 
And you write in the comments that you you just put found it. I don't know what you mean, okay? You just write found it. It's that song because ain't nobody looking up that fucking song right now. And then lastly, lastly in our one and dines, you remember a group called Satin Smooth? Sat and Smooth? Oh. <laughs> are we, are we just making up shit right now? I mean, come this, on. This is an album called The Awakening. They're from Houston, Texas. The Awakening. Yep. Satin smooth. So Sat, spelled satin smooth. Sat S A T yeah. space. S A T S A T. Uh, like uh, it was like oh, a hyphen, sat. right? Like hyphen sat n the letter n and smooth. Oh, no. God. They had a single oh. called "Mama Never Told Me." <laughs> you got that right. <laughs> Mama was hiding something from you. She should have told you. It could come out with satin smooth. Uh, Sounds like a blanket. The rappers were Brad D and D Bone. Wow. So you could be Brad D Bone. Brad D. Take out his D and that D. I think they should have just named the group Brad D Bone. Brad D Bone. Take a vote. Let's make that an IG poll. Better group name, Brad D Bone or Satin Smooth. All right. So obviously we're losing oh, our mind. We're at the end of the shit. one and dones. Fuck. So did that did that make you lose your mind? Or? That just it it just. <laughs> Very psychotic, suicidal thoughts right now. Can you believe it? we? So that was over twenty groups that never came oh, out with another fuck album. God, that's a lot of filler. <laughs> that's a lot of filler shit. Are you sure we're done? Is this segment done? Yeah, we're done? done. We're done. We're moving god, on. We're fuck. moving on. Brad D Bone, <laughs> fucking the song. Fuck. God damn it! All right, let's take a break. All right, here. we're taking a break. Please. I'm losing my mind. God. No. Yeah. So this one was on your honorable mentions yes. for albums for 93, which was a swerve for me. I was a shock. I'm a fan of Conscious Daughters. I didn't know it was I like this album. I like it. Yeah, Ear to the Street was the album. That's right. And so in this segment, we're going to just talk about how 93 was a huge album for the Bay Area. Yeah. You know, the Bay Area was pretty much getting overlooked by a lot of record execs. So it was the original independent hip-hop movement. Yeah. It was nothing like it in the country because it was all independently owned record labels, street-level distribution, right. you know. Sell out the trunk. Street marketing, right, yeah. out the trunk, shows. <clears throat> and it got so big after 93 that, yeah. you know, major label executives took note and a lot of these Bay Area guys were all signed right. or at least got distribution deals right. for their labels through big 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 record company correct so conscious daughters came out ear to the street this came out in november of 93 cmg special and we already talked about this one earlier in your honorable mentions but big album this was arguably one of the biggest hits out of the bay area for 93 right yes they play this on radio free a lot oh yeah man so big time there was that um another album that that uh was big was the it was the debut album from legendary mac dre Yes, rest in peace. The album Young Black Brother, the album. Yes. Right? Uh, Andre Hicks, a.k.a. Mac Dre. Yeah. Bay Area icon. Yeah, legend. Right? He's and a legend in the Bay. He was. Just, he basically had released some singles and EPs, but this was the very first album. And yes. It was rushed out uh, in 93, at the end of 93, November 93, because he got convicted of armed robbery. Actually, he robbed yeah. quite a bit. Yeah. Uh, so this album was released while he was in prison. He was a real guy. You know, you did real shit. And some of the verses on this album, if you listen to this Mac Dre album, it sounds a little muffled. He's rapping it over the phone in jail. Right, right. That's the thing that becomes it, a it, thing. Right, it grew his legend. Right. right. 
and so this this album would go on to be an underground classic in the Bay Area. Yeah. Mac Dre's career is far from done. He's gonna create you know the romper romper room. You know, oh right, right. That whole to movement. build his legend up. Yes. Right. And so uh, that was major. Another another Mac rapper that was big. Mac Maul. We had the Mac debut Mo. album of. Uh, uh, I was a fan of Mac Maul. Yes. Legal business. I'm a big fan of Mac yeah. Maul. Yeah. Vallejo rapper. Yes. Right. He's a cousin uh, to E40 and Be Legit. So that's where we learn about Vallejo. Because if you're yeah. if you're a kid, we don't know much about no. these states. So that's how we kind of figured out what Vallejo was. Right. We didn't E40, know Vallejo. And too so, deep. Yeah. Right. The they all clip, came out of there. Mac Maul. So Vallejo was pumping out. Um, this is another Bay Area classic, right? Right. Um, went on to sell 200,000 copies independently. Right. That's insane, right? For in the July of '93, this was. Well, released. and because they're they're really legitimately selling these albums, it's not getting bootleg, like in New York. Right. These guys are controlling their own sales because it's coming directly from them. Right. They're selling it, very uh, grass uh, grassroots style. I was shocked that these guys were using their money very wisely and buying full page ads in the source. Yeah. And I was like, wow, how are these independent guys that are on no label affording these ads in the source? Cut the middleman out. Yeah. Cut, cut the, the middleman out. out. And you can save all that money for marketing. I mean, you, you got to look at the way products are made back then. Like an average album, if you look at a CD, was 14 bucks in 93. Yeah, man. 14 bucks in 93 with packaging and whatnot. Then artist that was on their label gets maybe, what, dollar? Yeah. So you eliminate the, the corporation. These guys were smart. You're selling, they're, you're making five bucks an hour. They're way ahead of the game. And these guys, like I said, what these guys were doing would influence Master P. Master right. P would just take what these guys were doing and then, because he was out there at that time, right? He was in Sacramento, I believe, at that time with his own solo West Coast career. Right. Right? And he took all this, moved back to the South, and the rest is history right. for him, right? That's exactly what so, I did. Another rapper, JT the Bigger Figure. Remember yep. JT the Bigger Figure? These are all legends. I mean, these right. are all Bay Area legends. San Francisco rap icon, yeah. founder Get Low Records. Right. Uh, he's from the Fillmore. Uh, this you was the big Fillmore. song, Game Recognized Game. Yeah. Had Mac Maul on it. Right. This was getting played a little bit on the late night hip hop radio shows in Hawaii. Right. So. A lot of people know JT the Bigger Figure. Yeah. He yeah. had a catchy name. I mean, quite yeah. frankly, it's a catchy name. You know. Dude, so this this would be among the most successful independent labels on the West Coast, including Sick With It Records from E40, yes. and then No Limit, which was started in the Bay. Yeah. And Masterpiece, yeah, No Limit was originally started in the Bay. And then again, uh, Game Recognized Game went 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 national, yeah. got na national radio play, yes. but it started all grassroots. Right. So. Uh, amazing, man. So they, they innovated the business side of the music genre that is hip-hop because That's right. they made a lot of money more than the East Coast did. <laughs> I think so. They're smart, man. They're smart. They're really smart, dude. Um, another big artist came out in 93, Drew Down. Yeah. Um, although the single and the album we re-released in 94, Yeah. right, Pimp of the Year. Yes, that was a re-release. Right? Yeah. But his debut album, Fools from the Street, uh, came out in 93 yeah. uh, and it's featured the first appearance of the Loonies. Yep. Right? That's that right. was his crew, Yuck Mouth and Numbskull. That is right. And the Oakland rapper, he was always shocking me because of the perm. He had that crazy That's what he was known for, the big perm. perm. Man. Yes. But he's, that made him stand out. I think it was, I, I don't know if he had that in mind, but it did make him stand out. We always remember oh, yeah. his. Yeah, the crazy teeth. Yeah. We remember teeth, him. The perm. 
remember his face over all those other guys because oh, yeah. of the perm and the crazy teeth. Yeah, he, he was wild. So but the album would be such a big underground hit in the Bay, Relativity Records would basically buy this album, repackage it, yeah. and then re-release it in 94, and they called it Explicit Game, and they had the single Pimp of the Year. Right. Right. I remember so that. production was Ant Banks. Oh, yeah. historical things. And uh, speaking of Ant Banks, Ant Banks had an album. He did. Remember? In yep. uh, 93. He came out on his own. It was long time too short right. uh, brethren and he finally came out with his own thing what do you think of this album did you pick this up it was decent it was okay right it was fine it, it's like it's a it's like the bay area typical sound uh i don't know if it's memorable yeah he's not i mean he's not a great lyricist you know but it, it's a too short ish album without uh, too short basically i would That's say it. the best thing about Ant Banks is voice right it's a good voice, voice yes. and his production is not bad a little repetitive but not bad, right? It was a little bit more hype than the two short sounding beats a little bit, but that was it's pretty much the same two short production. <laughs> right. I don't wanna tell no tall tales here. Now another another group that had a surprising hit in ninety three from the Bay Area is Total Devastation. Hey, alright. A lot of people like this song. San Francisco rappers. Yeah. Do you remember the rappers' names? Here we go. We're gonna play the rap name game. Rasta Red Eye and Big Tone. Wow. Rasta Red Eye. Big Tone, he kept it safe with that name. Big, Big Tone. Tone. Rasta Red Eye. He Rasta really Red Eye is, for it. He was like, you know what? We smoke weed. I got red eyes. I get it. The I album was it. legalize it with an exclamation yeah, point. Exactly. Legalize it. Well, they win because in 2019, guys, guess what happened? So, yeah, I mean. It only took only took almost 30 years. It only took 30 years, yeah. Yeah, Rasta Red Eye, you hanging in there? You still alive? But. Everybody knows this song. Everybody likes right. this song. The beat is, of course, the classic tribe beat. Whatever. It. A lot of people are fans of this song. Right. So it's like it's fine. It's it's a it's generic, but it, it's fine. It's generic, but yeah. it's fine. That's the best review for this song I've ever heard. It's generic, but it's fine. It's generic, but it's fine. I will go with that. It's like it's like your review. It's what like the hell the, might as well? It's the cheesecake factory of hip hop songs. Yeah. It's, yeah. <laughs> it's generic, generic but, but it's fine. It, it can stay open. <laughs> yeah. So just uh, real, real quick, it? the other notable albums that came out, we'll just quickly mention them. We won't play tracks, but the new Jim Jones from Dre Dog. We're only going to mention wow. Dre Dog because he would become another icon from San Francisco, right? right. He'd become Andre yeah. Nicotina. Right. Right. Uh, he was a member right. of the group IMP. Uh, Ill-mannered posse, which is what's so my Ill-mannered. Ill-mannered posse. It's like the shark in uh, Austin Powers. Right. Some very uh, upsetting sharks with lasers. <laughs> very hot and bothered. I mean, God, the ill-mannered. Um, right. But Jesus. I was a fan of Dre Dog. I was a fan of Andre Nicotina. But he was yeah. bigger as Andre Nicotina than he ever he was big, as yeah. Dre Dog. Yeah, right. clearly. Uh, other artists that came out, San Quinn was part of Get Low Records. Uh, IMP, the ill-mannered posse, as I yes. mentioned earlier. Ill-mannered uh, posse. And then we had albums from Sickwitted Records. We had the debut solo album from E40 Federal. Yeah. Which is pretty forgettable for yeah. the most part. But, he, you know, his legend would go on. He'll he do some have stuff. some great albums. Down and Dirty, the debut album from The Click. Yeah. Right? Yeah. And then, I don't know if you ever remember, there was a Vallejo Asian rapper called Rhythm X. <laughs> do, you, do you remember this rapper? The album's called Long Overdue. He, did he steal a name from... Isn't there somebody else named there was Rhythm someone, X? Yeah, Rhythm D, I think you're thinking of. Oh, God. Producer, yeah. right? Rhythm D, Dinko D, Bruno D, <laughs> Tony D. I, I guess so. I mean, whatever. I do not remember. Is this playing right now? No, no, no. Uh, what, but, what is... You have a Rhythm X I just song? thought it was so funny that he was a he was a Chinese rapper or Korean rapper. I, 
I don't no. want to sound. I mean, half Asian, so I can sound. You can get away with I it. An Asian he, guy. I didn't know what he was, but I remember the guy at Tower Records said, "Brah, you gotta get this album, brah. Support the Asians." Is this the same guy that sold you the five dollar album? <laughs> no, it was a different okay. guy. This guy was at Tower Records. This guy messing with you? He's like, okay. you gotta support the Asians, bro. He looks like Spanish in this yeah. cover here, but I guess he's Asian. Yeah. Rhythm X. He looks a very look. It's very Latino looking album. This is also that very like goofy sounding Bay Area kind of beat. Well, right, right. Wow. But anyways, Go uh, and then a couple other albums from significant artists that came out. Sibo, uh, remember Sibo? Yeah. His debut album, Gas Chamber. Yes. The I debut that. EP from Brother Lynch Hung. Yeah, yeah, yeah I remember that guy. Murder rapper. I like that guy. Hardcore, yeah, a lot of brother, murdering going on. I like on. Brother Lynch. Murdering Hung. every second uh, of the song. The debut album from Blackjack. Streets to the Grave, yeah, Black Drag, yeah. right? The producer group that yeah. produced Spice One and yeah. go on to work with Junior Mafia and right. other groups. And then uh, Rodney O and Joe Cooley. Yeah, hey, they keep, they, they hang in there. They keep coming out, They hang in there. They're not from the Bay, but we're just gonna, right. we're just like throwing little shouts out to Rodney O and Joe Cooley because they kept, they kept putting out stuff, man. We gotta have them come on this, this and show somehow. This was a joke between me and Wando. Shout out to Wando, DJ Lager Woods. We would always play Rodney and Joe Cooley as kind of a joke to one another. Humps for the Boulevard. It's a really sad. Remember this song? Humps yes, I Boulevard. remember this right. From the album, the best album title, the well, quite possibly the nineties. You remember that? Fuck New York. Wow, <laughs> I love it. The album was called Fuck New York. Tell and it to standing him. Standing in front of the Trade Center, World Trade Center. Wow, wow. There's foreshadowing on <laughs> Rodney and Joe Cooley. Holy shit! Holy shit! So quote a song earlier. Fuck. Wow, I didn't. I don't remember that one. That's something. Now, That's something. Speaking of speaking of Rodney Ojukuli, there was one album. I know, guys, you're counting on me to be the stat boy to get all the info. Sometimes I mess up, man. There's a lot of albums. I have so much information gathering to do. We forgot about a group in '92 that was associated with Rodney Ojukuli, but I think you want to want to mention it. Insane poetry. Oh no. <laughs> Oh God! I remember that. Yes, it is garbage. I don't think Insane Poetry's upset that we forgot about them in '92. <laughs> they had a song called "How You Gonna Reason with a Psycho." <laughs> There's no way you can reason with a psycho in Insane Poetry. This should be your new theme song. This is awful. <laughs> they just start right with the chorus at the beginning. Yeah. This was like. They were, they were from LA. They're psycho, obviously, the rapper. Yeah, they're psycho. They're insane. MD and DJ Streak. So, MD, medical doctor. We and... never talked about this, but I just wow. had to mention it because just for shits and giggles. This is awful. Right. This is awful. <laughs> you become a psycho, you're listening to this album. Good and then, Lord. And then, really, really quick, I mean, it wasn't as big of a. Oh, a Lord. A 93 wasn't as big of a year for the South, uh, but the South, you know, it was pretty much all rap a lot. But, you know. We had the debut album uh, from Eight Ball MJG. All oh, right. Hard. Their debut. We gotta mention them. Yes. Um, one of some of the best low budget album covers of all time. Ball they MJG. they created I, that I look. Yes. Right. That was a unique look. Right. Those album covers. Right. Yes. You definitely remember them. Oh yeah. Right. Yeah. Uh, and then uh, Rap a Lot Records released a whole bunch of stuff. They had DMG. Yeah. The album called Rigor Mortis. Fifth Ward Boys had their first album, Ghetto Dope. Fifth Ward Boys. Yeah. Too much trouble. Remember them? the baby Ghetto Boys. Oh, right. They, they originally right. had a white midget. Right. Or white little person. I'm sorry. Little person. Midget is midget. Yeah, as if that, we didn't offend everyone else in this thing. See. Let's throw the little people in. How are you going to reason with a cycle? I mean, you can't, right? It makes you kind of want to get the lyric transcript of this song. How would you reason with a cycle? 
Right. Is, what, what about Odd Squad? Is that 94? Odd Squad is 94. Oh, We're talking okay. about 94. Can't wait. And then we had another album from Esham. Oh, no. One of he my puts fav- out a lot remember, of shit. You remember? You remember? Yes. <laughs> it's my favorite album title, Kill the Fetus. I mean, you know, if you really want to get a guy good, you just go after the fetus. I mean, before they're born, take them out. You know? Esham, Esham uh, albums I'd pick up and I'd put it down and I was afraid of them. I was well, exactly. You don't, you don't eat for a couple hours. I mean... Like no, but it's you really remember, bad. Do you remember it's... looking at Isham albums at Tower or at yes. wherever you're looking at? You know, and Gangsta Nip. Gangsta Nip had an album in '93. I think he wanted to say yes. psych- psychotic thoughts, yeah. but it's misspelled on the album cover, so it's called Psychic Thoughts. Yes, you remember I this? remember that. <laughs> you know, guys. Shout out to Gangsta Nip. Guys, what Gangsta you guys with doing? a K, though, right? G A N K. You know, hashtag Gangsta. editing. Hashtag let's spell check shit. But Isham, no, he, he had like a million albums and they all were like stuff to help you with, you know, indigestion. <laughs> One day we'll play a song Nausea. from Isham, but I'm just not in the mood. We can make that the running joke. Will we fear, play an Isham song? My biggest fear would be like I play an Isham song and like, what if I really like it? Well, that what might be scary. Really, what if I really dig it? Well, you, so you've never heard an Isham song? I've heard you Isham have songs. Isham songs. I've heard, right? I've okay. heard an Isham song. Just for the record. But I think I think when I was a kid, impressionable right. young man, I was like, yes. I'm going to listen away. to Kill the Fetus. What if I really love it that he's killing the See, fetus? See, you were doing nice things back in the day. I was avoiding gangster bitches. But I was, was doing the 40 fetuses. I was, I, was seeing, I was yelling gangster bitch out in public. Well, wow, well, that's... All right, cool. so that's it for... Uh, hey, you know that that segment. That was just things, other things going on in hip hop in '93 in the Bay Area Oof. and the South, and we are coming up to our last segment, Oof. which is closing it out. It's just our singles and remixes of '93, and then All we're right. done. And you can go on to living your life. Oh fuck! Yeah, quote that group. Who sang the song? <laughs> fuck again. Juvenile committee. I'm gonna look that song up. That'll be the new Free theme. Free us, color kids. Oh shit. Fuck. Take a break. All right, here we go. All right, man. Uh, we're gonna talk about yeah. our yeah. top five singles in '93. Okay. Now, we can't talk about the year without Souls of Mission, right? Yeah, 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 all right. So I guess what, what we'll do is we'll, we'll we count them down. I'll count down my top three. Okay. I mean, uh, top five, excuse me, top right. five, and then we can mention some honorable mentions. All right. And uh, you know, I'll, I'll turn it to you after I'm done. These are the top five singles. These are the top five singles, or my favorite singles. These right? can remixes count in this too, or no? Do... We're gonna do remixes right after. Oh this. shit. Right. Okay. Uh, all right. Sorry. <laughs> I know all of you listening were probably saying, oh, "Fuck," right? Right? No. So okay. number my number five. How many MCs from Black Moon? All right. All right. We can't right. count Black Moon remixes. In 93, because they were released in 94. Okay. And they were released in that Digging in the Vaults, uh, Black Moon compilation. Right, but they came out mostly as singles. Right. But Uh, I know, I I like this song more than uh, Who Got the Props. Oh, yeah. I I agree. This song is a better, this is the the buckshot that's going to be coming up. The video was dope. You know, they're they're zooming in the camera into the projects. They're riding in the elevator. He's in that abandoned building. Right. Yes, it's it, great imagery, and him slowed down is a lot better than him fast. Exactly. So yeah. But All this right. was this is my number five uh, right. single of '93. There we go. Uh, my number four, "Ego Trip" in Part Two from De La Soul. That's an excellent song. Excellent song. Yeah. And great video. Um, not the best song on the album, but the yeah. best single. I like this more than "Break a Dawn." Yeah. But it's arguable. You know what I mean? It it beats it by a hair. Right. Yeah. Break it on the beat is so smooth, the Michael Jackson sample. Yeah. Yeah. But I just think this song still grabs you. Okay. It's still solid. 
Okay. Uh, I like it. Alright. And then my next single, the argument with Wu-Tang Clan fans is, what single are you going to pick for Wu-Tang Clan? Right. I'm going to go with Protect Your Neck only because of the significance of it was the first song that I discovered, yeah. discovered the group. You know, It's still the most fun song of all of their songs. And they have a lot of good songs. It and says this a lot. Is a song that like, yeah. you remember like, we, I was listening to the single so much, we all could rap, almost rap this entire yeah, it's fun. song. It's fun, it, it works. And it established everyone's personality. Yeah. Right, everyone's style is is featured on this song. Right. So it was significant. I agree. Now, my number two is an artist that uh, did not come out with an album in 93, right. but definitely the most significant, one of the biggest singles of 93 for hip hop heads, Come Clean, J. Ruta Damage. Is that 20 mic song? This is it? When right. you first hear this, you don't know what to expect. And Premier Beat, his voice, that's it. This was this a, is it. This was dope, man. Yeah. Yeah. I re- this video, the song, we were like, where did this sample come from? Right. Like, I didn't even know it was Premiere at first, right. you know? Right. And Premiere, you know, never really made another beat quite like this. He, no. he attempted to, but it never quite... This was his most unique beat was, of all time. Well, yeah, it's definitely in his in the top tier right. of his most unique beats. Because there's the Premiere formula of beats, and this is not the Premiere formula right. of beats. So he thought this one out. And so, then yeah. my number one, obviously, we entered the uh, we entered the show with it, but it was 93 till infinity. Right? There you go. And that, I think it sums up the no year. Question. It's a little on the nose. I know it's a little on the nose, but it's a song we gotta admit. I it's, it stood the test of time. Right. And I we play this and play this and play this, and I'm still not sick of it. Right. After all these years. It's still a fun song. The appreciation's a plus. So shout out to A plus. Alright, so okay. let's let's break down your let's all break right. down your five singles. Alright, oh okay. Alright. Let's just see. So Brand Nubian uh Punk Shop to Get Beat Down came out in 92, 92. right? That was a 92. So we can't single, count correct. that song. No, we can't count oh, that damn song. It. Shit. Yeah. Uh Okay, so then we gotta go number five. We gotta go Chief Rocker. Ooh, nice. Chief Rocker is a memorable song. Classic beat, classic party song. It's an anthem. It's no question it's an anthem. Yeah. That stands the test this of time. This is definitely in my honorable mentions. Definitely uh, in my top ten singles of the year for sure. It, it's a fun one. Yep. So you gotta go with this. It's it's their best song they ever put out. Lords of the Underground. Yeah. So we got number five with that one. Right. Then I'll go number four because it was very influential. Uh, Black Moon. Ooh. How many MCs? All right. All right. How many MCs? That really solidified that this is a pretty damn good group. Yeah. I mean, let's get this album right away. Yeah. Let's get that album yeah. right away. Yeah. It was kind of in the the slow down version. In comparison to who got the props was a big factor. Yep. And so, we're, we're definitely going to mention them in 94 because Buck Em Down and I Got You Open. All the remixes I mean, come yeah, out, man. right? So you got that. Significant songs right. for those years. So how many MCs number four? So now you're on number three. Now I'm on number three. I go Ego Trip in number three. Oh, okay. Ego Trip that's a, that's a fantastic song that was very well put together, perfectly put together where it's fun, it's smart, it, it's just the video was great. The production, of course, was great on this. The it was just a fun. It was their funnest song, on a very depth-heavy album. Nice. Of Balloon Mind State, which had a lot of deep thoughts in that one. Yeah. They had a fun song like this. Yeah. This was made better, I thought, than Ring Ring Ring, or uh, Me Myself and I. I think this was like a true, like a real street fun song. Uh, All right, your number two. Number two. <sighs> now, 
I'm going to say this. You notice neither of us have thrown in a tribe song. Right. You could go War Tour. You could go Oh My God. Oh, they were oh, fine. Oh My God was released in 94. Oh My God was in 94 yeah. single? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, so then if you go yeah. War Tour. So we only could pick between elect- Electric Relaxation right. or a War Tour really, right. for 93. And those are two excellent songs. Yeah. Um, but I'm just talking about like the game changers. Yeah, uh, the game changers. Like, and I'm going to leave Wu-Tang off this list. Because Ooh. I'm already at number two and one. Because Wu Tang is some an of their album. parts, it's big, yeah. So the yeah, like uh, it's kind of like their songs didn't equal up. Like they're all great. Yeah, they're all equally great. So it kind of eliminates it. Wu Tang is an album. In '93, is an album group. Right. Wu Tang isn't doesn't have. They have memorable singles, of course. Right. But when you think of Wu Tang, you think of that entire catalog, that album. Right. There's not like that one single, the one. Cream. Some people would argue. Cream. Right. Right. Or Method Man. Yeah, you know, but it, it's it's not. Black Moon is better. Yo, is a single. De La Soul is better. This is better. That's just anthems that you takes you back to '93. Wu Tang album is definitely up there. All right. Definitely up there. So number two, I gotta go with '93 Till Infinity. All right. Because that's just it sums it up. That's my number one album. Right. Um. And number one, I gotta go come clean. Yep. I, I don't think I don't think you had a better I don't think you had a better like I mean, lead single from an artist. That's one of the best debut singles from an artist of all time. That's Come gotta be. Song. I mean, yeah. that's gotta be. It's just it's, it's an amazing song. It introduces him perfectly. His voice, the rhyme style, the topic that he's bring talking about, where the reason why you come clean. You know, there's a, there's a, there's a meaning to all that underlying meaning. Right. You know. And, and and this is in comparison to what we do this one and done thing as you compare it to like all these guys putting out all this trash yeah that makes no sense that is all over the place here you got how you do it correctly right big contrast here right. you know you don't have to call your song fuck you know <laughs> I mean, you don't have to call yourself Tony D this right. D Manny Main right. I mean there's a. There, it doesn't have to be. It's not rocket science, but it, it, I guess it's not logic for, right. to a lot of people. This is. Is there a, any other honorable mention singles you want to mention? One I want oh. to mention is "Players Ball" from Outkast. Oh yeah, well. This is a big song. That's a big song. Yes. It set, I like it. it set up the anticipation for right. Southern Playlistic, which would come out in '94, right. which we're definitely going to be talking this about. This came out on the LaFace Christmas album. The LaFace Christmas album. You're right. The, I'll get into that. Right. The chorus was "All the players came on Christmas Day." Right. And then they changed it. Yeah. Uh, to to the the album version. To make it more universal. Right. And then we got Cream on there, Gin and Juice. Yeah, Gin and Juice. Sound of the Police, radio hit. But for hip hop heads, Allah Akbar from Brand New Band. One of the best opening songs to an album. But dope, dope single. Remember, it was released as a single. Yeah, it was a single. Had a video. Right. Sound yeah. of the Police, Karis yeah. One. Big radio hit. Another, another great one. Yeah. So. You know, so all, all good stuff. Yeah, man. So then, we're, all right. we're remixes? We're gonna go into, I'm going to go into right. some uh, remixes. All right. Uh, I'm going to play some uh, tracks for you. There we go. Hit you, it. you tell me uh, what you think. So Let's do it. The first one is going to be from Del the Funky Homo Sapien. All right. It's the remix to oh, Catch a Bad One. This one casual? This one with uh, it's on the A-plus remix. Okay. You remember this one? Yeah. This was on the single, the maxi single. Yes. At this point, you know, we were such uh, fans of hieroglyphics. We were just trying to get every 
maxi single. Look, because they're smart. We could get they put they all would new shit. Always on add B sides. Yeah. Great uh, remixes. There was always something you could get yeah. good out of a. It was very rarely that you're buying a right. hieroglyphic single without something added onto right. it. They were really smart. Right. Making us all be collectors. Right. This, smart move. Smart business move. So I like this it. Was, yeah. yeah. This is a good one. Like it's a great one. Now, very rarely do you have a, a song that's better than the original. But this re next remix, my number four, What's Next from Large Professor, for me is a new school. This is better than the original. The original sucks. Yeah. Yeah. The original is bad. And I like this song, this remix, better than almost the entire album with the exception of Spontaneous. We right. talked about Spontaneous is arguably like the best Leaders of the New School song, period. Yeah. But this is a good this is a good remix. Yeah. yeah. This is a good remix. Yeah. yeah. I, I love this one, man. Large so, Professor did right on this. If they only had production on the album like this, I think, you know, it might have well, moved to get a little bit better, you know? Things, a lot of guys checked out at this point, so right. this was the beginning of the end. My number three is Written on Your Kitten. Yeah, I love it. The QD3 remix. It's a hot jam. It's, it's awesome, dude. This is amazing jam. And another song that completely, like, flipped the original. Completely yep. reworked it into an entirely new song. Totally different song. Yeah. The production on this, the beat, it matches him perfectly. Perfect. Quincy Jones the third, man. QD3, man. This, this is best work right here. This is his best work. 93. And he did a lot of work. 93, he's peaking. Yeah. And then, you know, he starts to trickle out in 94, right. 95 as but far he, as, you know, being an in-demand guy. I, I can't rave any, any more about this song. It's a great... Yeah. That, that summarizes Naughty by Nature's formula, their style, everything. Right. The aura. I, I just, they nailed it. Yeah. Now, um, the other, my number two is a rare remix that it, I had to get on a bootleg tape. But it was the Lord Finesse remix for Party and Bullshit. You remember yeah, this one? Yeah. It was better. I think this is better than the original. Yeah. For me. No disrespect to the Easy Mo B version, but I, I like this version better. This matched his style. This right. matched his vocal. Love it. Yeah. So um, this one was very hard to find. Yeah. Did you have this on vinyl? I had this on vinyl. Love you could hear this on Big L. You could hear Big L rhyming on this. Because it's a Big L sounding yeah. beat, you know, when you get the him. Now, the definition of a remix, a great remix, is making it better than the original. Flip the script. Better than the original. Shout out to yes. King and I. And the, my number one is a, a original song that I didn't care for at all. Yeah. And the remix is so dope yeah. that it was like, this is not only like better than the original, this is one of the best songs of this group ever. Ever. It, this is yes. the Where I'm From remix from Diggable, Diggable excellent. Planet. Excellent. It's a 50 mic song. Right. Man. So that's my number one remix of '93. That's excellent. As far as flipping, flipping yes. the expectations of like, holy shit! This is really the best flip I think of all time. The best. Take a song Fuji's, from original. Fuji's had some good ones. They did. They did. Man, Nappy Head's remix. We never saw that coming. From no. that shitty album. Yes. Yeah. Okay. Nappy Head's remix is the best flip. Right. Yeah. This ain't far behind it, but. It's totally reworked, and yeah. Video's great. Everything's right. great about this. Right. So, uh, you got a? Do you have a, a top five remixes, or yeah. do you, you, you want to re? You rework the? Uh, let me just. Uh, as you know, I have nothing written down. As you know, that's how I. I come prepared. It's all. It's, we're freestyling. That's all right. We're all right. It's a freestyle show. <laughs> so, <clears throat> as we look at this list here, I gotta put in number five because it's it's, it's a fun one. 
and we're never gonna talk about them ever again. Oh, I like it. Strictly Roots. Yes. Beg No Friends remix. All right, man. Grand Poobah, Fat Joe. <laughs> I like it. Let's run it. Let's go. Let's play that that bass line. <laughs> I know. Boom. Yeah. Boom. There you go. That's like, here's the go. That. You know, you know what's funny though. You think in '93 there was gonna be a lot more remixes? There wasn't. I mean, there was a decent amount, but there wasn't great remixes. Well, and there was rare. '94. Don't worry, they're gonna fuck us over in '94. Don't 94 worry. '94 is gonna. Fuck yeah, we'll have yeah. a three-hour show on the remixes. <laughs> Just on remixes. Fuck. What was it? Uh, F the Colored Kids? What was it? F it's Free Us Colored Kids. Free Us Colored you're, Kids. You're, you're obsessed with it now, right? Write, write that in the comments, everyone. You're at this point of the show. Okay. You keep it, keep it notes of all the things you gotta write in the comments, everyone. Okay, so we got Beg No Friends number five. Right. Uh, I'll go catch a bad one number four. Okay. Because all hieroglyphic remixes are fun. They're good. Right. Okay. I wanna go What's Next remix number three. Oh, okay. All right. Because that has a good production beat on there. All right. Written on Your Kitten, number two. Wow. Number two. I really love that song. Yeah. It's a song you could get away with playing today. And you still play it in some sense. Yeah. You sneak it in, right? The beat you can play. Yeah. Definitely. Because it's so smooth. Yeah. Yeah. Where I'm From remix is number one. There you go, man. There we're is no on, doubt. On the same page on that There one, is yeah. no question. There is no remix that will top Where I'm From remix. Yeah, I agree. For 93. I agree. Um, a couple honorable mentions. Do you remember the, the DOS effects caught in the act? GJ yeah. Premier remix. That's the masturbation song, right? <laughs> caught in the act. <laughs> Tell me when you saw that song, the name of the song, Caught in the Act. What does that mean, they caught in the act? I, it was confusing to me because it's spelled Caught in the Act AK. Yeah, yeah. Caught in the AK. Yeah, Caught in the AK. <laughs> DOS wants us to say it that way, but no, we're going to say Caught in the Act. Well, the, obviously the greatest thing about this is you have the precursor beat to Biggie's One More Chance. Right. Which is better than this. It's a little flipped, but yeah. But. There's that. I think I think uh, the reason why I seek this out was because I don't I don't remember DJ Premier ever working with DOS Effects prior to this song. Right, he works with them later on. Right, yeah. and then uh, we'll just mention the the Paris Radio remix for Conscious Daughters, the yeah. one we played earlier in the Bay right. in the Bay segment, the great remix. There's that because it was much slower. The original was much slower, right? right? And then you played Flip the Script, DJ and we Premier. Played flip, the, flip the Script from DJ Premier. The King and I. Uh, King and I. You said the happiest. Uh, it, was DJ a, it was the happiest DJ Premier. But you know, honestly, like. The other remixes, I mean, we had the, uh, there was another remix for uh, Leaders of the New School. Wasn't there another Leaders remix for classic material? Probably. I wouldn't be surprised. But I think it was honestly pretty forgettable, you know? Yeah, we could forget about it now. That's fine. <laughs> it was the Diamond D remix. Oh, okay. This? I remember this. Yeah. Like, it's not, it's nothing, it's, it's still whatever, you know? It's, it's the same intro Nas used for that uh, Hip Hop Is Dead. Remember that song? Hip Hop Is Dead. I tried to forget Exactly. We all tried to. <laughs> But I'm still but not fan, but damn, it's, it's fine. Yeah. When we'll we get to that, be... what year was that? 2004, 2003. The time we get to 2003 on this damn show, yeah. that's gonna be at least we're gonna, 2089. We'll have grandkids. <laughs> I'm probably dead. God. Right, Holograms man. of us. Well, you, at least we can say now you can move on with your life. We're done with the year 1993. You sure? It only took us I don't know how many sessions, how many weeks. To record all this for me to put out, put, put everything together. How do you feel, man? You feel purged? How do I feel? Purged of '93? I feel empty. <laughs> I I just feel a hollow, hollow self, um, <laughs> shell of a former self, as they call it. I don't know where I go on from now. I, I think know. we should go live in that cabin with Daddy Rich. I would go and let's Google map that shit and let's go find Daddy Rich in a cabin. I'm sure and he's DJ, fishing. And MC Izzy from uh, The King and I. Hey, I'm glad you, you remember yeah. that. <laughs> 
And Manny Main. Yeah, Manny Main. And anybody with a D after the last name. You know, when we get done, when we get done with the '90s, we're gonna have to compile our favorite shitty rap names. Oh. You know what I mean? That's gonna be awesome. Oh, and create our super group. Wow. Right? Super group battle royal. Yeah, <laughs> super group battle royal. Wow. Right. Twenty wow. men enter, one man leaves. Twenty men, no one leaves. Because <laughs> we we checked out long ago. Hey, so, uh, oh, hey, shout outs to all of of you that stuck with this. Thank you. You're not. You're Unreal. hopefully you're, now you can put down that noose. Uh, stop tying yeah. the noose. Get off the table with the noose. <laughs> Step off the table. Don't jump off it. And you'll be fine. And uh, and uh, once again, you know, check out uh, Sleep Time's Over. Check out our IG. Uh, and uh, we'll be having a 94 coming up once. Uh, once Aaron uh, goes and sees a therapist, uh, he goes and gets uh, immersion sleep therapy. He's yeah, gonna go. In, uh, he's gonna go in one of those uh, sensory deprivation tanks. Right, floating salt. Right. He's gonna hyperbaric chamber. He's gonna cleanse himself with Enya. Yeah. Right. For at least several hours. <laughs> Something will be burned off. I mean, yeah, exactly. Uh, Good God. All right. But yeah, there you we're have signing it. out. Just just for you. We're riding out the 93 with a little Enya here for you. There you go. Just huh? a mental cleanse. Think of this as your mental enema. That's right. But Enya enema. <laughs> if you write that in the comments, Enya enema, hashtag it. Yeah. And then what are you going to do? You, oh, you I'll give, give you, him a dollar? I'll give you a dollar. <laughs> I'm not doing the Venmo thing, no. <clears throat> I'm not doing the Venmo thing. I got screwed over in the Venmo thing, no. I'm gonna do this, you get a dollar. All right, guys, I think we can all say we're hip hopped out, but thank you for sticking with us through this yes. very long, arduous uh, podcast. And then check out, there'll be a mix of 93. God yeah, help 93. us all. That, how long that's gonna take you? Oh, shit. Probably a couple months. I <laughs> you know, I get shit for do, okay? And you make me do these things. Yeah. The, the, the 92 mix, okay, we just came out. I get, no, no, I gotta turn Enya down. Hours. I gotta turn Enya down. Oh, I gotta no. say, for those of okay. you guys are. Get on Patreon. Get on. How can they get this mix? They sign up to the Patreon account. Sleep times over. Search sleep times over. It's a Patreon account and it's a subscription based account. Right. It so, defers the cost of running the show. Yes, the, the, show. the money goes to the cost. Okay, it's not going to like us buying cocaine. It's going to just us, you know, pink to take care of the lighting. Right. The computers. And uploads. Mics. Uploads. It costs money to upload. Yeah, this to stuff. upload this thing costs money. We have to right. pay for the broadcasting fee. So that's right. what the Patreon is. So right. for you subscribing, we put up. These mixes, we did the 92 mix. There's a 91 mix. Uh, 92 mix is two-parter. Right. And then this 93 one's probably going to be on a four-parter. The, the 92 mix is awesome, dude. Great song selection. Like I said, you're 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 stunning on all of the DJs that are making mixes for your song selection. It's well, thank you. awesome, yeah. man. Like, thank you very much. It's yeah, the so most just... thorough, thorough 92 urine review mix I, I, I've ever heard. So well, thank you very much, dude. yes. And... So check it out. Guys. Please, yes. We're out of here. here. Let's get out of here. Thank you. Thank you very sail much. Sail away. Yeah, sail away. Hopefully, it won't come back.